Hello, Legionnaires, and welcome to episode 148 of RPG Digest. In segment one, we read through a tabletop RPG to introduce it to you, and today is going to be a lot of reading. That is right. And we sometimes introduce it to ourselves, which there might be some truth to that as well today. We'll see. <laughs> In segment two, we provide higher level overviews and fundamentals and even the occasional how-to of systems, settings, and game mechanics. I am John Max Liauslo, your favorite curmudgeon critic and judge. Along with me, as usual, is Legion of Myths assigned judicator, Brett Heathen Dog Grissom. How are you today, sir? Guilty. Uh, that you know what the funny thing is is when we go through this today that is part of your job part of my job oh sweet you are judge jury and sometimes executioner outstanding I, i've always wanted this and i want to thank the academy for giving me a chance <laughs> i appreciate it the academy today known as free league publishing <laughs> there you go free league publishing thank you very much i will not fail you i will be despotic don't worry you have to be victorian I'm... despotic though ah more okay. on that later Fair enough. Fair enough. I am doing well. I hope everyone is doing the same. And uh, hello, Per. And uh, God, what's been going on with me? Um, really, nothing. Nothing great. I had a I had an old friend come in with her kids uh, to visit. Um, she was going by her mom's to pick up stuff from that her grandma left her when she died, and. She rented a van and drove here and then loaded up, drove back. And we spent like, you know, four or five hours. And it was, it was one of her kids' birthday. So I uh, took him out, had a good time. It was good. Cool. Um, what, what happened with yesterday's game? Oh, uh, Al got called into work. Oh, okay. And uh, I was like, yeah, oh, God, it, with, without him, it would just be three of us. And I don't have enough DPS. And I'm like, I got to respect my character. He's, he's, it's just not working anymore. Which I understand because I literally did zero research while, while forming. Are you going to respect into the DPS that you're supposed to be now? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to respect into the DPS I'm supposed to be now. I'm still not looking it up because I'm still a dirty casual. So well, I'm not no, you're letting Mark Hawkman look it up for you. So no, no, I'm not, I, <laughs> oh. I, I said, if he has any pointers, I'll take them but he doesn't have the wheel. I got the wheel. Okay. And I'm going to go with mostly with what feels right. Cause that's what dirty casuals do. That's not optimal. Nah, it's not your business. You don't necessarily have to be optimal in the research that I did uh, with the game until you do like some ch uh, challenges. And so like, and I mean like those ones that what they last like a month or three months or whatever, those things where you start from scratch and oh, I forget what they're called seasons or whatnot. Oh. But, uh, so, was, sorry, per. Sorry, but uh, we're talking about Path of Exile. A apparently, apparently, I am playing a uh, a class that's supposed to be DPS, but I went tank, and it's not working anymore. It worked great before. You know, I could jump in front, you know, take all the hits. Most of the time, my health wouldn't even go down because I have passive regeneration greater than most. Uh, ability see, for see that's Al's job. Al's supposed to be the tank. <laughs> okay, see now, now I know. And well, no, no, I knew before because people told me. I said, "Get buggered." Well, in in some regard, I agree with you. I don't like games that have one appropriate build, and that's the only way to play the game. Or even in that game, where I guess they're like three or four for each class, you should be able to build the class however you want and be viable. Otherwise, why do you have those skills on the tree? 
Yeah. Now, viable has different them. meanings, but you should at least be viable. Yep. Well, if I get separated from the pack, it's not that I will, you know, like, oh, I'm going to get beat to death. It's that that the enemies will crowd the hallway so much, I literally can't move forward because I can't kill them fast enough. Mm. And they stop me. And, you know, an immobile target's a dead target. And that's what happens. I haven't played in, what, almost a month now. So I'm, I'm sure I'm pretty far behind you guys. I know I was way ahead of you guys at one point, but I'm sure I'm pretty far behind you guys now. Sunday, have you typed the day? Thank you for the $2, Crafty, by the way, just because you're the one that does it the most. Uh, I don't have Discord open. I've been running into those audio issues with Gilded and Discord kicking me out of uh, StreamYard, so don't send me messages on Discord. Well, so. anyway, speaking of today, mm -hmm. two things I'm really interested in are both happening today. Oh. It's great. We finally get, get, to, get to witness the absolute beauty of pure humanity sort of pure humanity none of these none of these experiments and offshoots and irradiated mongoloids that we had before no actual humans actual rulers of this planet coming to take their <laughs> own away from these misbegotten little bitches that, that that exist in the world of you know of failed experiments and faulty technology i can't wait for that can't wait for it and two i get to i get to finish the debate on what's worse new west spirit west or africa and i can and i know the answer i now know the answer i'm not going to tell you yet though but i know it i get to say it all right <laughs> <laughs> like I, I've got things to say, but I'm not going to do it. No, I have a segment that I'll cover that. Uh, I've got a few things. Uh, so this last week, I actually think I did my actual real job, or at least the closest proximity, uh, proximity to it that I've done in the, like the entire week out of like the two years I've been here. Wow. So it was weird. It's like, oh yeah, I kind of have a job. Um, and this upcoming week, I'm back in training to learn how to play a war game. So that one that I went through a couple weeks ago, yeah, it's back into that one, except for now, I guess, to learn how to do reports or something. I don't know. Anyway, um, but on top of that, let me grab this. Hopefully I don't dox myself, but I got my palladium package in. Oh, good. Titan. Yeah. Notice it's not open. It's pretty heavy, though. It's not open. And I can't open it until Kevin and Sean decide that they're going to come you know, back on the show. And, you know, we're going to do that unboxing thing. Hopefully, sure. unless you send me a message saying, nah, quit. Um, but there's a problem. Uh oh, it's one. They're still in the middle of doing, you know, sending all this stuff out. So they're really busy, right? Sure, sure. Also, Gen Con's coming up in a couple of weeks. The yep. week that you're gone, as a matter of fact. Yep. So that means chances of them being here in the next couple of weeks are probably less than zero. Well, not not less than zero. Very close uh, to. Yeah, very, very close. to. So, um. That box is going to stay sealed for much longer than I want it to stay sealed for. But, anywho, I uh, hope to hear from them soon. I, I sent them an email. It was yesterday's weekend. I'm, I'm sure they're, like, you know, trying to catch their breath. But uh, sent an email saying, hey, got my box. Uh, you know, when do you want to do this? We'll see, uh, see what they say about that. Uh, Monday, I get uh, Dragonbane in. So I know a lot of people are looking for They want me to cover that. But if I do, it'll be at the end of the year because I don't have a... I'm I'm already slated out well, until October, right? The middle of October or something. Yeah. yeah. 
And if Kevin and Sean come on, that's going to push it another week. If I take any time off, that's going to push it another week. And if I decide to add an extra week into Coriolis, which I might do, that's another week. That's, that's actually why I built Now you're that. in November. Yeah. That's why I built that extra space in there, you know, holidays and so forth. So, but yeah, anyway, I got Titan Robotics. At least I'm assuming it's Titan Robotics. It says Palladium Books. I'm not expecting anything else from it. Open it, Max. Stop it! It's it sits over there on my unboxing desk, whispering into this ear every day. And now there you are, <laughs> You're acting like it's the One Ring. It is. <laughs> Open me. Nobody will know. You can retape me if you want. <laughs> no, Just no. Hold me. I am precious. Oh, I've been holding it, hugging it, used as a pillow. Oh, one <laughs> one thing to note: the box did come in. Damage there and damage there. A couple of kicks. A couple of kicks. I'm sure they saw it was mine and you know kicked it across. From sure, that was it. I 100. percent 100. See what we this week. Same when you have infamy. <laughs> That's right. Hey, you know what? Uh, it do, it doesn't matter. They're still thinking about me, right? Narcissism yeah. to the extreme. Uh, this Friday, and maybe Heathen Dog will make it to this one. Is the members only uh, live stream? I might. You, missed, you missed last month. I did? <laughs> yeah. Completely? Yep. Shit. Go back and watch it. <laughs> you were never there. Um, and uh, I had one other thing, and I don't remember what it is now. It, there was something else. Uh, Dragonbane. Palladium package. My week was weird. Okay. I can't think of it, so there's no reason to uh, worry about it. Let's. Uh, All right. Good deal. Guess we'll move on. So let's first thank everybody. Thank all of you wonderful people who support us monetarily. Your gracious donations help us provide giveaways, produce more content, and generally give back to Legion Myth community as a whole. Actually, I now remembered what I wanted to talk about. We'll do it after this. We Too have late, uh, we moved on. Uh, no, no, no. It's actually something that that people can help with. I can do it during your segment as well. Yeah, I could do it during your segment. Uh, we have over 4,400 YouTube subscribers. I think we actually finally hit uh, 4,450, if I remember correctly. And we're thankful for... I did say 4,450, right? Not 4,500. Yes. I don't know. Numbers are jumping. I'm like turning dyslexic, extreme dyslexic. And we're thankful for each and every one of you. Check the description below for links to various Legion sites, social media, Discord, merch, etc. Oh, 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 oh. Did you hear that I had a tweet go viral? Which one? <laughs> He's one of the joke ones, right? Oh, yeah. yeah of course. Yeah. Man, people took that shit seriously. Crafty knows what I'm talking about because I know he saw a few of the others saw it, too. It's like it says, so if a paladin lays on hands, is that sexual assault? Do people lost their ever loving minds with with that one? Well, I got blocked by a bunch of people calling me an SJW. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you got to think about it. You got to think about it. I touch you with my hands. You suddenly feel much better. It's entirely possible that uh, I went to some no-no places, you know? <laughs> you know I, it, again, I tried to respond to as many as I could just because, you know, I, again, I, I was there. I had the time and, you know, trolling people's fun. Uh, but there were some really, really angry people now there's some people who answered it well i don't want to call it responsibly but we'll just you know no it's not okay you know whatever and other people there were a few not too many but there are a few people who found the troll 
and trolled back and i had to give them their due that was good you know good, good on you but uh, yeah oh man uh i think like over eleven thousand people saw that tweet i've never had a tweet hit eleven thousand people i know wow. some people have that like you know every minute but you know hey we're a small channel so but that was funny that was <laughs> i i let one person in on the secret so to speak and by one person anybody who reads that because it's a response i know it's public but uh I don't know if you watch the channel. Um, Luke Hart, I forget the name of his channel. Somebody in chat can say it. <laughs> he actually responded like, are you serious? I was like, hold on. Let, let me tell you, since you're actually a content creator out there and I don't want to burn my bridges with everybody, <laughs> it's like, hey, uh, you know, this is what's going on. I, you know. Now, if he doesn't respect the fact that I'm trolling Twitter, well then, whatever. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, anyway, and then, yeah, people are angry, really angry about this one. I'm going full heathen dog on this one where the one that posted yesterday was don't use henchmen because your players are just going to abuse them and throw them away. Now, only use henchmen if you use them as red shirts or I, I forget what the other rationale I put on there was. Like, no, a good game master knows how to use henchmen. A good game master knows how to, if you, if you abuse your henchmen, then the players go to jail or, or whatever else. And I'm just thinking, how would Heathen Dog answer this? No, <laughs> your players will leave the table because you're being a bad game master because you've dicked them over because a player simply wants to be in control and wants to take you know, put one over on the game master. He wants to put one over on you and by allowing them the ability to do that with henchmen, you've, you know, you've screwed up. <laughs> so I got a couple more people mad at me. Again, if you're here from the Basic Experts Gilded uh, server, or if you're somebody who watches the show, notice I'm doing this on the live part, not in the video parts. Right. Um, you should by now know that I'm trolling. <laughs> not well, I'm trolling. Have fun with those. Troll me back. I, I actually uh, enjoy the ones, the people that troll me back, because you know there's some good, good humor in there. So, uh, but uh, yeah, that sounds like Heathen Dog. Exactly. I, I was trying to, I was trying to invoke Heathen Dog in that, and I was like, uh, when somebody's like, "No, a good game match. If you abuse them, they'll just run away." I said, "Yeah," and then your players will call you a dick because, as players, they want to be in charge of the situation. Players are adversarial to the dungeon master all of the time. Now, I don't believe that, but that's well, what no, I'm no, typing. No. It, by, I'm going to say by default. By okay, default, by default yeah. people is human nature when they when they run up against uh, a, a, a roadblock or resistance to move forward psychologically they need a bad guy it, it's it's the reason why you know every despot everywhere has always tried to paint a fall guy for all the woes of mm. all the people because it focuses the mind of of the idiot sheep masses and keeps them off of you it's necessary they want it they eat it up so that that's how that's how players work they need a bad guy when they face adversity and it's going to be you as the game master it's going to be you if you can't handle that buttercup then you should probably get in another gig because that's going to happen even if they're not saying it's your fault they're thinking it's your fault and, th and that's basically what i channeled I, you know again i'm trying to be hyperbolic even in the responses so that sooner or later somebody picks up the fact that <laughs> that i'm messing around but uh yeah whatever but it was it was the lay on hands one man again it's like is this is this what happens when watsy takes over the 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 hobby i, I responded back yes it is <laughs> you know? yeah yeah it is all right let's uh let me get my book and everything uh, set up here and we'll so get you, ready did for you finish all the slides i thought you cut out for a second what's that did you finish all of the preamble yeah, uh, there's only there's only one we do before uh, we start the segment now, and that's the All thank right. you. And I lost the. Uh, oh, there you are. 
go full screen, dang it. And where's my other one? All my windows decided to separate, or all my tabs decided to separate. Jerks. Go there. You can get in there. No, screw you. <laughs> I can't use Windows anymore. Um, all right, and you got your eyeball in chat? Yeah, and I got to put this one up here before you start. Okay. Tabletop role-playing is rife with people that talk about DM slash GMs like the daddy they have unresolved issues with. The language is identical. The problem is with any kind of authority over them. Again, I got I to gotta show my, my shirt. You sh people, More people should be buying this shirt. This, this just tells you what players are. I think... I think you would actually uh, get more sales. And I mean, this in all seriousness. I think you'd get more sales if you changed one word in there. What? Story. Because there are a lot of grognards who are triggered by the word story because they don't understand that you and I believe in emergent storytelling, not mm -hmm. that I've come in with a defined story right off the bat and you're playing my story. Well, I mean, you're oh, a little I bit more. Both, but I, under I understand both. I uh, but uh, yes, yeah, so that, that word story will probably cause, you know, if you change it to say game or table, table would probably be better in, in, for our purposes. That might get, uh, at least let the grognards, you know. Buy them. Yeah, maybe. So, all right. Uh, let's get that off the screen and let's get this on the screen. Can you remove that chat? Thank Got you. It. All right, for segment one today, we are starting our final, currently final, because it's the only game left to cover for Mutant Year Zero, Mutant Elysium. And this one, I am learning along with you. I have read parts of the book. I have not read the entirety of the book. And unlike Heathen Dog, this is the one that I have the least interest in. Yet, as I've been reading it, I've come to find that uh, there are interesting aspects to it. So we're going to introduce you to your golden cage. I kind of want to put gilded cage in there, but, you know, golden is, you know, they like to call it. So, but, uh, And we'll get to that here in just one. We believe that role-playing games should take place in fantastic worlds. The focus of the game should be on role-playing and having a good time. The core values of Hashtag RPGate and any good tabletop group are escapism, not representation, entertainment over activism, and natural, organic inclusion, not forced diversity. The charity we support is the Wounded Warrior Project, a national nonpartisan organization whose mission is to honor and empower wounded warriors. Please refer to the description below for the link to where you can make your hopefully tax-deductible donation. Join us Thursday and Saturday evenings on twitch.tv slash legionofmyth to watch Heathen Dog and his team of dirty casuals play multiplayer games for your mockery and enjoyment. Here on our YouTube channel, you can watch these game-related segments live every Sunday at 1 p.m. Central Time, or check out the Friday Night Show stream where our panel of guests opine, comment, and editorialize on the TTRPG hobby as a whole. Please like this video and leave a comment to appease the algorithm gods. Share this video on your favorite social media platforms to help us peer out of the shadows cast over us. And if you have not done so already, please subscribe to Legion Myth for more tabletop RPG goodness. There you go. Subscribe. 
Subscribe. You can do it. It's just a button. Just click it. Just press it. Especially after I say this. This is the book I've been waiting for. This is, in my opinion, the only book that matters. I've been waiting for a book like you. you. Exactly right. Coming to my life. (laughs) This is the only year zero book you actually need. Everything else is just a failed experimental offshoot of this book. This book represents actual humanity. Now, whether you love it, whether you hate it, it's the best we got. And Heathen Dog is right, but I want him to take a good look at that cover because that is that is representative of your actual humanity. That is obviously someone who is executed for being a race trader, and they 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 backed uh, the mutants or the or the hybrid animals or whatever, and they and they and everyone had to be taught a lesson at his expense. I get it. I get it. Obviously. So in heathen dog setting, that has nothing to do with. <laughs> uh, all right, let's uh, let's take a look at now. Uh, unlike what I've been doing with the rest of Mutant Year Zero, which is a combination of read through, deep dive, skipping, explanation. Today, there's going to be a lot of reading. I am going to bring this to you the way the book brings it to you, and the reason for that is because compared to the other games, it is pretty dense. The information is necessary to understand what's going on, because. This is more of an investigative type game. It's more of a, a solve political crime troubles. Look, if you like Call of Cthulhu without the tentacles, although you know there's an exception to that as well, you probably like this game. It is definitely more in line with that. So um, let's just get right into it. Oh, here's a map of Elysium. Once again, there's I don't have a PDF. I do have the physical copy, but uh, uh, that's the bottom part of Elysium. Here's the top part. This is about a half mile wide. And I think it's the way they say two miles from top to bottom. That doesn't seem to jive with the uh the, the graphic, but hey, you know, whatever. Um and let's get to what is that? Oh yeah. There is some technology. I have not read that section yet, to be fair. So if you're asking what you know modes of transportation, I know that's in the book. I have not read it yet. Okay. There's also a bird there too, so that's good. I mean, they've got to eat, right? It's a pigeon. I wouldn't call it eating, but okay. Uh, I, I, you know what? You know what? I don't know how, how the future unfolded here. So perhaps <laughs> pigeon like is the protein of choice. I don't know. Protein of choice. Uh, <laughs> all right. When humanity falls, when nations and authorities collapse, only the most basic human bonds remain. Family. That is going to be something that is, is if I don't, uh, uh, if I don't hit this on the nose hard enough, family, family, family. This is Game of Thrones without uh, the penises. And the dragons. Without the penis. <laughs> or oh, the dragons. <laughs> um, I don't want to give spoilers, man. You don't know that there aren't dragons here. Shut up. It's mutant year zero. <laughs> but uh, no, it's uh, family is the epitome. And we'll get to that in a little bit. When I read the next section, but while the while the world burns after the red plague, four oh, powerful families. Name. What's that? We got a name. Uh, wasn't it uh, identified as that in Mutant Year Zero? I don't think it was in Mechatron and Gen Lab Alpha, but I thought it was in Mutant Year Zero. Oh, it's just, could be. It's called a rot. Well, the red it. the red plague is is the event. the uh, The rot is the leftover. But okay, oh, uh, and no, this no, may no. this may be this the, first the first time I the first time I recall okay. uh, seeing this. Okay. Uh, four powerful families, 
financial and industrial dynasties form an alliance to survive the end of the world. Sure. The four great houses, Warburg, Ortescu, Morningstar, and Kilgore, named their covenant Elysium after the meadows of eternal spring of Greek mythology. Sure. While the other Titan powers flee into the cold darkness of space or to the bottom of the sea, we have not seen the cold darkness of space yet. Theoretically, I've heard a rumor that that book is coming out, Mutant uh, Ad Astra. I'm look, I look heavily forward to that one. Uh, and of course, we know about Underneath the Water because we just got done covering that with Mutant Mechatron. Yeah. Elysium's leaders decide to dig into the bedrock. There, in the depths of depths, the houses are to weather the long atomic winter. The first enclave is named Elysium One, home to 10,000 souls. It is no mere shelter. The leaders of the family see the enclave as the Ark of Humanity. Notice that term comes up again. Mm -hmm. The seed of a new civilization. They find inspiration in history, especially the era of the late 19th century. I, I, look, I'm going to spill this right off the bat. Only Elysium One does that. Okay. All the other Elysiums are more, we'll call them normal. But yes, Elysium One, you'll see it in the artwork, you'll see it in how the factions are set up, is very Victorian-esque. Okay. It is the theme of, of this. So, um, as you know, they find inspiration in history, especially the era of the late 19th century. It's belief in a brighter future, its traditionalist worldview, its architecture, and its aesthetics. The wars and disasters of the 20th and 21st centuries are never to be repeated. They think that somehow by dressing up in the 19th century, you're going to skip all the world wars. Sure. Makes sense. I mean, you know, clothes make the man, right? There you go. I mean, there were no wars like in 1840. I mean, Europe wasn't on fire in 1848 at all. No, 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 no. It was fine. It was fine. America didn't have 1861 to 1865, did we? Nope. Nope. <laughs> It's all local bullshit conflict. Don't worry about it. Right, exactly. <laughs> While the rest of the world comes to the realization that humanity has been handed a death sentence, the houses of Elysium have already left the surface behind to secure their legacy in the safety of the depths. Not all of the inhabitants in the enclaves belong to the great houses. Armies of workers and service personnel are handpicked from the families, countless companies and subsidiaries to support the rich and powerful. And we will talk very slightly about that later, because honestly, it does not matter too much to the player characters about the lesser houses. Unless your game master is experienced with the game and wants to kind of dive into that, you are going to be playing a character of one of the four houses. Okay. There, the there's first... no uh, there's no playing the janitor, the equivalent of a scrap bot in Mechatron. <laughs> um again you can add that you can do that but that is not the theme of this and and when we see what type of characters you play in the next video you'll understand why okay. the first the first decades in the enclaves go according to plan elysium researchers work intensively on plans to repopulate the surface using genetic engineering robots and other advanced technology okay so now from hearing that I'm assuming that all the other books we've we've uh, done so far have been experiments to do this thing. Like step one, proof of concept, create the animals, create the the uh, the uh, machines and see what happens. I don't think they're going to like it when they actually see what happens, but OK. Flady, you are correct, sir. 2020 also. Uh, anyway, <laughs> um, this is Heathen Dog presenting you the 2005 version of Wikipedia when it comes to... <laughs> <laughs> 
cuts to. Uh, he's trying so hard to hold on to the purity of humanity. Yeah. All he needs is a German accent. Hey, I if I limber up a little bit, my mental gymnastics will be on point. Don't worry. That's awesome. <laughs> but the safety in the depths is not to last. Mistrust between the Titan powers grows. And when they eventually launch their weapons of mass destruction against each other, the effects are devastating. Most of the Elysium enclaves are utterly destroyed. The few that survive are damaged and isolated, lonely outposts in a sea of quiet destruction. They used to be able to talk to each other, now they cannot. Okay. A century after the proud founding of Elysium I, contact with the last of its sister enclaves is lost. Elysium IV goes silent after an orbital attack. The residents of Elysium I realize that they are now alone, perhaps the last people on Earth. And by Heathen Dog's definition, that's probably true. Decades pass. Yeah. yeah. But the, the thing is, though, the, if they dug into the bedrock, that has to be, I mean, just being orbitally bombarded down to the bedrock of the Earth, that's not a targeted attack. That is a mass destruction attack that that's that's like that's like a, a volcano exploding five times up and down at the same instant that's going to ruin the world by itself let alone a nuclear bomb that's crazy decades pass resources dwindle despair grows despite its splendor elysium one is nothing more than mankind's golden cage a gilded prison within the enclave's dim halls Fear and suspicion grow unchecked. In the shadows, people ready themselves for conflict. Enclave workers who have toiled loyally year after year, grateful for being spared from... Disaster. Begin to organize themselves and question their masters. Oh, see, there's... That's the the problem. Poor people starting to get ideas. God damn Unionizing! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, unionizing. Oh, no. No, we gotta put a stop to that. After a violent confrontation between the houses of Morningstar and Warburg that cost 100 lives, mostly workers, the heads of the houses decide that something needs to be done. Now, you might be like 100. Who cares? Remember, there are only 10,000 people here. Yeah. And this is like what's left of humanity. Yeah. 100 is a significant percentage. I mean, at, at, at 10,000, you're already hitting a couple of genetic bottlenecks. You get below 5,000, human race is over. They create the council, a joint assembly to provide, preside over all families. The House leaders also enact a new law calling for total transparency of everything that occurs within Elysium 1 as a way to keep each other in check. Sorry, I had to laugh there for a second. To this end, a law enforcement agency is created, a force of so-called judicators with the power to investigate crime and use force against anything that threatens law and order in the Enclave. Guess what the player characters are? Under that new law. They're Stallone judges. (laughs) Yes, <laughs> I am the law. Yes. I am the law! <laughs> Under the new law, every unit of judicators must include at least one representative of each house. So the optimal party size for this game is one game master and four players. Sure. You are one of these judicators. Alongside agents from the other houses, it is your duty to maintain order within the enclave. Investigate violations of the law and impose the appropriate sentences. By the way, is this, you know, when we talk about Mechatron, a certain game kept coming up. Doesn't this sound more like that certain game? You know which game I'm talking about? I think so. Paranoia? Yeah. 
and 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 I, I think a lot of people said Gamma World too. I'm not sure. Well, I, I get the Gamma World reference. The overall Mutant Year Zero has the Gamma World vibe to it. But we had friend computer last time. I get that. But this one, as far as the player you characters, actual was... troubleshooters. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you find trouble and shoot it. That's that's literally what you do now. Yep. In, except instead of friend computer, it's friend conclave. But never forget that your strongest loyalty is always towards your family. Oh no! See that? Nope. Sorry, I'm not buying that. You have to. I'm sorry. Because, well, you, you uh, so I, I'm just going to put this out here just for anybody who gets ideas. You will be executed if you don't do that. That's I'm a just a troubleshooter, bitch. You want to execute me? Come at me, bro. I got a double barrel shotgun. It'll take three to kill me. Step up. Okay, they'll, they'll lose the three to get rid of you because you're more trouble than you're worth. And we'll, we'll, we'll actually get to that. We'll, we'll get to that in, in a bit. Uh, the Enclave is in decline, and you fight to ensure that your house gains power and influence over the dwindling resources that remain. You are the true heirs of doom. When humanity sets foot on the surface again, it'll be your house that leads the way to the new dawn, your lineage, your family. All right, already I'm pissed off. Already I'm super pissed off. They, 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 they set the party up for inter-party conflict. Set it up that way. That's wrong. That's a mm -hmm. bad move. Mm -hmm. Bullshit. I'm changing the game. I'm changing. Okay. All right. So it, the rest of this doesn't really matter. Um, what you do is stage instance. There are uh, 11, 12, 12 primary incidences in the game that progress the quote unquote story. How the, how the player characters handle that failure eh, or a victory determines how things progress so it is sandboxy in regard i mean it's not too sandboxy because you're stuck in this conclave or sure. this uh this this area but it's sandboxy enough where you don't have to win things will continue on it will affect what happens uh, and Next. we'll look at in two weeks we'll look more at more of that but uh it's called the guardians of the fall campaign and heathen dog is right in one regard the characters do to some degree start against each other now how do they end up do they end up walking kumbaya or do they end up shooting each other or something in the middle all of those are viable options depending on how you resolve these incidences but i will tell you this the more kumbaya you go the harder it becomes because there are forces working against you and I'm not going to tell you any more than that. So uh, investigate incident, uh, incidents, maintain law and order, stand for your house. Remember, family first. Save the enclave from ruin. Now, this is probably what Heathen Dog's thinking. Okay, what the hell? If you stand for your house, how does that save the enclave? You're actually hurting the enclave by doing that. Uh, not when you're brainwashed into the knots. I mean, into the, into the uh, Elysium party. Uh, Man, they, they had a, they had an opportunity to make a really great book and they just decided to shit on it that's fine whatever i can <laughs> fix it uh, a a a pen a sharpie and an exacto knife i could fix this whole book by 86 so i'm guessing 90 ish all right good start heavy heavy coalition influence i like it <laughs> remember it's uh it's uh what do you call um uh, victorian so this is probably based on Prussia or something. Probably. All right. Life in Elysium. Now, I don't normally cover this part, but I have to. 
it is it's going to help heathen dog understand what's going on <laughs> in the world and help you understand why they are where they are whether you agree with it or not as i when we do segment three today i'm not going to agree with a bunch of comments that we'll be responding to but uh that's up to you but this is how the game premise is set up it's up to you to either conform to it or try to fix it. Just know that just like the robots of Mutant Mechatron, if you come out flag-waving, you're wrong, computer, or in this case, you're wrong, Kilgore family, you will be... And it'll be that quick. If you're subtle about it, working behind the scenes, using your judicator authority to do, you know, judicator things, eh, that's where the intrigue comes in. So... When the world fell apart, the structures of society broke down. Nations, authorities, and companies one by one collapsed as panic spread across the globe. Remember, they all blamed each other because apparently that's the two-dimensional way that almost every post-apocalyptic game works. It says, ah, I hate you. You started it. No, we didn't. Yes, you did. I don't believe you. Boom. You know, it's, apparently everybody turns into North Korea at some point. <laughs> but I think that's true of like every post-apocalyptic game, don't you think? Yeah, fair. <laughs> In the end, only the most basic human stru uh, structure remained, the family. Again, it, it, the game's going to beat that into you. Yeah. While the world burned, four powerful dynasties formed an alliance, a covenant to survive the fall of humanity. Their goal was as drastic as it was simple. Create huge underground cities, enclaves, where alongside their offspring, they would wait for a new tomorrow. They named their aspiring society Elysium after the meadows of eternal spring in the ancient Greek mythology. In remote lands, they dug into the bedrock and constructed their new homes. Each of these enclaves was to be self-sufficient to allow the great families to survive the long atomic winter that followed. Well, hang on, hang on. It said remote lands. Now, where do you think this could be? Now, uh, be before we get into that, uh, Max, do you know where this where these places are buried? No, not right. If there is a location given, I haven't read that yet. Okay. Well, we can guess. They say remote. So it's it's probably not in a in a first world nation. If you want safety, you have to make sure that the place you're you're digging your hidey hole in also doesn't have resources in the ground. Because you don't want anyone digging around where you put your hidey hole. So it's not going to be any any place in the third world country that has high-tech or even low-tech resources. So nothing with oil, nothing with coal, nothing with shale, nothing with tantalum. You are way overthinking this. It's a game. I, I know, I know. But it's a it, game. I'm trying to narrow it down in my head. It's fun. <laughs> okay. It's New York City. That no, doesn't make any sense, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Well, no, actually, it's probably northern Sweden, considering the game's written by the Swedish. And who lives up in northern Sweden? Uh where dreams go to die in dirty sweets. <laughs> there you go. All right. Uh, the rich industrials and landowning Warburg family provided the lands and tools for the project. Well, there you go. Now you know where the lands came from. The media and entertainment empire of the Morningstar family celebrated amidst, amidst the chaos of the Red Plague and made life tolerable. I do not like that sentence. I read that sentence like 15 times the other day. And I'm like, wait, what? Celebrated amidst the chaos of the Red Plague. I oh, don't... oh, no, no. Think of think of uh, uh, Morningstar Media Empire as basically TMZ. The more crappy things get, the more they sell. Oh, well, that is actually very, very true for how the game works. But outside of that, whether it's movies or, or whatever, I, what I didn't like was the celebrated word. I understand entertainment and trying to keep morale up, but fairly celebrated. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. That's what... I mean, the, 
if, if it's TMZ, the worse things get, the more they sell, you know? So they're going to celebrate it because mm. they're, they're immoral douchebags. That's okay. The private armies and security forces of the Fortescue, I hope I'm saying that right, family effectively silenced critics and protected the remote construction sites from prying eyes. And the Kilgore. Huh? I don't know. Fortescue. Forte, I don't know. Where I don't know where the syllable goes. Right. I've been pronouncing it Fortescue. Uh, the Kilgore dynasty, owning global research conglomerate with unique patents in genetics and biotechnology, became the fourth member of the Covenant. Great. They're the reason for those stupid mutant animals. Dumbasses. Spoilers. Other powerful entities drew up plans similar to those of Elysium and formed their own alliances with similar goals. These alliances became known as the Titan Powers, and we talked about them before. Elysium was the first of them. The, uh, two of these Titan Powers took the names Mimir and Noatan, monikers plucked from Norse mythology, which I didn't know that until I read this. Like, okay, oh. I still don't know if I'm saying them right, but hey, you know. makes sense. I mean, again, the book is Swedish, so... Yeah, and it's all Ragnaroki, so I get it. <laughs> the former fled into the cold darkness of space while the latter sought refuge at the bottom of the ocean. Mm -hmm. Seed of humanity. Each of the Titan powers built what they thought of as an ark for humanity. Again, that term is used constantly. A sure. seed for a new civilization, a path to a life in the new world after the fall. Elysium was inspired by the dynasties that formed the world hundreds of years earlier. The ambitions and traditional values of Victorian times became models for Elysium to follow, along with the design and culture of the era. This was blended to form uh, with, with a form of society in which the family, not the individual, was foremost in importance. And this is the thing. If you fight against this, you're fighting against the entirety of, the, uh, of Elysium. So I think somebody in chat said, I go my own way. You will be executed. That's just that simple and we'll get to that probably in the next paragraph or two uh to highlight this message the enclaves of elysium were modeled after an architectural style okay we've already talked enough about that the first enclave was named elysium one construction of more enclaves quickly followed in order to support and serve the families i'm sorry serve the families of veritable armies of workers and staff were needed tens of thousands of carefully selected people employed by the houses were given the chance to accompany them into self-imposed exile when the rest of the people of Earth finally realized that human civilization was doomed. Well, come on, come on. I, I'm pretty sure the media empire kept them in the dark. Because they didn't want panic. They wanted to move all the resources and all the people they wanted without anyone noticing. It's, it's classic cover-up. It's, it's great. I get it. A global cover-up. The gates of the enclaves have been closed and sealed. Their inhabitants safely underground. While the outside world burned... Work within the Enclave continued at a hectic pace. Elysium scientists searched for a way to repopulate the world and restore the civilization laid to ruins above their heads. Over the decades that followed, you notice in the other games, we really didn't get a time scale. This one's starting to uh, yeah. really tell you how long it's been. Uh, followed, they made amazing discoveries. They created technology superior to anything the surface world had ever seen. The researchers found materials stronger than carbon fiber and diamond. The manufacture of independent and intelligent machines and advances in medicine were now realities that surface dwellers had only dreamed of. Why am I reading all this? Because these are important factors of the game that weren't part of the other one and things that aren't just alluded to, but are. this is all player information. Yeah. You have at your disposal things that uh, nobody else in Mutant Year Zero does and actually nobody else in today's time frame does. Exactly. I mean, just... If you read the introduction to each book that we've done so far, reading this 
you would know that this is the game. This is the right choice. Okay. You know, this, this is it. Hum- humanity ascendant. Here we go. Within what became known as the disciplines of xenogenetic and biomechatronics, which, by the way, I learned something. I was telling Heathen Dog before the stream. I learned something about this game by paging through it. There's cybernetics in the game. They call it biomechatronics, but hey, there are cybernetics in the game. Do I know what they do? Not yet. I haven't fully read that yet. <laughs> the researchers attain mastery over life itself. Judicators, this is you. This is you now. Woo-hoo. The first generation who populated Elysium soon realized they would never experience the new tomorrow they were trying to create. They understood that it would take many decades, maybe centuries, before the Earth's surface could be colonized again. Elysium's founders were forced to accept that their destiny was to live the rest of their lives underground and that their progeny would be the ones to carry out their ultimate goal. A small number of selected so-called eminences Ethan Dog, no spoilers, but these that's what's the because I t- talked Ethan Dog a little bit about this before. Um, those are the 10 founding important people of Elysium One. A small number of selected so-called eminences were placed in cryosleep, regularly awakened for year-long shifts, with the mission to ensure that the ruling houses did not deviate from the founding values of Elysium. Oh, oh, so it's very much uh that one vampire movie with the with the hot girl oh, oh kate beckinsale um yes I, I don't remember the name of the movie but i remember oh, that. you get it you know they, yeah. they, they had they had three vampire elders they were all w- awoken one at a time to rule and then when it was time for them to go back to sleep they wake up another one so so the continuity of the tradition and the and the institutional memory would always remain yes okay but as always humans ruin everything New generations grew up underground, having never seen the sky above. A deceptive calm engulfed them as silent frustrations festered within. Despite its splendor, the enclaves were inescapable prisons. Anger and distrust grew among the residents and against the other titan powers. Strife between the four ruling families tore at the fabric of... Society? Their society, okay. Already strong family ties grew even stronger, but at the same rate, confidence in society in general decreased because this is what humans like to do for some reason. Because people and, and, for some reason are going to get sad because, oh, we can't leave. Well, if you leave, you'll die. But it doesn't matter. It's the fact that we can't leave. We're going to cry like babies in this increasingly uh, suspiciously ridiculous fiction book. It's the haves and have-nots. <laughs> I don't know. Suspicion, suspicions and uncertainty inevitably lit a spark of action. Members of the Morningstar and Fortescue dynasties clashed with bloody results. The Enclave reeled in shock as hundreds died and the conflict seemed to escalate. Luckily, at that time, enough people were able to regain their senses. Sure. Representatives of the four leading families met. And from this meeting, the Counts of Elysium was born. The four families concluded that full insight into what was happening in the enclaves was necessary. This is Big Brother. And agreed to set up a force with the authority to intervene against anyone who tried to overthrow the established order. Because those four want to maintain their power. Sure. The officers of this force were called Judicators. The player characters. And they became the law of the enclave. In order to secure a balance between the houses, it was decided that each unit of four officers would include one representative from each of the ruling houses. This is why some game mechanics do what they do. Uh, 
Yeah. Uh, how, I, for, I forget how far I'm reading here. Uh, unfortunately, okay, I don't care about that. There was I could have set up a better society than this. Jesus. Uh, not if they have the power. So, what are you talking about? Th- these are the four families with the power. You're not going to tell them what to do. I said okay. I could have set up a better society than the people who set up the society in this book. How, how would you have done it? You, well, don't, you, don't, you don't have the resources. They, they're the ones oh, no, with the no, resources. No, 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 Use those four families in the beginning to get the resources, stuff like that, and then a, a series of, of well-timed assassinations would fix everything. I mean, everyone who says violence is never the answer is an idiot. Violence is always the answer. It always works. It's just not always the most, most effective or the first. But it's always an answer. Okay. I'm going to skip that other section because it's not uh, horribly important. This one does have some things I have to get out to folks. Elysium 1 is governed by the council, which consists of the head of each ruling house. Warburg, Fortescu, Morningstar, and Kilgore. Each house oversees one aspect of the Enclave in accordance with the specialty that they once brought with them to the alliance that became Elysium. There are other families of importance in the Enclave. Some even have significant influence, but nowhere close to the power or uh, influence... Power or influential of, I think that's a mistype. Uh, nowhere close to the power or influence of the ruling houses. How about that? Sure. All other families are connected in one way or another to one of the four main dynasties. Loyalties often shift, changing the balance of power in the Enclave. The vast majority of the Enclave's population work in some way for the various leading families. A few people have been licensed to run their own businesses, and we'll talk about that, I think, in two weeks. Everything in this game, papers, please. Papers, please. You want to have a garden? Papers, please. Social credit score is a real thing here. Oh, okay, okay. So to gain a semblance of control, they created so many rules and, and restrictions that going going against the grain, just it's so difficult that people just don't. A uh, few people have been licensed to run their own businesses, but these, uh, but these are also part of the Enclave's strict hierarchy. Your ID card shows who you are and where you belong. This is definitely uh, paranoia-esque. Mm-hmm. Individuals can climb the social ladder, but the family you were born into will always be the most important factor when it comes to the status you enjoy. So, you could be the smart... I think it's going to say it here in a moment, so I won't... Uh, the social mobility of lesser families is extremely limited. It is very rare for any of the lower dynasties to move up or down on the social ladder. Exceptional individuals are often held back by their families, and those who violate the rules and laws are disgraced and reprimanded if they're allowed to keep their lives at all. Wow. Okay. Wow. All right. I get it. I get it. So if 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 you are a super super exceptional lower lower uh, family member and you you start rising above the rank of your family your family will actually cut your legs out from under you just just so no reprisals happen to them yes yeah yes it's it's a necessary function i'm not saying it's a good function i'm not saying it's the way society should run but it is a necessary function of elysium because if the family doesn't do it to you then the fa- then everybody within that family which could be what 100 200 300 depending on how big you know important your family is people sure. all get effectively thrown to the wolves and disgraced and you know uh, considered outcasts and you don't want that no each of the four ruling houses it's kind of like the mob <laughs> 
<laughs> to some degree. Uh, each of the four ruling houses is in charge of a certain aspect of Elysium 1. We've talked about this many times here. Warburg, family's responsible for production and energy. Fortescue, family for defense and security. Morningstar for culture and communication. And Kilgore for technology and science. Uh, we're not going to go through each of the families. Of the approximately 10,000 inhabitants of the Enclave, about 2,000 belong to one of the four main dynasties. That's why if your character dies, it's easy to get another one. Warburg. Yep. Mm, isn't she cute? Oh, yeah. Guess what her and her sister's names are. This isn't her sister, by the way. This is somebody else. Uh, one's Miss Piggy. The other is uh, Bertha. You got one right. It's Gertrude and <laughs> Bertha. It's Miss Piggy, right? No, Gertrude and Bertha. Oh, Gertrude and Bertha. This, this is Gertrude. Bertha oh. is is her sister. Which, wait, wait. Which, th that, that's, a, that's another girl? These are, no, this isn't her. This is somebody else, but it is a girl, okay. yes. Um, wait, that, that's a girl, too. They're both girls, yes. They're, no, they're not. Yes, I'm going I'm, I'm to say no on that one, Bob. Okay. Well. Uh, final answer. <laughs> no. They're, they're, they're both girls. Um, what's, what's the name? Oh, uh, yeah. Valeria. It's Gertrude and Valeria for their... Uh, and she's the leader of your military. Yep. Yep. Oh, this my God. A, Stop smiling. Yeah, You know what? This is supposed to be like, you know, 1800s type mentality. No one smiled in pictures in the 1800s. <laughs> you shouldn't either, dipshit. I think that was you just an American thing. But, uh, all right. Um, and then Kilgore. What do you notice about uh, the three or three of the four leaders? They, some of them are disguising themselves as women. Okay, close enough. Um, the one dude is the guy that runs uh, uh, entertainment. So you have three women and a gay guy. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, if you really believe that one or two of the three are actual women, then you may have more than one homosexual. I don't know. Actually, one of the things I noticed in looking at the names, other Kilgores of significance are Mardson, Ashley, Castor, Leslie, although that could be that go both ways, Osmond and Lindsay. At least 50% of the names for all the leaders are female. Wow. Yeah. Right. Around 3,000 of the Enclave's 10,000 inhabitants belong to minor families, and it mentions them, uh, not, where is it? Yeah, here are the minor families. Nobody cares. Um, none of them are me or you, so. Okay, there's one other part that I want to, those are just locations. Oh, it's after the locations. And then we are done with this. Okay, hierarchies. Is it Structure of Elysium, Hierarchy, Society? On. Uh, yes, this is it. I think this is the last section, though. The Enclave Society has been developing for generations. The power of the ruling houses, the focus on the family as the key pillar of society, scarce resources, resources, and total isolation are factors that have been decisive in establishing order, rules, traditions, and habits that shape Elysium I. The society and the Enclave rest primarily on the sense of devotion to family and secondly, on the role each inhabitant fills. So basically, family first, job second. In fact, I might have skipped it, but uh, your job is almost always what your family is. It's very rare to go outside of what your what your favorite. If, you, if your mom's was, if your mom's a teacher and your dad's an engineer, you're going to be a teacher or an engineer. Mm. Each family provides their members with a status that rarely changes. One can win or lose influence, but an individual can never reach a status beyond that which is held by the family. The only exception is those who break away and become lawless in one way or the other in the eyes of the enclave. It's kind of like your scrap robots. Sure. The difference is is 
uh, uh, Noadin is not, or Nodas, sorry, no, Nodas isn't looking for scrap robots. Here, they're looking for you. Mm. So this is uh, the fact that the four mighty dynasties created Elysium Titan power and still hold sway over the Enclave is the reason for this heavy focus on the role of family. For you, as a member of one of the four ruling houses, this means that you're born to the status and rights only afforded to the wealthy. Uh, oh, and no, powerful. we're cursed with privilege. Yeah. <laughs> you have unbelievable privileges. Oh, look at that, right? Uh, the same as those fortunate enough to have been born under any of the other three houses. Everything in society revolves around the concepts of family and bloodlines. They are the social foundation on which the Enclave was founded. Of course, your family also requires service from you, and it is unwise to ignore your family's responsibilities for long. Again, Mafia. Everyone carefully keeps track of their family ties as well as everyone else's. Even the most wretched servant in the deep knows ancestry in detail. I just said that. Just like you do. Not belonging to a family is to stand outside society. Most of the exiles in the catacombs have been ostracized by their families. Among the worst things you can imagine is to fall from grace and end up in the same situation without a family. In other words, your lineage controls what rights you have and also what your duties are. The family educates and protects you, but also demands responsibility and duty. You must always care for and obey your family. It is the family, after all, that has the final word on the life choices that will impact you the most, be it career, love, or anything else. If you commit a serious mistake, your entire I think it's on the other side, yeah. family will suffer for it. The only way for your family to exonerate itself from your misdeeds is to shun you forever. I don't need to read more. Okay. The reason why I read so much of this, and I'll, I'll leave this on the screen, judicators are not the highest social category. You still have the military, the high command, and the he heads of houses on top of you. If the high command tells you something that you won't go to a location, guess what? You're not going to that location. Unless you know a way to uh, grease some palms or... Uh, yeah, I'm not going to read any more of this. So the one thing that was not brought up here, and I don't know if that's game master only information, so I'm not going to bring it up. I'm just going to leave it at this. Let's, uh, let's, do you have any questions, concerns? And then let's go to chat and see what they have. Uh, that, that is the background for this. And the reason why I read all of that was because I, I knew how he was going to react to some of this. I knew how some of you guys were going to react to it. I had to beat into you that it wasn't just said in passing about the family. That it wasn't just said in passing that, oh, if you try to step outside, something bad's going to happen. If you think you're going to play this game like, oh, I got, I got ideas, I'm going to do my own thing, and you start bumping heads against the family right off the bat, the, it's called the shaft. That guy that, was, that Heathen Dog saw on the cover was pushed down the shaft. There are other ways of getting rid of you, too. But that's, the, that's the, their version of Cement Shoes. Yes. Okay. And that fall is like a mile. You will not live. All right, so uh, the paranoia concept is strong in this one. Yeah. <laughs> Very strong. You're a troubleshooter, and uh, you can only shoot trouble when your family tells you you can. And there are people, people who you would go against who actually can destroy Elysium or try and change the status quo. You have no authority over them. So imagine it's, this for it a moment. It is a giant shit burger. It is. Now imagine this. 
you have been given the charge. Now, here's the thing. The fun thing is, though, is by the families, you've been given authority over certain aspects. And I don't know if I skipped it because I didn't want to read literally every word or didn't get to it. And I'm not worried about it now. But you do have authority. And the thing is, is depending on the situation, if it's larceny, you already know you're judge, jury, executioner. You figure out how you want to handle that. If it's murder down in the dregs, who cares? You handle that how you want to handle that. But let's say it's one high family accusing another high family of something. You have to walk that political line. You may want to in your head and rationalize it all day and all night. It just makes sense. You killed that person. You have to go. Well, but if you do that, do you start a war between the families? And you will. This is Game of Thrones in that regard. You can't just do what you want. You have to consider political ramifications. Rationalization does not work. Because these families want power and they will use anything to get it. And if you start making your family look like the bad guy. And we'll talk about that in two weeks where the what the I remember every one of these games has an out of character component. Mm hmm. This one does too. I've skimmed it. I haven't read it, so I don't want to talk thoroughly about it. But uh, it is about building influence. And you don't build influence by killing everybody. You don't build influence by being a wild card. And you don't build influence by, uh, uh, by, by trying to rationalize to people that basically have religious fervor. Yeah. So question. Mm -hmm. Let's say in you, your example was one person from a high house kills someone else from a high house. You can't just arrest somebody and throw them in jail forever, even if they're guilty and they actually did it because of political nonsense. You have to navigate a back alley thing to get some kind of resolution. You could ar not arrest. You didn't kill. No. Uh, you know, uh, do you arrest the person? Keep it hush hush. Do you arrest the person and proc uh, proclaim what happened and why? Those two things could, if you bring disfavor to another family, the good news is, guess what? That could bring favor to your family. But is it worth the risk? Might be. It might actually be worth that risk. Or it might be one of those things like, look, we can't have this dude walking around. Now, I'm not going to kill him, and we're not going to go spouting off that your family did this, but you got to get him off the streets. Either okay. you get him off the streets, or we're getting him off the streets. Okay. You know, you know, again, and I'm being very simplistic. No, here, but I you get, get what I'm I saying. Yeah. I get it. Part two of mm -hmm. this question: one one member of a, of a high house kills a maintenance worker. Okay. Normally, that would be just covered up. I would not. My family would not allow me to make an arrest because it it would give no clout to my family. And the other house will be, will be pissed off at my house because I made the arrest for uh, arresting their nephew or niece or cousin or whatever of, of killing this poor gutter trash. Who cares? Right. Or, I mean, okay, yeah. or I have that on video. The whole thing. It's irrefutably true. I have eyewitnesses that I've made safe. My family, instead of arresting this family member, they're going to want me to use that as blackmail to gain status for my family. Again, I'm not allowed to do my job. Why even make me adjudicator if 
there's so many instances where I can't do my job. Because the first and foremost, obviously, for oh, let me phrase it. First and foremost, each family wants power, but they also want order to be maintained. Without the order being maintained, they can't keep the power. Can you put up a Ron Niabadi's comment that he just posted? Yes. I mean, not these, again, if you get caught, everything comes with risk. This is a risk-reward game. People who like paranoia, people who like Call of Cthulhu, people who like investigative, uh, people who like Game of Thrones. Just, you're not the, the, the banner lord, so to speak. You're going to like this game. If, if you're just going to play it like Cyberpunk, or you're going to just play it like... Uh, a D&D game or something? No. <laughs> you know, it'd be a better get... game though. I mean, to be fair. I mean, th this this you you're you're saying you're saying that stuff. This is uh this is not Game of Thrones or anything like that. It's uh it's paranoia without the fun. Okay. Yeah, without the comedy, that's for sure. No, I'm talking about fun. I don't know what your version of fun is then, because it's very paranoia-esque to me. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. But the thing is, though, I mean, if if you like the the first season of Stargate Universe, you'll which which was you know shit, you'll you'll like this game because everyone is against each other, and everyone knows it. You okay. can't trust the person next to you with a gun. No, no, you can't. You actually. So again, as judicators, you can. How? You have goals for your health because you're not going to off each other. Why not? Family nobody's going to act because nobody's going to accidentally push. First of all, it's a high technology play. I mean, you can see, oh, you can't see the picture. I'm looking at the book, but here, let me put it back up here. This is a high technology area. There are cameras. There are, there are drones. There are, it's, it's hard to just, you can't just go and like, you know what? Oh, I don't know how that happened. You, you can't do that. You will be caught. And then that will be a family war uh, or Somebody will adjudicate you. Mm. You have to be sneakier about it. So it, you can't do something blatant. Now, could you be like, let's use the paranoia example. Could you be like, he's a commie and I know he's a commie in this game. Like he, he's, he's against the, uh, the authority and he's actually against his own family. Not just, you know, obviously, you know, I'm looking out for the best interests of everybody, not just my family, but he did these things. Embellishing stuff like bad propaganda. Absolutely. But you have to work at it. You can't just throw one rumor out there because rumors are, are everywhere. And when the incidences occur, which I have skimmed through again, I haven't read them fully, but when the incidences occur, there are features of this game that start to bind you uh, right off the bat that start to bring you together. Your mentality of like, this is not the way society should be is actually a very focal point. The problem is, is right off the bat, you can't just sit everybody down and say, all right, we're adjudicators. You guys are the four kings of the realm and we're going to... And we're, we're going to tell you how it is because all four of you will be put in your place. And you already heard how that would happen. So you have to do it through machinations. Okay. Well, let's, uh, let's go through. Why'd you star this? Well, I didn't star anything. I'm not even over there. No. Oh, those auto star. Oh, okay. Super chats auto star. Copy. All right. Uh, bio kiddo says, wait, a mutineer zero just after the bomb. <laughs> Uh, no, no, it's, it's all in the same time frame. It's just that unlike all of the other mutineer zero, you know, after the, after the, after they screwed up, you, you know, the earth, this one is the only one I think where they actually built their, their particular arc 
to be, you know, craftsman tough, right? I mean, it, 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 it's that they don't have to worry about their, their home falling apart in front of them. So that's fun. I don't understand how people in chat are, are misunderstanding what I'm saying here. Well, hang on. Let's, let's go through, see if it's a thing. Ha ha ha. Heathen dog is a uh, come at me, bro. Model. That, that's, the, that, that's after I did the uh, three people double barrel shotgun. Oh, who wants to come first? Uh, Per says, I agree with this setting up up uh, the party against themselves. Everyone else reminded of Vampire Tabletop where your clan was everything and to hell with your PC's desires. It's very much like that. Yes, it is very much like that. But in Vampire, we did that a lot and we still got along because there were things that focused our attention. That's what this game does. There there are things that focus your attention, but this one is a little, little more adversarial, I think. It feels more adversarial. Uh, the woke inherited the earth and created a totalitarian society. Well, the woke would say that no, this is corporate greed, and you this is Musk. Uh, this this would be Musk, the military industrial complex, Ted Turner, and uh, <laughs> who who does uh, which one am I missing? I don't know, but yeah. uh, at at least two of the things you you mentioned uh, actually run off of you know ideally run off of a meritocracy and this is not that uh coco shuko says they're just families or is there a state government or something it's just families right F- families uh, and the council the four the four ruling families are the council okay well okay. and then that's the government basically i brought it i brought it up intentionally because it was important but those emissaries they those are how was that those those ten emissaries. Yeah, the ten emissaries. They, they only they only pop out one at a time, uh, uh, one year for a each. Year. Yes. And their goal, they're what they're supposed to do is they're supposed to make sure that the core values of why Elysium was set up were met. What I didn't read, and I'm kind of scared to say this because I could have sworn it was in the player section, not in the game master section, but I'll say it anyway. Is they're not happy with what is basically the four families have kind of been like, oh, look at you, cute emissary. Why don't you just go back and freeze yourself? Because good idea, good idea. They're treating him like the emperor of Japan. And if you know anything about the emperor of Japan, he's not this a political head. leader. Yeah. He's just a spiritual leader. And that's yeah. what they do. Like, oh, is that the way you guys wanted things? Well, that's cool. All right, emissary. Thanks for, you know, we'll, we'll take that under consideration and then go do their own things. The emissaries have lost power. Okay. Uh, Rex Steele says this really encourages a lot of mind games. Yes. 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 I mean, it, overt action is frowned upon, which I hate because that's how shit gets done. But, you know, it's frowned upon. You have to do the serendipitous nonsense to actually get anything done without you sticking your neck on a chopping block. Crafting Gamer says uh, so what you're saying is a PC can kill anybody, but the. And adjudic- an NPC, or adjudicator yeah. the, the but but the but the player can't no i don't like this game it's no not what i'm that's saying not what he's saying that's not what he's saying at all go ahead no uh, what, what incidences are going to happen sure you are higher on this imagine this you're out if if something happens if i go to you know the south side of chicago and i get shot probably very little will be said about it you know g- gang members are shooting each other constantly right but now imagine this imagine for whatever reason elon musk you know gets away from his security detail and he gets shot in the south side of chicago 
South side of Chicago will be cordoned off. <laughs> Everybody will be put under lockdown or, you know, but you, you get what I'm saying. Like not as adjudicator, you have free will of, of judge, jury, executioner, but you're also held by the law and people are looking at you. Uh, the high, the high, I forget her name, Val Valeria Vertescu. She can't just go out in the open and be like, I don't like you. <whistles> Down the shaft you go. She can't do that. Because every family would then have something to use against her. Look at that murderer. She has to use plots and planning and so forth. And you guys being mid-level, you have enough access to get to everywhere you need to be and do the things you need to do, but you are also beholden to the orders. People are going to be looking at you, but at the same time, you have a bit of freedom because of your rank. You're in that gray area. Just don't abuse it. Does that, does that make sense? Yeah. And that is it. Um, Rex Teal had one, uh, the one where he says, I, uh, I don't know what there is to misunderstand, because I think the rest of that is, yeah. Uh, you're saying sounds pretty clear. This is simply a complex political intrigue sandbox. Sounds really fun. I, 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 I like what you said there. I'm only pushing back to be pedantic for just a moment. The sandbox, there is a de dedicated story to this behind the scenes. Again, how you finish that story is up to the player characters. You could all die. You could completely fail. You could run this into the ground. You could be on top. You could find freedom. Yada, yada, yada. There are multiple endings to it. But there is a defined story. And, and how that's presented through the sandboxiness, if you want to call it that, is through those in certain instances. I think there are 11 of them. Uh, I, and each one of the instances will affect how the next instance plays out. Like how I run my games for even D&D with my timelines. How you handle that timeline, if you handle that timeline, affects how the other ones might play. So sandboxy, I don't know if I'd call it sandbox. And I'm not trying to correct you. I'm just, I'm being pedantic on that. So people are like, oh, I can do whatever I want. Ooh, no, there are lots of <laughs> rules that you have to follow. And that's, that's the bad side to this. You know, you had a lot of freedom as an animal. But you're playing an animal. And Heathen Dog wasn't wrong when he said something earlier. When when these humans, I didn't even go over the part. They know about the outside. They've actually sent people outside. You know what they found out there? Degenerate animals, weird looking things. That world is not. Nope. Close those doors again. They send some. I think it's every year they send somebody out. I have to look it up again, but I think it's every year, every couple of years. They send somebody outside to take a look to see if the world's safe. And they they see what they see. and Like, nope, <laughs> it is not. Yeah, I get that. I get that. I mean, you have you have degenerate mutant humans, you have uh, trash scientific experiments, and you have renegade robots. It's 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 goddamn bumper cars out there. I'm not going out there, <laughs> right? <laughs> I get it. Uh, uh, my lack of interest in this game is because I generally just don't like political intrigue games. I like overarching well like if i'm playing like birthright for example for ad and d or if i'm running a kingdom or something then it's interesting to me but call of cthulhu that's his, that's his jam not my jam paranoia is fun to me simply because you know just trying to find out who the commie is <laughs> you know, uh, i don't i don't really you know and and let's be honest paranoia's theme is as he said a couple times today you're you're a troubleshooter. Your job is to shoot trouble. Here, your job isn't necessarily to shoot, uh, shoot trouble. It's to make the right political decision, no matter how big or how small, to uh, to crime, to unfairness, to uh, um, 
safety. resources, safe, absolutely safety, the proper authority. Maybe the but proper authority is the problem. Your the, family. Above all, to your house. Yep. And do that without without heathen dog knowing that I just elevated my house because he'll call me out for that. And if he can frame me properly, then that all comes crashing down. He he embezzled all this money just to enrich himself. What? Yeah, this is this is very much sounding like a mixture of paranoia and Dune. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Yes. I don't like it. Free League could have easily made this the the pinnacle book by going against the grain in a post-apocalyptic world and actually forming the perfect society. But then you wouldn't have an uh, interesting No, game. you would. You would because the goal would be to get out and then conquer or destroy all of the degenerate societies that are already out there. Like Sherman marching to the ocean, clear the land for all the real humans. That could have been this book, and it will be if I ever get a hold of one. A Sharpie and an X-Acto knife will fix this book and make it great again. All right, so Heathen Dog's going to run some other game. <laughs> Not this one. <laughs> and he didn't even bring up my segment one. Oh. But hey, like, subscribe, share. In the next video, we're going to cover how to make Adjudicator. And I, I do not have a full-on character creation video, but we're going to go over the generic process. If you've seen it before, if you've seen Mutant Year Zero, Mutant uh, Gen Lab Alpha, and Mutant Mechatron, you're going to note the similarities. There's one major change, just like all those other games had a change, and you'll find that out in the next video. All right, uh, Mar Hawkman came up with some with something here. Uh, this game is where it really yeah. canonizes the concept that man is the real monster. It's not true. I mean, it it makes for a good story, and a lot of people have written about that, but it's not true. The real monster is everything that's not man. That's the real monster. So all of the alien movies, Independence Day, that that is that is a prophetic journal of what's going to happen when aliens come. Because everything that's not human is the true monster. Humans are just practicing on each other to make sure we can actually kill the true monster when it comes. All right. Oh, yeah, that was a good comment, too. I missed that one. This is where choices have real consequences. Well, real in-game consequences. Yep, absolutely. All right, let's, uh, let me get this one up. <laughs> Couple coalition again. <laughs> coalition of the good guys. All right, after that long read through, through that we had in the previous video, now we're going to look at character creation. How do you make your Judicator? Unlike the uh, previous three games, I do not have a character, a specific character creation video for Mutant Elysium. However, if you watch any of those other three videos, the process is the same. We're going to cover this as kind of an overview, a little bit of a read through, just so you can see what each of the uh, roles are. Uh, I think they're called roles, but we'll find out in a moment. And what is different about Elysium? Because what? Mutant Year Zero had mutant powers. Mutant uh, Gen Lab Alpha had animal powers. And Mutant Mechatron had robot modules. And, well, you're just generally a robot. What is different about pure strain humans? We will find out here in just a moment. The core values of hashtag RPGate and any good tabletop group are escapism, not representation, entertainment over activism, and natural organic inclusion, not forced diversity. 
Please follow that QR code or refer to the description below for the link to the charity we support, which is the Wounded Warrior Project. Thursdays and Saturdays, you can watch the Dirty Casuals on twitch.tv slash Legion of Myth. Fridays and Sundays, you can watch the Friday Night Show stream and RPG Digest on our YouTube and Rumble channels. Please leave us a comment with your thoughts and experiences, and if you like our gaming content, please be sure to subscribe to Legion of Myth. Right, let's get that off screen, put that up there. There we go, Mutant Elysium. There's a cover again of the dude that Heathen Dog, for whatever reason, kicked off the ledge. Yep. Why he did that. Gotta have your Wilhelm screen right, uh, screen right there, too. Ah! <laughs> you know, do you know the, the uh, uh, what is it? Oh, man, uh, which, which which company? It's not Disney. Warner Brothers. They had the, the, wah-ha-ha-hoo-ee. I don't, rem- I don't remember that off the top of my head. Oh yeah, okay. yeah. When, 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 whenever uh, uh, like Wiley e. Coyote or whatever fell off a cliff, which happened a lot, he would go or something like that. I'd do that sound. I just remember the holding up the signs. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So in Mutant Elysium, you play adjudicator sent to represent your house while maintaining law and order in Elysium. What? Good luck with that. So what are the steps? The steps are choose your house, then you choose your profession. Your name, your parents, your age. Okay, we'll this is all choosing. There's no rolling at this at all? Uh, no. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's just like character creation and all the other ones. Oh, you were talking about, because uh, previously you rolled for mutant powers. No, because here you have context. That's the big thing in this one that's different. Uh, where are the context? It's not who you are, it's who you know. Yeah. Reputation okay. score, talent. Oh, I don't see it in here. That's weird. Well, we'll talk about context, so. Anyway. First thing you do is you choose your house. If you're Warburg, you're going to get a bonus. Oh, hold on. Let me do a character sheet. Where is it here? Small. I have to make sure that, uh, is it a starting bonus or is it a total bonus? I guess it's going to tell me in a little bit. So your predisposition for Warburg is strength. Now, we'll find out in a moment if that means that you can start the game off with a higher number or if it's like Forbidden Lands where you can actually have a higher number. We'll find out in a bit. But, uh, Fortescu, which is your army, you'll have agility. Why? Because that's where rifles and pistols are utilized. Sure. Morningstar is wits. Oh, sorry. Morningstar is not wits. Morningstar is empathy. And Kilgore is wits. Uh, empathy because they handle uh, plays and productions and uh, uh, entertainment. And then Kilgore, because you'd think that that would be the army one. <laughs> no, no. It's the, it's the science division. It's the science one. And so they get wits. But it's it's red and Kilgore. So every time I see it, I think it's the military one. Oh no, just just think Red Skull. I don't know what that means. Well, from the Captain America movie, he was he was the head of the of the Nazi science division. Oh okay, that works. Again, I I don't watch that. So <laughs> your job is to maintain law and order, but can be uh, but this can be achieved in different ways. You have different backgrounds and special skills. We'll look at what those are in a moment. There you go. Papers, please. That looks so close to the Air Force logo. <laughs> Every time I see it, it's like, oh, Air Force. Wait, what? Um, adjudicator's authority. Now, there were comments made in the last video that sure. might be addressed here. Let's find out. You are authorized to use violence if you deem it necessary when defending the Enclave's safety. You are authorized to seize and arrest an individual who is an obvious threat to the safety of the Enclave. In disputed cases, a procurator may decide. 
That was okay. another thing oh. I didn't talk about in the last uh, uh, last episode was uh, the the councils. I think I forget councilors, whatever they're called. Um, you are authorized to question citizens that potentially have relevant information concerning the enclave security. Okay, so what I'm what I'm reading this is you can ask all the questions you want. You can you can detain anyone for questioning, but if you're going to make an arrest, that person either one better not matter, or two you better literally have a smoking gun on camera. Yes, even if you had to fabricate that smoking gun. Yeah, but if you have a smoking gun on camera, you are now allowed to arrest whoever. Sure. Okay. Yes. Uh, again, I didn't read it in the last video. I don't know what page it's on exactly, but it does talk about uh, the higher up, the higher up the hierarchy somebody is, the more you kind of have to play ball, and you might want to have somebody else make a decision. If it's somebody, you know, again, if it's larceny, whatever, handle that how you want. If you felt like shooting the guy because larceny, you know, whatever. whatever. <laughs> uh, so, money? yeah all right so uh, you have a name you'll have your name you have your appearance a uniform as adjudicator you have to wear a uniform sure Makes tradition sense. requires the uniform display the color of your house that oh. being said you are free to modify uniform to better suit your profession that basically gives the player a little Leave a it. little agency i guess you'd say but you will wear your uniform and if you notice people are constantly wearing their uniforms in these pictures mm-hmm Age. You remember how age works? This is what the age is for humans. 50 plus is old. That will give you more skills, less attributes. And that's before. I'm not going to go through the entire step-by-step -step process. Again, I have three different videos on that. One for Mutant Year Zero, one for Mutant Mechatron, one for Mutant Gen Lab Alpha, and two, uh, one of them, the Gen Lab Alpha one, already includes age. <laughs> All right, hang on. This is where it gets dumb. Young, you get 16 attribute points. Middle age, you get 15. And old, you get 14. Go, go back up to the age range again which was in the page prior. There it is. Uh, 18 to 31 is considered young, and 31 to 50 is considered middle age. All right. Okay. No, that uh, that doesn't make any sense. Because if, if, you, if, if you go back in time and pluck out your 18-year-old self and put him right next to you and said, you two have to fight, you would win 99 times out of 10. No, I wouldn't. Yeah, you would. No, Your I would not. Your old self? No, no. You, you've, you've, you've got maybe at least a half inch and 20, 30 pounds on that kid. When you hit him, he's going to go down. He's going to fucking stay down. I, I know why I wouldn't beat my 18-year-old old self. And when I was 18, I was taking Kung Fu and I was actually fighting. That, that's great. I, but I, have, I haven't done that in a long time. It doesn't matter. It, it, weight class means, means more than technique many of the times. Mm-hmm. Sorry, this okay. real fight is not worth. You, you cried about that last time, and nobody agreed with you. <laughs> that's just the way it is, man. You know that that that's why they have weight classes in professional. No, fighting. no, I get what you're saying, weight class, but I'm talking like here with with the attributes. It's a game. You set up a game so that it works, and you want the benefit for being young is you get less skill, more attributes. Usually, you put those into your physical. Old, uh, I mean, because you can always argue. Well, people don't get stupider as they get older. I get it, but you atrophy. So take it off your physical if you want to be pedantic about it. I don't care. But uh, it's game balance. This is a game, also. Uh, adjudicator's duties: follow orders from commanding officer. These so before we said your authority, right? Yeah. Now it's, you have commanding officers. Yeah. Follow the orders from the commanding officer. This applies only to other adjudicators. For example, you have no obligation to obey officers of the Deep Watch. We'll talk about what that is in two weeks. Unless you have been ordered to do so by your own commander. Protect the Enclave's order and safety. 
It's up to you to interpret what this means as long as it does not go against direct orders from your higher ranking officers. And it depends on which house you serve and which incident it is that will determine how much uh, flexibility you have. Protect fellow patrol members. Uh-oh. Oh, you can't push your buddy off the cliff? Well, you can, just don't get caught. You have the right and obligation to protect other members of your patrol as long as it does not threaten the security of the Enclave. Be mindful of the interests of the dynasties. This is not a formal duty, but since all judicators belong to the house, trying to achieve and maintain balance is an implicit duty that must be constantly juggled with your formal duties. I say mm. this here, even though we talked about it in the last, you know, last video, but to remind you, this game is a game of intrigue. All right, skills. Uh, whoa, that is a different number. Eight. Wow. Yeah, before it was, uh, was it 14, 12, and 10, I think it was, or was it 8, 10, and 12? I think I it was 8, recall, 10. But I, I, was, I, I do know that. Uh, I think it was 8, 10, and 12. They're, they're going by threes here when usually they go by twos. Yeah. Yeah. So there, okay. So there's definitely, you get a lot of skill for being old. <laughs> yeah. But, and the thing is, I mean, who would want to take young? That seems dumb. You get one more, one more attribute point. But you lose three skill points. That seems like a bad trade. Well, six, if you want to, you know, go all the way up to old. Yeah, that does seem like a bad trade this time. Yeah. I don't know. I because I, I don't see any other real benefit to age. Is there anything age? Uh, game terms. Your choice of age affects your starting attribute skill. Oh, reputation and contacts. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah being young it seems dumb because I'm sure reputation and contacts also is an age related thing. Better yeah. the older you get. So. I would definitely give up one attribute point to get three skill points, better, better reputation, better, better faction loyalty, do all that stuff. That seems like a no brainer. Yeah, it does. Uh, okay. So skills, uh, you have a 13 special. We'll get to it in a moment. I want to see if it says here, skills can range from zero to five. You gain sure. general skill. Oh, not skills. Where's attributes. Um, how much damage starting scores. When you create a character, you distribute number. Okay. You must use no less than two, no more than four. Okay. So what, what it is, that special one, you can have between two and four, except for if you're a Warburg, you can have a five in strength. Okay, so you have a higher cap, but you don't yeah. start off with an extra point. Right. Okay, got it. Skills, talents. Mutalysium has a whole new and different set of talents, and we're going to look at those next week. Biomechatronics. This was new to me when I read this. What? This is something we haven't come across yet. The researchers in Elysium 1 have over the years developed the knowledge and skill to graft mechanical implants to the human body. Sweet. These implants can make a human being stronger and more resilient. Unfortunately, biomechatronics have been shown to have severe side effects on both body and mind, typically oh. referred to as machine fever. What was it called in Shadowrun? Uh, for cyberpsychosis or something? Oh, no, that wasn't Shadowrun. That was... Uh... Cyberpunk? Yeah, Cyberpunk, oh. and there was a movie, uh, Johnny Mnemonic. Okay. Yeah. Members of the houses rarely use such implants. Oh, they are uh, used primarily by the judicators. Hey, there you go. That gives you license in order to carry out the dangerous, often violent work. Biomechatronics have gradually become a symbol of status within the Enclave. Oh, recent... my God. 
this is it, it first the first paragraph it says oh yeah you there's all kinds of physical and mental detriments to having this but but it's in vogue with those people in power great so everyone in power is now is now basically lead and mercury poisoning themselves and society's going to be really better from that because historically <laughs> it's been great now I liken it to nowadays with all the weirdos out there with pink hair, gauges in their ears, nose rings, tattoos all over their face and hands. Things that we would shun, that normal people would shun, but it's becoming commonplace now. Well, guess what? We might shun having all these weird biomechatronics that, you know, turn you crazy. But, hey, it looks cool, man. So... In recent years, some younger members of the houses have begun to acquire small and discreet biomechatronic plants. Implants, wow, I say plants, which are seen as avant-garde within younger circles, but often scoffed by older nobles. See, see, that's us. We're like, yeah, we're the don't do it. So, except, except these are the 18 studies. It's going to make you insane, right? Don't care. It's cool. You're an idiot. You just, can choose. Just, just like if you have giant gauges in your ears that are this big. And if you, if you, if you take them out for the rest of your life, you're going to have a, you're going to have a, a floppy hole in your ear. You're just stupid. You're just dumb. You can choose a discrete implant during character creation, but you must choose the talent biomechatronic. And again, we'll cover that next week. Read more about biomechatronics and how they work in nine. And I might actually spend one extra week, depending on uh, on Elysium, to talk more about the biomechatronics. We'll see how big it is because it's not going to fit into next week. Context: You are a adjudicator, but you're also a member of a powerful dynasty. As a human in Mutant Elysium, your most important asset is the influence wielded by your contacts that can help you in large and small ways. These are your henchmen, right? <laughs> Character creation. You get one or more contacts. These are explained in more detail in Chapter 5. You cannot have the same contacts as another player. Oh, this is the special one. Okay. Well, again, it does. Well, there's also the special skill, but this is the same as starting mutations and so forth. Right, You're right. supposed to start differently. Uh, you must agree who gets which contacts or let chance decide how many contacts you get is determined by your age oh look one gets one old gets three all right you can gain new contacts during gameplay that makes sense probably with experience just like everything else oh what is this starting reputation psionic negative two i get it you don't trust people who can read people's minds you can't trust them you can't psionics let's talk about that through genetic engineering elysium scientists can trigger paranormal mental abilities in humans crazy term psionic mutations research of these abilities is extremely restricted no you cannot go to a chop shop and get this done no you have to show your card it has to be proved have to be signed in triplicate by somebody much higher than you and if you're found out, you know, it's just like, it, like everything there. You can't grow a tomato plant without it being approved. Do you think you're right. going to run around and just get psionics? No. Term psionic mutations. Uh-oh. Well, it's mutation. Do you want one now? Research no, of, of these abilities is extremely... Okay, I already said that. For, uh, for in many cases, subjects turn their newfound abilities against the researchers or use them for their own gain. No kidding. Oh. <laughs> right. Really? What a shocker. I never saw that coming. <laughs> oh, how much more sarcasm want me to use? None, because all psionics must be registered and monitored regularly. There are a handful of psionics among the judicators who are treated with great suspicion by their peers. That, that's what you want. You want to be under even more suspicion. Yeah, exactly. That's just a, that's an idiot's game. Don't, 
if if you're if you're playing adjudicator, do not be do not get psionics. You're just you're you're just setting yourself up as the easy fall guy for somebody for a, another player character's bad machinations. You're gonna take the fall for it, and you're a dirty psionic, so no one no one's gonna look as hard. So there you go. So um, you can only use psionics if you have access to mutant year zero. And you will not get any contacts, and all of your reputation will be lowered. So you See, ready for your sonic power? Definitely not worth it. No. Better be good. No, it's there. There, it, there is no sonic power that offsets all of those negatives. There isn't one, Un- unless it's. I, I would generally it's completely agree. take over every mind in the entire complex and make them worship me. I'll take it. And then in that, that, then in that yeah. case, you just ended the <laughs> exactly we ended the game with a snap of my fingers or a blink of my eye or or if this is bewitched, a twitch of my nose, whatever, <laughs> and it's done. Right? <laughs> that, that is the only scientific. That is the only psionic power that'd be worth all of that crap. I don't know why they have it in here. It's it's a troll. It's a troll. It's 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 not a it's it's not a Kevin Zambita expert troll, but it's a troll. <laughs> Elysium one is restricted to or is a strict. Hierarchical society. The houses control the workers, and within these two groups, there are different levels of power, prestige, and access. Formerly, formally, enclave residents are divided into security classes, but equally important is your informal position and reputation. This is measured by a value called reputation. Very similar to the whole hierarchy thing before. Young, middle-aged, old. You start off with all this. Yeah, Yeah. and, uh, I'm sorry, what was it? Uh, The hierarchy in... Mutant Mechatron and Mutant Gen Lab Alpha. It's similar yeah. to that. And then so starting start reputation. Say not being dumb in your middle age, and that's what three. What's the what's the starting? The base. Your middle base age is four. Four. Okay, four plus your your adjudicator. Well, this this is I can't talk. These are the um the rules. Oh, okay. So let's say you were uh, an officer, a middle age officer. You now have six. what a six reputation. That's great. By the way, the character I was going to make for Mutant Elysium, and I think I still have the stats written down somewhere because it was I was making four characters, one from each of the four games, and I uh, obviously I've got videos on the other three. Was a Fortescue officer. I don't know, remember anything else about her though. All residents residents of Elysium One are divided into security classes, which determine the parts of the Enclave they have access to. Security classes are identified with Roman numerals, and I think we already showed that. Yeah, we saw that. we saw four. Yeah, yeah, you guys are four. Relationship to NPCs. This is just like every other free league game. Now, family. The people in the Enclave are not infertile like Ark mutants in Year Zero. Woo! You can make babies. Real humans. Yeah. Children are born and raised in Elysium One, but live under strict regulation of authority. The sons and daughters of the houses are drilled from birth, conditioning them to hold a specific set of values. The upbringing of the worker is simple and harsh. They are to be prepared for a long life of hardship in the depths. The number of children that can be born in Elysium 1 is limited. Oh, yeah, you have to be approved to have a baby. Uh, well, no, that makes sense. You're literally underground. There's only so much air. There's only so much food. There's only so much water. I get it. The consortium applies strict population control in order to prevent overload that may thin resource of the Enclave. A license to have children is not easy to come by, so not everyone gets a chance. Those seeking such a license will do their utmost for the good of the Enclave in order to prove themselves worthy. If you have more than you're allowed to have, if you do the China thing, you know, one baby policy, but decide to have two, they take that baby away and give it to somebody else. And I'm not making that up. That's actually written in the book. Okay, Uh, 
big dream it's just like making a character in all the other games changes to relationships and dreams can happen as you play Again, somebody's in uniform there encumbrance living i, I if i'm if you're mad that i'm skipping this stuff it's because we covered it in previous videos and we still have to look at the actual roles epacs this is new energy weapons and other devices that require electricity are charged with epacs these are separate artifacts as described in chapter nine guess who else will like your epac oh a robot would love it i imagine. love it absolutely so your home oh my god it's it's energon yay <laughs> as a scion of a noble dynasty and adjudicator you're entitled to a simple dwelling either in the high quarter of the town or further down in the enclave if you prefer weirdo the accommodation sure. is a small apartment usually with only one room describe your residence with a few short words on the character sheet there's one reason why you might want to be further away take some longer to get to you oh <laughs> when you're finally targeted no 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 because making a character in this game is stupid easy you want to make your character a survivor you have a high reputation. That's number one so far. A high reputation. Get it. I want to play an old man. Good. He's going to be respected in a lot of ways, in a lot of areas. It'll keep you alive longer. People will have more trouble pinning shit on you, and you'll have an easier time pinning stuff on them. Do that. Be a survivor. I want to be a winner. Well, winners sometimes die before they win. All right? You want to be a survivor? Get your reputation up. There's a total of 24 adjudicated patrols. They're divided into two shifts, Alpha and Beta. Each patrol has a designation. This is just labeling your patrol. I, I wanted sure. to mention the 24 patrol part. And you can have a nickname if you want. I think you should earn it yourself. But whatever. Um, adjudicated ranks. There are around 100 adjudicators in Elysium 1, divided into 24 patrols, assigned into two shifts with 12 patrols each. Adjudicators are divided into the following ranks. Aspirant, a new recruit. You should become a commissar after one year's service. Commissar. These form the bulk of the adjudicators. Characters are usually commissars. That means you've been doing this a year. Okay. I don't know if I would do that. I might start you all out as aspirants. Or at the end of being an aspirant, like you're at the end of your first year. My, my rationale for this would be because you haven't played the game before. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if I would want... Because there, there'd be a lot of assumptions that have to be made. Anyway, that, that's just... Who knows? I don't know if I'd do that. But Chief Inspector, Commander of a Shift. So this is your boss and superintendent Captain. commander of all judicators that's the yeah, superintendent the chief of police basically every judicator patrol has a patrol leader who is that gonna be the patrol leader does not actually have the power to impose orders on his fellow patrol members why are you patrol leader then as this would disturb the delicate balance between the houses even within a single patrol that being said as patrol leader you have the right to settle disputes between other members of the patrol this position also has a number of other in-game features you make the reports sure. so uh <laughs> you you write it however you want to write it that's how i remember it yeah. <laughs> uh as a patrol leader you do not need to come up with a fully comprehensive report all you need to do is specify one of the pcs you want to highlight as being particularly active and competent basically you're picking one dude is awesome one dude is eh. um and that goes you know who's the commie one dude is a traitor yeah yeah who's the traitor Voting for patrol leader. Patrol leaders are appointed by the players themselves through a secret vote. Have the vote at the beginning of the first session. Do so again after each session once you've completed an incident. Remember there, I think, the, again, I think there are 11. Don't quote me on that number, but I think 10, 11, whatever. Uh, so you'll be the leader until an incident is resolved. Remember, you can fail mm -hmm. 
let me rephrase it. It's still resolved, even if you fail, because that just means that the incident happens and whatever the result of that is. You can midline it where you could call it diplomacy. You could call it, well, we partially stopped it. You know, it depends on what the incident is. Obviously, if it's trying to flood the place, on, off, well, we only flooded a few floors, right? Um, if it's a di diplomatic thing, it could be a compromise, whatever. But after that incident is done, you vote for a new uh, patrol leader. Could be the same person. It could absolutely be the same person. In case of a tie, the dispute is settled by the patrol leader. So the current one. Mm -hmm. So if you're tied with somebody else, guess who you're voting for? <laughs> vote for me. Uh, double agent. Uh-oh. During the Guardians of the Fall campaign described in Chapter 10, you and other players will be sent to resolve various incidences occurring in Elysium 1. These incidences do not happen by chance. There are, with few exceptions, triggered by the houses themselves in their struggle to either expand their influence or sabotage their rivals' attempts at the same. The planning of incidences is carried out by you and the other players as representatives of your house during the strategic turns. I really wish this portion would have been in the, uh, the information about the game. Not in a character creation. This means that you will occasionally be sent to solve an incident that you, plotting on behalf of your house, are responsible for staging in the first place. Welcome to Paranoia. This also puts a burden on your character because it is in your character's interest that the patrol mission fails. All right, Burke. <laughs> Get that alien home. <laughs> Smuggle in the bellies of little girls. There you go. No, no, this, this is, this is fine. This is fine. I mean, th this, this happens a lot in literature and TV shows and movies where, you know, the, the police chief is personally taking charge of this thing because he personally murdered those people and he wants to personally make sure he's not caught. Yeah, I get it. Each time your character characters are sent to do an incident, one of you be the secret double agent. And the reason you'll be the secret double agent is because it's based on the house. Either you're trying to stop something, as I said before, or you're trying to do something. So mm -hmm. as a double agent, and every character will have the opportunity to do this a couple of times. Yeah. Everyone's uh, as, a double agent. Yeah, at some point. Absolutely. Uh, as a double agent, you need to be very subtle. If it becomes obvious that you're trying to sabotage the patrol's efforts, you'll be reprimanded for failing your duty as adjudicator. The more this happens, the harsher the punishment will be. Sure. As a double agent, your efforts and remember what the punishments are, right? Should I show you the cover of the book again? Yeah, 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 Shaft, you got it. As a double agent, your efforts should be focused on causing the mission to fail, but in a manner that does not reveal you as the culprit. Most of the time, it's worse for your house to be exposed as the cause of an incident than for the incident to be stopped. Let me say that again. Most of the time, it is worse for your house to be exposed as the cause of the incident than for an incident to be stopped. You now have your escape route to do what Heathen Dog wants to do and do the right thing. Screw that. Side with your house. Play the game properly. <laughs> nope. Never. Burn the houses down. Free the people. Uh, I'm not going to go into revealing the double agent and so forth. We really need to get to the, uh, uh, what do you call it? Um, the actual classic. No, notice this game is much more dense than the other ones. Yes. Yeah. We haven't even gotten to the roles yet. Misconduct, judicators who have revealed as who have been revealed as double agents who or who otherwise failed to fulfill their duties are punished for misconduct. So let's see what happens when you first infraction, a fine of half the PC's credits rounded up. PC's reputation scores reduced one step. Oh, by the way, yeah, reputation in this game goes up and down faster than army rank. Like it's uh it's like navy it's, rank? 
Yeah, like there you go. Like it goes up and down. Like, I don't know if the Navy still does that. Uh, I don't know, but, but when we were in, I mean, uh, it, it it took the Air Force is pretty rigid. It it takes three years minus six months in some cases to make to make E three, right? Four, but E four. Yeah. Sorry, E four. E, e, e but on a boat, you you could go out for an, for an eight month tour as an E one, come back as an E five, and no one's well, batting he, an eye. You can go out as an E1, come back as an E1, but through the time made E2, 3, 4, 5, 4, 3, And then got busted back down. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, but uh, second infraction, a fine of all of the PC's credit and one week of hard labor in the deep. Uh-oh. The PC's reputation is reduced by two steps. The house, the house loses one point of control. That is the odd character aspect of the game, which we'll cover in a couple weeks. Third infraction, permanent... Banishment to the catacombs. Uh-oh. Have a nice day. Make a new character. Time to create a new character. Oh, yes, it's right there. Time to create a new character. The house loses one point of control. By the way, there are not a lot of control points. It isn't like 50 or 100 control points. If I remember correctly, it's either two or four. Yep. Now, the cool thing is, if you want to play the system, the long, long game, what you do is, you start off as, say, I don't know, House Warburg. And you screw that house over through incompetence. They, you, you, you are shunned to the catacombs. They, they lose a control point. And then you choose the house. Your next character chooses the house that hates them. And now it's going to be easier to screw them over in your real character. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. No. I absolutely despise this paragraph. Everyone's going to hate you. Don't do that. <laughs> go, go ahead and you read this because I hate this paragraph with a Conflicts passion. in the group. There is a risk that the system for voting for the double agent can lead to resent no shit or worse between the players themselves. No kidding, because, you know, humans are humans. Role playing is usually about collaborating. Yeah, man. If this mechanism is a poor fit for your group, like any of them, sure, feel free to discard it. Oh, thanks. The game and the campaign will work fine without it. So what? Lose the double agent mechanic? No, 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 this is a, a patrol leader. Oh, lose patrol leader? No, no, no. Patrol leader is great. You just got to tell, you just got to, you just got to fit it in the right hole. A patrol leader's job. Yeah, that's weird. It does say double. You don't vote for a double agent. Vote for a patrol leader. Yeah, this is at least the, the second problem with wording in the book. But uh, the, the patrol leader is, is the heavy for the game master. Let me explain. Usually when there's inner party conflict, the game master has to step out of has to step out of character and say, whoa, whoa, Jimmy, Billy, calm the hell down. It's a game. No, you have a patrol leader to be the heavy now. You have a patrol leader to be the bad guy. You as the game master can keep hands off. It's a patrol leader's job to fix inner party conflict. Do it. I love it. My problem yeah. with this is it's integral to the game. I know it says you don't need it, then why even have it in the game if you don't need it? I don't like that. If your party can't handle this, and handle this, then this isn't a game for you. I've heard people complain about paranoia like this too. Or we've complained about Battle Lords of the 23rd century. You don't have a Fentari and an Eridani in the same group. Right. You can't. Be- because the lore of the game completely removes that from the scenario. Now, I, I really just, again, grow up and learn to roleplay. If you can't handle this, all right. Developing your character is just typical. It's the same stuff for gaining XP. 
Let's look at the roles. Here's the sheet. Looks very similar to everything else, right? Every every other one we've seen before. I got your name, got your attributes over here, didn't fill in the dots, whatever. Injuries, same, same injuries and conditions as before. Uh let's see, let's look at the skills. Endure force might, sneak, move, shoot, scout, comprehend, know the zone. I find this one funny. It says know the zone again. <laughs> like mutant near zero. You're not yeah. out in the zone yet, but it does the same thing. It's you know, know know what you're dealing with inside the uh the enclave. Sense of motion, manipulate, heal. So it's all normal stuff. We're back to normal stuff. Oof. Gear contacts we'll look at that in a little bit uh and your items all work the same if you've looked at any of those other three videos that we have before this one all the same people i've met those might be a little bit more important here the patrol they've named it uh alpha four uh the patrol leader is douglas fortescu one of the characters obviously and alpha four is nicknamed the wolves and your den i wish it wouldn't say den den yeah. really gives a mutant year zero vibe to it yeah, instead it of a mutant like your your house your 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 pad your whatever yeah i think it was called an alcove here or something but either way yeah all right you ready to look at the real characters now yes i'm, I'm surprised it took us what 30 minutes to get here again the game that but this game has so many differences and things that have to be looked at that are unfortunately different from the other ones but still play out the same <laughs> investigator no, no, no. first start off with the only role that matters officer it's the only one that matters We'll, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Uh, you know, suspense, man. Suspense. All right. All right. Investigator. Uh, the jabronis first. You'll have uh, wits and investigate. And investigate is the same thing as we saw in... Well, we'll look at it in a minute here. Well, actually, no. We'll look at it next week specifically. But it's... Uh, I forget. Uh, I think it is called investigate. Where you can look at an area, roll, and know, you can ask questions of the game master. Say, hey, what happened here? depending on how many successes you get. Talents, intuition, many faces, well-connected. Again, we will look at those next week. So, yep, I'm going to keep you guys in suspense. And relationship to NPCs. These are all just examples. You don't have to do it. You start with a D6 credits. Hey, we have a money system here now. Sweet. Where money isn't also food. Where money is <laughs> No, they're bullets. They're bullets. Or, or, or bullets, yeah. All right, there's your officer. Yep, the only one that matters. Uh, skill is command. Command is a pretty neat skill because if you if you roll, say, if Heathen Dog gives a command and successfully, or gets one or more successes, that transfers over if the person follows that command. So I get the, however many successes you get, I get bonus. You get commander, feared enemy, and icy voice, and for the character I was doing, I think I took commander. And again, we will look at those next week. Next role, the procurator. Now, this is actually a more important one than people give it credit for. Elysium is a society founded on laws and rights. Certainly, the laws are written by and for the great dynasties. Even so, without rules and regulations to keep these powerful houses in check, the enclave would surely collapse. You understand the law inside and out. You know where the loopholes and contradictions exist, and you can turn every paragraph to your advantage. You're a procurator. And by a procurator. And by the way, yeah prosecute we'll look at that next week that is an i like this skill it's then it's not really aptly named though because i'm sure what do you think that prosecute skill does well prosecute is i i imagine would be some something like uh put somebody on trial i mean because that's what the word means but for this game i'm probably going to think it's more a pin the deed on the donkey type thing where like blame someone for for something i imagine it's it should have like been that. called lawyer 
That's what it should have been called. Okay. Or something to, I mean, technically that is prosecuting because you're prosecuting a case. Sure. But w- most people, when they see prosecute, they think exactly what you did, which is what I did as well. Like, judge, jury, executioner, you're guilty. No, this is how to use the legal system to get what you want. Mm. And this is good for a uh, patrol to have. Sure, sure. You can I mean, be a def- obviously not as, not as important as the officer, but definitely important. You can be a defender, a public servant, or a petty fogger. Cloud that judgment. Fogger. And you're rich. 2d6. Wait, what does that even mean? Petty fogger, uh, if I remember correctly, it means uh, to, cl- uh, to basically cloud judgment. An inferior legal practitioner, especially oh. one who deals with petty cases or employs dubious practices. Dubious, okay. I, I understood the dubious practice. I didn't understand the rest of it, so I was partially wrong. Okay. Okay. So he, he's a he's a low low class, kind of like uh, Saul from uh, Better Call Saul. I, I he's haven't a, watched he's it. A, he's a petty fogger because he's a low class lawyer and and uh, he constantly uses tricks to win because he's just not that good. I don't think I, I want to be him. I was thinking the chicken from uh, from Futurama, uh, <laughs> the scholar. Uh, what do you get? What, what your spe- oh, sorry, special it, skill is it enlightened. Doesn't matter what you know, and I don't know what enlightened does off the top of my head. Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell people the truth. No one cares about the truth. We've learned that about this game already. We'll figure it out next week. Uh, bearer of knowledge, crucial insight, and judge of character. Yeah, I don't know what they do. I, I never even looked up the scholar before. So next week when we go over skills, we'll cover all this, right? And then there's the soldier. Somebody's got to do the shooting, right? Yep. Always Press good to have on. one of those guys. Press on is awesome if you're if you're getting into combat. Essentially, if you're broken, you're not broken anymore. Sweet. Rub some dirt on it, get back in the game yeah, type power. Exactly. All right. Beefy. Oh, biomechatronic. Well, you want your. <laughs> there it is. You, if you so it's the only one that can start the game with us with cybernetics well i thought i thought the rest can get you can start with the one discrete one i have to look at how that that works because normally you can only start with the one that your role gives you you can pick it up later but you usually can only start with the ones your role gives you okay all right and the technician because things need again he's in the air force apparently uh, his special skill is tinker, and he can fix things and and make things work temporarily. So, biomechatronic. Uh, he can, oh, he can get it as well. Field surgeon. So, okay. uh, and grease monkey. So you can fix people, fix cars, or hey, have some cybernetics. The cyber doc. Sure. And there you go. Those are the roles. All right. So we have the main character in your group, which is the officer. Then we have the prerequisite soldier. Because, you know, somebody needs shooting at some point. It's not going to be me. I'm, I'm not getting my hands dirty. I'm an officer. I don't, I don't get my hands dirty. I just take all the credit. Then, you, then you're going to need a, what was it? You, you don't need a technician. That's bullshit. Um, the, you, you <laughs> yes, need, you you, you, no, you don't. No, no. You, you need the prosecutor to, to make sure the right person's blamed for whatever happened. Oh, the, and, the procurator? Uh, what's that? The procurator, sure, whatever. I can't even fucking say it. Yeah, I don't. I don't care. It's 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 prosecutor now. I mean, okay. if, if if they if they want to use dumb words, then I'll just make them up as I go along. They're Victorian words. Whatever, prosecutor. And then uh, the the uh, fourth member of my group is whatever he wants to be. I don't care as long as it's not a technician. No one cares. 
There you go. I've, I've already I've already made the perfect group. It's great. And three incidences you are going to struggle with, <laughs> big time. Yeah. No, someone I, else. I, goes, the, I'm the, the officer. The only someone one else is going to struggle. The only one that I don't think is really necessary is the investigator. Believe it or not. Now, helpful, absolutely. But the other ones, um, oh, a scholar. I don't know enough about the scholar. But the technician, after looking, uh, flipping through a couple of those incidences, technician is absolutely beneficial. Beneficial. Yeah. All right. Let's see what we got for chat. Uh, Point Blank says, this game gives me Equilibrium vibes. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen Equilibrium. I have. You have? Okay. It was, it, it was basically uh, Christian Bale's uh, audition tape for Batman. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I like the equi Equilibrium for the most part. I, I don't like the premise of it, but as far as a movie goes, I liked it. Yeah. All right. And then we got uh, Coco says, uh, my body, my right. Sorry, buddy. This is not the way the world works down here. Uh, your body is not yours. It's your family's body. Your actions are not yours. They're your family's actions. Yep. Your future is not yours. It's only the family's future that matters. If you if you break that law one time, they'll just take your kid away. You break it a second time, uh, chances are you're going to be in the deep or in the catacombs. You break it a third time, uh, you're, you're going to get chucked somewhere. Yeah, you're going to be chucked somewhere and never seen again. Rex says, uh, do you randomly roll age? No. no. Apparently, you choose everything. Yeah, you pick. Choose everything. Let me go. Rex comes back in and says, so patrol leader just stops uses arguments. Yes. Yes. That's what I would use the patrol leader for if I was a smart GM. He is, he is your, your uh, thankless cop at your table. And the cool thing is, the other players voted for him to do it for you. <laughs> it's hilarious. It's hilarious. And Nerdy Ogre says, uh, I now have sarcasm dripping on my phone. Thanks, Ethan Dog. You're welcome. <laughs> You're very welcome. <laughs> oh, and... Uh, Ron says technicians good for bypassing yep. security. Yep. Also, also handling robots and drones. Oh, uh, the, the soldier can handle robots and drones just fine. No, he cannot. He can and I know what you're thinking. No, he cannot. <laughs> well, then what's he for? I, I, I want a soldier, not pile. Okay. You, you know, have one want... soldier. There are 20 robots. My soldier should be intrinsically better than all 20 robots put together. That's the soldier I want. Okay. I don't know what game you're playing, <laughs> but it's not this one. I mean, a soldier, a soldier is actually tough. A soldier's really tough. I almost thought about making the character a soldier, but I ended uh, the one I never made, but uh, when I was putting him together, but I ended up going with officer because it had uh, skills that I hadn't given the other characters that I wanted to have somebody with each type of skill set. Okay. And that is it. All right. Next week, we are going to talk about, we're going to go through those skill lists. We're going to talk about talents and we're going to talk about context and, and we'll see. We'll, probably, you know what? I'll probably jam in the cybernetics as well, because to be fair, contacts are just contacts, but we're going to have to look at how they work. There's a whole chapter on context. So it's not just going to be one of those things where it's like, you have contacts, figure it out. No, there, there are going to be ways to use them absolutely integral to the game. So we'll see how much time we have. And if we do have enough time after that, uh, we'll look at uh, the biomechatronics because it is only in this game. And I, and I need to point out things that are only in this game. Okay. I just don't know if I have time. And I definitely won't have time the week after. So we might have to expand Mutant Elysium out one extra week. But we'll see. Dang it. But in the meantime, like, subscribe, and share. <laughs>
you have to, you have to go step away for a minute or are you good oh you're done yeah, that was so, it for today oh god i hope so yeah oh okay yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i'll be back in a sec what do we got here anything that else in chat that i can look back at yeah the the main thing about this game is uh is is that political intrigue and i you know i know i know heathen dog saying his stuff about it but uh you know he's, he's doing that just to get people spun up i'm sure he believes some of it but it's not my type of game only because i don't like the intrigue stuff i just i like it occasionally i don't like that to be the premise of a game it's why I don't play Call of Cthulhu. Um, I don't play a lot of Paranoia. I, I don't play games just generally like that. But for people who want that, and this is what's cool about these games, Mutant Year Zero is, already, you know, Elysium is another prelude game. So in Mutant Gen Lab Alpha, you've got the resistance. You're setting up terrorist cells. In Mutant Mechatron, you're fixing your dome, but you get to play robots. And you have to understand, uh, you know, the balance between energy and not letting people know you're sentient, but still, hey, you know, maybe disobeying an order here and there just to get things handled, just to keep that dome. This one, it's like Mutant Mechatron on steroids with that, where this is all about your family, all about your house. And the way to win is obviously to survive, but it's also to get your house on top. And if you're not willing to play it that way, then you're... When you do get out into the world, there I, I've already read the section where it talks about what happens after it goes to the world, and I can't give you guys spoilers, but some of the things we covered in the other games, yeah, I'll put it that way, are known here. But when they're known and how they're known shape how the rest of your, if you, again, if you succeed here and leave Elysium and go out into the world with the robots, the, uh, what do you call them, uh, the animals and the mutants how that plays out yeah my my whole thing is uh um i don't i don't like games i don't like serious games that automatically have the player characters against each other at a pretty fundamental level and that that's what this is you I are, think you might be you, reading too far into that, though. No, because, no not really. Because really. it How? says the judicators are supposed to get along. The judicators are there for the yeah. the, the security of yeah. Elysium. Ultimately, yeah, you're going to be pro your house. But it even then says after that that you know what, it's better to solve the issue than get your house in trouble. So you've got yourself a big out right there. It's it's not like you're all trying to shoot each other in the back. You're just trying to elevate your house and hold the others down. Yes, there's a double agent. Which you could you could argue that that well that's it right there, but it doesn't have to be uh, to the point of Burke trying to put an alien inside of somebody. Oh, I mean it'd be an NPC. You'd never do that to a player character, but you know putting putting an alien inside somebody. You've got other methodologies you could do for that. So that can be fun, not for every type of person, every type of player out there, but that can be fun because it isn't just I don't like him. Boom. Yeah, that that isn't how the game plays out. No, no, it's worse. It's all behind your back, and and suddenly you you come home, you got eight dead prostitutes in your bed. You're like, God damn it, <laughs> this shit again. 
your 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 fingerprints somehow got to the inside of the bolt action of the rifle that killed them somehow i don't know you've never seen that gun before in your life but it's a pretty good frame job you know and you're and uh, i don't know I don't if like you it. can find a way to do that and make it happen okay i mean again See, you've I, got to find a way to do that it's not yeah. just because you have the idea doesn't idea does not equal come to fruition we all have lots of good ideas. I understand, but uh, it's uh, I, I I like it when there's when there's intrinsic party cohesion. Fair, yeah, and that that's why I didn't like season one of Stargate Universe. I didn't like it at all because unlike every other Stargate series out there, all of the main characters were on their own side <laughs> for the most part. See, I liked season one except for I just know in the real world. What the colonel did is exactly what would have happened, and I'm, surfi- su- I'm surprised it took you that long. Left him on that planet for death. Yep. Yeah, and it should, he should have done it again in season two. That's the only one. All the other nonsense. The master sergeant irked me too because sometimes he went a little bit out of his authority as just a master sergeant. <laughs> you know, but but i do get it. i mean if you if you don't like games with uh, with party conflict at all and i'm generally on on board with you on that one uh, yeah. but it's built around this but it's also built around paranoia now whether it's fun or not it's still built around paranoia you know i know you said i know you you said serious games but yeah uh, yeah paranoia is definitely not a serious game i mean any game that that gives you lots of clones just it's written in the book just so you can die in interesting and funny ways and still and still and still come back any game that says that is is not serious so yeah. well chat chat overall seems to be liking the game so good, That's good. all right let's all right. get your banner up and hey by the way folks in chat i'm going to do this before it uh goes to the video portion of it i don't like the text on here where it says background or in the next one where it says new OCCs and abilities and where it says adventure ideas. I'm not talking about the spacing or anything like that. I'm cause it's actually right. It's an optical illusion where it looks like it's wrong. I've spaced it out in Photoshop itself. I just don't think it's needed. Would you guys watching a video later on, even knowing that it's three separate videos, if I remove that text where it says adventure ideas, new OCCs and abilities and backgrounds and just had the same picture for everything, but the, uh, the title of the video said background, would that be enough for you just let me know in chat because i i don't like i don't like the words on here but some people keep telling me and you know when you look at best practices for thumbnails it's like you need the words because that's what people see so you let me know you let me but moving on now we've got heathen dog through popular demand heathen dog through memberships to legion of myth and through comments upon comments upon comments we finally get you to cover what is this spirit west that's Tell right spirit that. west people now this all started with me hating on new west max hates it too yep hate it up and they said like, well pff, you have you haven't even read africa yet so i read africa still not as bad I'm like well you haven't read spirit west okay now i have and you know what not as bad as Africa, and not a comparison to New West. I'll tell you why next. We believe that role-playing games should take place in fantastic worlds. The focus of the game should be on role-playing and having a good time. The core values of Hashtag RPGate and any good tabletop group are escapism, not representation, entertainment, 
over-activism and natural, organic inclusion, not forced diversity. The charity we support is the Wounded Warrior Project, a national, nonpartisan organization whose mission is to honor and empower wounded warriors. Please refer to the description below for the link to where you can make your hopefully tax-deductible donation. Join us Thursday and Saturday evenings on twitch.tv slash legionofmyth to watch Heathen Dog and his team of dirty casuals play multiplayer games for your mockery and enjoyment. Here on our YouTube channel, you can watch these game-related segments live every Sunday at 1 p.m. Central Time, or check out the Friday Night Chill stream where our panel of guests opine, comment, and editorialize on the TTRPG hobby as a whole. Please like this video and leave a comment to appease the algorithm gods. Share this video on your favorite social media platforms to help us peer out of the shadows cast over us. And if you have not done so already, please subscribe to Legion Myth for more tabletop RPG goodness. Okay, now, in Spirit West, obviously we're going to start at the background of it. This is different than pretty much every other world book out there because it shouldn't be a world book. What? I'm going to explain. Hang on. This was born from the writer's own words in the, in the foreword. This was born the idea of Spirit West, Native Americans, and their their ascendancy to you know, their old ways, match stuff like that, was supposed to be in the New West book, but it spun off. It got too big, so it was decided to make its own book. But to use it properly, you have to have the New West book. That's why comparison, which book is better, is hard because they're so intrinsically linked. Which, in the case of being linked to the book called new west it's like being linked to i don't know a lodestone or an anchor or something it's just bad so it it, it takes down this book unfairly but so i have a i have a question for you yeah and this is for the folks out there because you already know i asked you this question and you partially answered it so let me let me ask it so it's public the reason i don't like new west is mm -hmm. because I don't like the character of the West. I don't like Westerns. I don't like the caricature of the West. And I, if I see a Borg wearing a cowboy hat that's tilted to the side, going, you know, with this little be uh, not bebop, but his little, you know, uh, Western music behind him, go, I'm out. No, no, I uh, get it. I get it. Uh, New West was was uh, a caricature. Yes, very much so. Of, of of actual Western life when they had a chance to make it actual Western life. Now, New West. Not New West. Spirit West, sorry. Spirit West tries to take a more holistic approach. Now, I'm going to caveat this right away. It says so in the foreword as well. I'm going to say it here. There are too many American, uh, I'm, I'm American Indian, Native American Indian, whatever you, whatever you want to call it. All right. Hey, Al, who, Al said we can call them engines. Al says we can. He actually and, said that's the preferred term. Yeah, which, that is the preferred. That is preferred language for for a, a lot of Native Americans, and I get it, but I don't want to use it here without without your permission. <laughs> so I'm not going to do that. But uh, the, uh, the 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 New West uh, portrayals of Native Americans are as as holistic as possible, while still homogenizing the several several dozen different tribes and clans and factions and stuff each having their own specific way of doing things well this was basically cherry-picked to make it easier to you know make them all into a book 
right? Just to have yeah. one unified Native American force rather than dozens of, of, of different different clans and tribes and whatnot, all working from a different playbook. All right. So it's cherry picked and homogenized that you have to know going in. And now we can continue. Well, let's do that. Bickety bam. All right. Looking at the looking at the Spirit West. Spirit West. All right. We're gonna start with the background. That's a big buffalo. It it okay. <laughs> it's a big spiky one, buffalo. <laughs> one thing I hate about this is the is the Spirit West is the reason dinosaurs are back, which is stupid. Wait, I thought dinosaurs were in the southeast, like my area, like Alabama area. Yeah, but uh, apparently it's it's all it's all the engine's fault. Oh <laughs> okay. Okay, it starts off with Philip Dreamspeaker, a Native American storyteller. Now, here's the problem with this. This guy is super racist. Super racist. Believes in feelings more than facts. And you can tell by the way the whole thing is written. It starts off with a history of his people. A very rose-colored history <laughs> of, of, of someone trying to venerate his ancestors. So, I mean, the name gives it away, but just for, this is a Native American, right? Yes. Okay. Now, the whole thing of that, that, that little Philly is trying to tell us is that the white man did everything wrong. The white man is the reason for all, all our troubles. And it's possible that the white man caused the fall of magic. The white man caused the great cataclysm. The white man did all this. I can't prove it, but I know it's true. That's what Philly's saying. So we're going to skip over Philly. Because Philly's a douchebag. He's he's pretty he's pretty verbose though. I'll give him that. Yeah, plagues that ravish, blah blah blah, stuff like that. And we're gonna move on to this page seventeen to talk about the circle of life. Now, this is important for for the general idea of how a, a Native American. Uh, traditionalist, pure one, or, or tribesman will look at the way the world works. There are three levels of reality, according to Native American mythos, in this book. There is the low world, the middle world, and, and the sky world. We inhabit the middle world, the ground, on top of the ground. We live on top of the ground, like all, like, you know, many other things live on top of the ground. And there is a circle of life. We eat animals. Animal souls go to the spirit caves, the under the underworld. It's not bad, though. It's not like hell. It's just, you know, a, a way station to be reincarnated back. That's natural. An animal kills a human. A human also goes to the underworld whose soul is then repopulated as a human born again into the middle world. And very, very, very few get to be reincarnated into into the, the upper world, the sky world where where the spirits preside anything that interrupts this cycle is bad not much can i mean you're gonna die by something right and you know whatever but there are certain circumstances where where this limits your character no matter what alignment you decide to be as a native american you will not defy the circle of life you will not you will not pervert get that song out of my head Sorry, you, you, you will not pervert it. You will not try and stop it. You will not try and circumvent it. It's the way it is. Okay, now, cool thing is that uh, what, uh, what, what Philly says in his, in his uh, opening racist monologue is that uh, when 
the the white man was uh conquering his people moving east to west on on the north american continent certain certain uh denizens of the of the sky spirits or spirit like beings decided to protect some native american peoples by taking them out of the middle world bringing them up to the the uh sky sky plane and basically putting them in uh, magical cryo freeze and after the cataclysm happened and all that all that went down the spirit people brought back these pure native americans and they were able to teach the surviving native americans how to access powers magic and abilities stuff like that of their ancestors which now work very well in the new world since magic is so very common now this this teaching also taught you know the whole you know to perpetuate the racism because it's all the white man's fault according to according to mr mr philly right you know that's that's how it is you know we, we did a, even though even though in in the book it actually says he spoke to plato of of new laszlo who is thousands and thousands of years old and plato has said you know he's a dragon plato has said that no magic ebbs and flows waxes and wanes throughout time that's just that's how it works this was just a coincidence philip's like yeah no it's not what i believe screw your fact <laughs> it's not how i feel I feel oppressed. Therefore, I will create. Uh, you got that source from Fox News. It's not real. Exactly. Fake news. <laughs> fake fake news, ancient 5,000-year-old dragon, whatever. Fake news. So uh, that, that whole thing has, has, been, has been perpetuated, and that, and that sucks. But it leads into the structure of how Native Americans uh, view the world and view their place in the world. And that's going to be on right here, tribal structure. It, it's basically a band of Native Americans is a rather small group of four to 30 people. It can be a family group of direct relatives, a large hunting party, a group of warriors. But basically, this is like a task force or a, or a, a familiar group who is uh, a separate from their clan or tribe. They're, they're, most of the time, they are formed for a specific purpose, for hunting, for information gathering, for an, an attack on a neighboring village or whatever. You know, a hunting band, a war band, stuff like that. Then we have clans made up of a number of family bands. These are the ones that aren't that are are more permanent. A clan can be as small as a single large band of, of a large family, though these are rare, or as large as 100 bands in size. The average clan has one to 800 members. However, some clan units comprise half of an entire tribe and can number as many as 5,000. It depends on how how well off your clan is or how successful they are. Clans are most often led by a council of chiefs. Each band usually has a chief to represent them in clan council. It's it's like a I don't know a United States type thing where all of the all of the bands are separate states and together they form a clan, which is a a country basically. And each leader of of the clan has a say. Each leader of the bands has a say in, in what the clan does. Tribes are formed by clans. This is even a higher level, the third hierarchy here. The number of tribes in pre-Rifts America was in the hundreds, and members of all tribes were carried into the spirit realm by the Nunehi. Okay, this this has got more levels to it than Mutant Elysium does. It, 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 it's, it's got <laughs> levels. It's got levels. Now, now the the whole uh, Nunehi thing, I'm not going to get into until the end, but 
these these are the, are the spirit people that saved the ancient Indians from the white man and put them in magical cryostasis. All right, they they love the Native Americans and they didn't want their culture to die in case the horrible thing happened. So they they cherry pick some of some of the prominent people of the time to save for later. Tribes control territories and are the caretakers and occupiers of that land, but they do not own it. That's bullshit, but whatever. No one can own whatever. Each tribe can be thought of in a political sense as a country. They are groupings of like-minded people or those who share a common origin and who live and work together. They may or may not cooperate with their neighbors, but whatever, they live in the same place. Once a year, all of the clans try to come together in a tribal gathering. Then we have nations and societies. It, it gets weirder as it goes up. But as a game master, you don't have to deal with all this nonsense. Your player characters are going to be stuck in band and clan in the beginning. Because you have no influence over anything else because you're just a newbie. You have no influence about how the country runs. You're just a cop. Shut up. So you don't got to worry about this stuff. A uh, nation may have several tribes with a common heritage, political, social background on Rift's Earth. There are not that many of these powerful coalitions of tribes, but one of the most stable is the Iroquois Nation, which has re-emerged as a strong and coherent force in the Northeast and the uh, and the Sioux Coalition in the New West. Societies are subdivisions within the. Okay, we don't care about that now. This is not something you need to know. All right, this it, it's not. You have to worry about band and clan as a player character and that's it let the game master figure out the high level cia nonsense which is the which is the rest of this it's not a problem and then we'll look I'll do a little overview of the of the tribes and where they are we have we have uh the uh arctic tribes subarctic tribes Ooh, it says eskimo yes where <laughs> oh yeah inuit inuit slash eskimo then we have the Californian tribes, the Great Basin tribes, Northeast tribes, Northwest okay, well, tribes. How, how are there natives in Minnesota when it's covered by bugs? Well, I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I got nothing. My hometown is bug infested nastiness. I think Kevin did that on purpose, knowing, yeah. purpose, uh, knowing full well I don't like bugs. There you go. Then we have the, the Great Plains tribes. And this is the Northern Plateau tribes. Southeast tribes. Southwest tribes. And there we go. So that's nice. And then we move on to the important thing. Besides your band, besides your clan... This is the important distinction of the, the kind of character you created because this will influence everything that happens to your character moving forward, including whatever OCCs you take. Okay. You are either a modern Indian, a traditionalist, a pure one, or a renegade. Here is, here's so the, for, for lack of a better term, it's kind of like choosing a race, so to speak. Uh, I, I, just again, for lack of a better term. I'm, I'm going to say more, more religion. Okay, it's more so like religion, because all all of these people are all Native Americans. No, no, I get that. I was just saying, like you know, when you pick when you play a game, you pick your race first, and that race can determine what classes you can be and so forth. Yeah, yeah, but uh, in, instead of saying race, I want to uh, say religion because they're all the okay. same race, obviously. But uh, th this is how they view the world, and I that I equate that to more religion than than race. Okay, modern Native Americans are Native Americans by blood, but they don't deal with that 
spirit nonsense. You know, they're just like the white man when it comes to technology. That's that's the new magic, right? That's how it works. That's what they believe. They can be of any OCC not in this book. <laughs> they can't be a Native American OCC. Why would you pick someone like this and have this book? I don't understand. But if you pick a modern Native American or a modern Indian, you are not allowed to pick any of the Native American OCCs in this book. You're so not. then it literally just becomes skin tone then. Yes. <laughs> yes. Then you have traditionalists. These are Native Americans who are Native Americans by blood, but grew up embracing technology, heard the ways of the of of the of the sky prophet or whatever, and now changed over to be a traditional Native American practicing all the traditional things, eschewing technology almost almost uh extremely like uh I, I don't want to say no, no, I, I really, really should say, uh, um, who are the people who, who, who don't use technology at all? The farmers, Bloodites. sorry, Bloodites. no, that's the religion. Oh, you mean the religion, uh, Amish, Amish. Yes. Yes. You basically be become Amish for Indians, right? So you, you, uh, you, you don't use any, any technology beyond that, which was found in the 1800s in North America in the, in, of of the native american people not not of the evil white man right but uh and you you honor the spirits you use spirit magic and you can be any occ in this book because you're a convert then we have the pure ones the pure ones or ancients these are direct descendants of the people who were saved hundreds and hundreds of years ago by the spirit people and brought back to the world you are a direct descendant of one of these reemergent re people so you've never been modern. You've never been a traditionalist. You grew up in the ways of the spirit and the ways of your people. And so you not only have access to all the OCCs in this book that a human can have, but you also have a higher status. Okay. And then we have renegades. These are the people that they respect the spirits. They do all the traditions, but they also embrace technology. They're striding the line. They want the best of both worlds traditionalists and pure ones hate them because they're they're considered bastardizations of what a real Amer uh, american native should be but they they are the native american version of a technomancer really i mean they're they use both magic and technology to go about their life is it a special type of magic we're, we're going to get to that when we get to occs okay i was just curious if a special type or just pick spells out of the book no, it's just this is the only the only classification of American of American and uh, Native American you can be and use technology and magic. Okay. The other three are either or. And that's the background of this book. Now I want you to notice, unlike every other world book and many other source books, this does not go in depth into nations. It does not go in depth into leaders of those nations or or uh, prominent rebels or whatever. It's just explaining all of the people. All of the people in general. And that's going to come bite this book in the butt later <laughs> on at the end of this segment, at, at the end of this uh, live stream, because it's a giant weakness compared to all the other books. So you don't have 
a government that is that is in depth you you don't have a a, a a rebel faction that is that is explained in depth you don't have any of that you have all the general people explained in depth there is no one right now higher or lower than the other that's the way this book is set up now let's uh look at some of the chat nope no because i have I, ha- I have an announcement to make okay. i have an announcement to make first okay. announcement what you were doing there, if I saw like it seemed like I was a little distracted, it's because I was checking my email. Both Sean and Kevin have uh requested a date. Yep. Next week. Next week. All right. Good. <laughs> so, not the week after. Not that well, the week after can't because I'll be Gen Con. So and, uh and I'll be gone. Yeah, well, and and you'll be gone. Well, yeah, the 30th. <laughs> but yeah, no, yes, the 30th. Uh, so next week, July 30th. Obviously, I have to firm up with them, but they're the ones that both of them sent me an email requesting the date. So um, it looks like uh, uh, Kevin Samita and Sean Owen Robertson are going to be here to talk about Titan Robotics. Oh, that box doesn't have to wait too long to be open. And uh, we'll talk about, you know, what what went into this, what other things they've got going on, fun stuff they're going to do at Gen Con and so forth. We'll, we'll talk about those things. But what this means is I only have a week to get the news out there. So I need you guys to help me out with that. The best thing you can do to help me if you want to post on Twitter or MeWe or whatever you guys use, is come to our Discord, or you could even write a comment to this video and ask your questions to Kevin and Sean. We want to ask what you've got. I I have no more questions for them, personally. I don't. I just want to talk to them as one gamer nerd to another gamer nerd. If you have a question, uh, like I said, the best way to do it is come to our Discord. The second best way to do it is write a comment to this video. Uh, I will I'll look it up and uh, and yeah, we'll we'll see if they can answer your, the questions, comments, concerns that you've got. So we'll talk about Titan Robotics. We'll talk about what else? Yeah, I said Gen Con. I can't remember what else. Um, some future things that they that they're talking about. Obviously, as you can tell, if you've seen them on before, they don't give up their plans. No, <laughs> they don't tell us like because what happens is they'll be like, oh yeah, in six months we're releasing yada yada, and it doesn't get released in six months, and everybody gets angry. So, so that they they don't do that, but uh, you know we'll work them over a little bit. There you <laughs> so, go. So, so now right. let's look at comments. Now we'll look at comments. So Max, do you hate Silverhawks? The, the cartoon. cartoon? <laughs> <That's> okay. <laughs> uh, I don't remember Silver. I I know I watched it. Um. I don't really remember it. Well, th- they were all basically full conversion cyborgs that could fly. That were they cool. were they yeehawing and you know spitting a spittoon? One of them was. Well, one oh, of them well, had no. A, had then a, I wouldn't have liked him. Ten gallon hat or whatever. Yeah, he had that. That's dumb. That's dumb. Well, you know, j- just just like in GI Joe, they had to they had to show all the tropes. I, I get it. No, look, okay. So let me put it for Silverhawks. It's probably not dumb. I'm relating it to New West. Mm. I don't. I don't like it conceptually so whatever i mean it's a kid's show obviously you're gonna do the tropes and you're gonna you know embellish things i get that um according to kokushuko natives can't be racist i don't think he understands what the term definite what the definition of the term racism or he was making a joke and he trolled me either he's most likely trolling you it could be take that uh by the way i already gave the important news so i can there it is yeah i just want to remind myself in case you know i understand doesn't Shadowrun have an Amish Native American nation? No, they they have the Native American nation, the, the NAN, and a lot of them don't use technology at all because they don't have to. You know, magic works. The problem with the history from Little Philip 
is that uh, magic was on the out. Technology doesn't require magic. It's not the white man's fault. You were 200 years behind technology, dumbass. If you didn't want to lose your homes, you should have fought harder or smarter, whichever one. But you lost, and now and now you're, you're you're crying in your loser bowl. That's fine. Keep crying. No one cares. Okay, Mark Hockman asks, uh, "Is this uh, like Techno Wizards from Babylon Five? That, that would be neat, but uh, no, not at all. As a matter of fact, let's. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna cue it up here, okay. and we can read it for a second. There we go. All right. All right, renegades are the descendants of Native Americans who have, for some reason or another, embraced technology. Most believe they have the best two worlds. They still hold the beliefs in the way of their people to be sacred, observe many traditions, blah, blah, blah. Uh, to their thinking, renegades give the spirits and nature their due. They believe in the circle of life and try to honor it. Although most will not worship the spirits and gods, they don't raise their hands or voices against them, and they, they still do all of the normal prayers and rituals to keep them happy. In keeping with tradition, most renegades avoid invasive physical changes and modifications such as partial or full bionic cyborg, juice or a mom, whatever. However, they will consider getting cybernetic implants. Uh, renegades live like any other humans, gathering in small communities and farms, blah, blah, blah. Majority live in and around. No, it's it, it's nothing like that. Uh, they don't, they don't, they're not like true technomancers where they merge magic and technology together or they have technology that's so great it seems like magic, like in Babylon 5. It's more it's more like they exist with both spectrums at the same time. And it's it's the pragmatic way to live. I mean, it works, right? You have both magic and technology. If one doesn't work, you got the other one on hand. But the pure ones are going to poo-poo on you because you're you're using <laughs> technology. Stupid technology user. Exactly. Can't have the key, Jack. You can't have the key. <laughs> Um, do you want to answer this question now or do you want to hold them in suspense and wait? I want to know which one they think is worse, Africa, New West, or Spirit West. I'm going to answer <laughs> That's that. That's easy for me. I'm going to answer that in part three. And oh, part three. And this is only part, part one. This is only part one. So you got to wait a few days to, to get my full take on it. All right. And that will end our part one. Let's, let's, where's my little button there? Yeah, it's like subscribe and share. Leave Heathen Dog his comments. Remember, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, because this is going to go, this video is going to pop on Monday. If you have any questions, comments, and concerns for Kevin Simbita, the man, the myth, the legend behind Palladium Books, or Sean Owen Robertson, the up-and-coming man, myth, and legend behind Palladium Books, uh, go ahead and leave them in the comments, and we, if they're respectful, we will bring them up on, uh, on the stream. All right. Grizzly Beardo. Okay, okay. You you see Silverhawks and you raise Galaxy Rangers. I see your Galaxy Rangers and I raise you Bionic Six. Which guys are talking which about? Which is basic. <laughs> oh, you, you should look it up. It's it, Galaxy Rangers and Bionic Six, I think, were written by the same guy because they are so similar. So similar. All right, give me one sec. Um, we're in the Discord. Oh, which channel? Any of the suggestion channels. If it says suggest, well, okay. RPG Digest suggestion, or if you're in the members only, you can do a members only suggestion. So, and as long as you put Kevin's name in there or Sean's name in there, that's how I'm going to do the search. So, if you uh, just put it somewhere in your post, Kevin or Sean's name. And uh, yeah, so even if it gets buried, I will find it because you put their names in there. 
super callback bionic six it, it, i think it only had one or two seasons and i had season one on uh, vhs i recorded it off of tv my dad was pissed because i i used his tape he uses to uh tape he, he used to tape uh boxing matches hold on a second i i'm, I'm... Violence is this is this the one you're talking about? It's the only one I have, but is this the first? I, I know it's first edition, but I don't know if it's like the first printing because I see it with a different color often. Is this the one that you're talking about? It's actually one of my favorite. I love I love that creature, the musculature. Okay, um, yeah, that's a good question, but I'm not going to remember that you put it there. So if you can uh, if you can put that on the Discord, that would be great because uh, I would love to see this book in print again. It's one of my favorite uh, monster manuals that I have. You can't tell because I'm very careful with this book usually. I don't want the Palladium Peel. And you can see, if you look really closely, it is starting. I'm like, no, no. <laughs> All you got to do is open it up with your finger. Just flip through it one time. You've started the peel. But it'll just take decades. It depends on how long, how many times you do that. But do it one time, it's going to happen. Fair. <laughs> All right, with the Spirit West, he talked about uh, the quick background of that. But guess what? There are new OCCs and things that you can do by being a character from here. We got some magic. We got some technology. I don't know. What else do we have here? We got oh stuff. Oh, my God. The, the OCCs, unlike, say, New West or Africa, these are actually really cool and useful. I love them. I'm going to give you some of them. I'm not going to go over. I'm going to look at all of them, but I'm going to highlight the ones that are neat and we're going to have a good time. Stick around. We believe that role-playing games should take place in fantastic worlds. The focus of the game should be on role-playing and having a good time. The core values of hashtag RPGate and any good tabletop group are escapism, not representation, entertainment over activism, and natural, organic inclusion, not forced diversity. The charity we support is the Wounded Warrior Project, a national nonpartisan organization whose mission is to honor and empower wounded warriors. Please refer to the description below for the link to where you can make your hopefully tax-deductible donation. Join us Thursday and Saturday evenings on twitch.tv slash legionofmyth to watch Heathen Dog and his team of dirty casuals play multiplayer games for your mockery and enjoyment. Here on our YouTube channel, you can watch these game-related segments live every Sunday at 1 p.m. Central Time, or check out the Friday Night Chill Stream, where our panel of guests opine, comment, and editorialize on the TTRPG hobby as a whole. Please like this video and leave a comment to appease the algorithm gods. Share this video on your favorite social media platforms to help us peer out of the shadows cast over us. And if you have not done so already, please subscribe to Legion Myth for more tabletop RPG goodness. You guys didn't see this, but I ran away. I got a major cramp in my leg. Oh my God, it's killing me. All so right. if you see me like falling apart and tearing up here, that's why. Got it. Now, I know some of you are a little upset at the at the introduction. What do you mean New West is crappy OCCs? No, no, it does. It does. Half of the OCCs are joke caricatures of actual western life and almost every occ in africa just doesn't work outside of africa these are different 
these work well. And it was like, oh, they're not as well. The African OCCs, you could make a good argument saying they're nowhere near as powerful as any of the other OCCs in any other world books. And I'd have, for the most part, I have to agree with you. And the ones in New West, you know, like, well, I can take the skill, drive cattle. That's going to help me nowhere except here, stuff like that. No, these OCCs are useful. I hate the cowboy category. I know. I know. Don't worry. Now, you know, you ever play Cowboys and Indians? Well, I mean, it, it makes sense here, but I'm saying in the in the core riffs book, the Cowboys. Oh, no, I get it. I get it. I get it. But when we were kids, Gen X, we, we played Cowboys and Indians at one point or another. Yep. And you probably always wanted to be the Cowboy, right? It's okay. It's okay. Everyone wants to be the Cowboy. Not anymore. <laughs> Not if you read this book. You'd want to be the Indian because you'd win. All day, you're just winning. It's it's like it's like tiger blood, only it's like wolf <laughs> blood or whatever. So let's let's move on to the OCCs. The list. Give you a little list here. These are the OCCs we're looking at: warrior, shaman, and general. Now I'm gonna general? go over a couple warrior, and I'm gonna go over general shaman. But as you can see, there are seven different types of shaman. They are all niche, but they are all surprisingly useful generally in a group it's amazing i don't know how it was done and then you have the general occs which bandit professional thief bounty hunter healer these are for the for the rogue and the and the modern indian who aren't allowed to take any of the cool shaman or warrior occs because they're they're not steeped in they're not steeped enough in tradition and, and lore and stuff like that the first one we have, we're going to look at, we have to, is the shaman. And I'm, going to, I'm not going to go over each individual plant, animal, mask, healing, paradox shaman. I'm going to go over the general shaman. Every shaman is like this in a general sense. So let's move on to that. Look at that. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. All he needs to be is at the side of the road with a tear going down his eye, and it's harkening back to my childhood. How, what year is this book? Uh, and I'm curious because the, that art... Looks like it could be in a book from like the 1970s. Like the, I get just the way the copy style of it is. 1997. That's weird. Huh. Had a very old 70s style uh, with the, the stippling dots. But anyway. I get it. All right. So what does a shaman do? All right. A shaman are given gifts of magic, knowledge, and insight, and power by the spirits and or gods of the Native American people. They are the conduit, the, the voice and message of God to the rest of the Native American people. They do this by passing on, obviously, messages, being the voice and stuff like that, but they also pass on gifts. Every shaman has the ability to create fetishes or medicine bags. Now, unlike a lot of the uh, African OCCs where it's just, you know, give you bonuses to save versus disease or plague or whatever. No, these are all very, very both in and out of combat appropriate. And each shaman at every level can make something like four minor fetishes and two major fetishes with the caveat that you can only keep half of them for yourself. The other, the other half must be given out to the warriors of the Native American people or to those who have defended the Native American people with their life and can be trusted. These are low-level uh, superhero pow powers from uh, Heroes Unlimited, basically, that 
almost none of them cost PPE. You just wear it around your neck or on your weapon or around your arm or whatever, and they just work. And they can give you supernatural strength. They can give you magic MDC. They, they can make you faster, make you stronger, make you uh, make you more resilient, make you jump higher, stealth longer, whatever. Okay. Are they game-breaking? No. Are they really good to have? Yeah. Only shamans can make them. And shamans are the, are the arbiters, the, the, the gatekeepers of this particular power from the spirits. So pissing off your shaman, not a great idea. Not an awesome plan. Can he give you the evil eye? Shaman, depending on which flavor of shaman you are, you have access to different kinds of spells. You can give blessings. All shamans can give these blessings are taught to speak a secret tongue that only shamans know. So you can talk with each other about things, about important things, spirit things, without anyone else knowing what you're talking about. All shamans' personal equipment is touched by the spirits and will function only for him. After he dies, or if the items are stolen from him, they will cease to function and or break. The only way to prevent this is for the shaman to willingly give them or designate their being given to someone before he dies. And then they only work for that specific individual. Now, it says a shaman's personal equipment. That's that's everything. That's everything. His gun, if he has, he doesn't have one, but his bow and arrow, his spear, his his, you know, his his hatchet, whatever, his books. They're all blessed by the spirits to where stealing from a shaman is ridiculous and stupid. It doesn't get you anything. It gets you nothing. That's basically what's happening here. Shamans are closer to God than you are. Stealing from them is an affront to the gods, and you will not gain any benefit from it. The bonuses and skills from their totem animal, I'm going to get into totem animals later. All, all shaman pick one totem animal, and, and you get bonuses from that totem animal for the rest of your life. Don't worry, I'm going to explain. Oh, wow. Spell knowledge similar to a mystic. Now, the reason it says mystic is because unlike a leyline walker, you don't learn spells. Spells are given to you by the spirits. These abilities are bestowed upon you. The spirits like you, so they give you, they grant you their largesse of magical ability. Not knowledge, magical ability. And then you're the only one who can make fetishes, minor, major, and possibly even legendary. Okay, for the love of God, we all know what it means. We all get it. But can you please, because chat is going nutty about this. Explain what a fetish is because it's not Pornhub. Stop it, people. All right. All shamans can make fetish objects, but only the spirits can empower them. Consequently, if a shaman has fallen from favor and, you know, goes against the gods of the spirits, then he loses the ability to create these fetishes. These fetishes can range anywhere from uh, an, an etched, beautiful turquoise stone to a medicine bag worn around the neck uh, to basically anything, you know, a uh, uh, a stick figure, whatever. It's just imbued with magic by the shaman. Well, by the gods through the shaman. And now it has the ability when gifted to someone to give them a minor magical effect. And these minor ones are, uh, let's say small symbolic spiritual objects made from specific materials. This fetish can be worn like a talisman or piece of jewelry, and it will give you a uh, common magical item effects. You know, like uh, it'll give you a bonus to save versus disease. It'll give you a bonus to initiative. Uh, uh, these are going to be small, plus one, plus two maximum, right? 
They're minor fetishes, but they're on almost all the time. If you do have to activate them, they last for hours. They normally don't cost any ISP, PPE, nothing. So you can oh, wow. give them to anyone and give anyone this, this minor bonus. So you don't even have to times. imbue them with ISP or PPE? No, none. Oh, None. interesting. Okay. The gods do it for you. The, like a, you. the shaman is a conduit to the spirits. Okay. The spirits are empowering this. You don't got to do anything. And then you have major and great fetishes. These ones uh, are the same, but give you a greater bonus. If you're saving versus horror factor, instead of a one or a two, you have a three, four, or five. If you're if you have a bonus to strike, instead of a one or a two, it's a three, four, or five. You know, stuff like that. It's it's their minor fetish on steroids. Then you have your legendary fetishes. These are the equivalent of major superpowers in Heroes Unlimited. These are broken, and they don't happen every day. A legendary fetish is, is something you'll see maybe once in your life. Hmm. These things are powerful, but they must be gifted to a person, and if they're stolen, a lot of times they just stop working or self-destruct. So be careful with these legendary fetishes. They're very powerful, but if you if you don't keep track of them, it could just be gone. I now, lost my I lost my legendary fetish. Can somebody help me find it, please? Oh, then never mind. I saw it exploded over there. Yep, yep. Oh no, it's done. Now I wanted to get into shaman and the fetishes first because my my next OCC gets fetishes, both minor and major, starting off level one, right off the bat, and that is. Spirit warrior. Spirit warrior. This is this is like, oh, you think, oh, he's just uh he just no, no, he's not just anything, you pleb. No. The spirit warrior is no joke. He fights ghosts? No, he, he fights he fights with spirits imbuing him with power at all times. Oh. He spends almost no PPE and has magical effects just dripping out of his freaking eyeballs. This guy is a force to be reckoned with. How, how is this more powerful than the weirdos in Africa? Africa didn't have anything like this. No, they're, 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 this this is something an African OCC could dream Africa of. is just as natural as Native Americans. How did True. all the power come over here to Native... You know, America's the best. I don't America. know. America. America. F yeah. <laughs> Spirit Warriors are the newest of the Native American OCCs and have only appeared since the return of the ancients about 200 years ago. So this was old, old, old school. I'm talking like 1,000 years ago Native American power. But magic... Uh, declined to the point where it wasn't useful anymore, so it was forgotten. And only the the pure ones, the ancient ones who came back from their from their protection from the spirit people, have it and have knowledge of it. And since now it works again, yay team, we can use it. They are the great spirits version of the Native American monster hunter and the ultimate defender of the pure ones. Spirit warriors are second only to totem warriors in respect to raw power and are frequently the war chiefs or battle leaders of their clans or even their tribes. We are going to look They're, at a totem warrior then too, right? Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. Their incredible powers are said to make them undefeatable in regular combat. You know what? After this, you're going to be you're like, oh, I get it. I get that. Yeah. What's regular combat? Like one on one fighting, uh, house money's on on the on the spirit warrior. Okay. Spirit warrior powers, three realms of power. Below are listed six categories or realms of power. The spirit warrior character receives all the abilities listed under each realm that is chosen. You may choose three. You're gonna go. Oh my god, 
one would do. Yes, one would do, but they get three realms. They choose three out of six realms. The first realm is Earth, and what does it do? It turns you into a supernatural creature. Your physical strength and and your uh, your physical endurance are considered supernatural, which means you are a supernatural being with MDC, no SDC, no hit points. Right off the bat, you're like, I'm in, right? That sounds like a good deal. I'm signing up. Oh, How to be better. without being a Borg. Without being a Borg. Yeah, you're still fully, fully human. The, you're still fully flesh, but uh, your flesh is better than everybody else's flesh. And then you have powers of the air. You can fly. No PPE cost. You can just fly. <laughs> I can fly. Danger sense. Functioning exactly like fly. the psionic ability six sense. But the power, uh, the, it costs six PPE instead of two or three. And it's automatically triggered as well. Uh, sense impurity, smoke, fire, chemicals in the air, blah, blah. Powers of fire. Breathe fire. I want to be a dragon too. Okay. <laughs> thermal vision all right fire sense pyrokinesis water okay healing touch i want to be a paladin okay you could be a native american paladin good job see invisible four ppe nothing sense things in about water sense impurities in water perfect sense of direction or depth of underwater and you can breathe underwater how much does that cost nothing nothing you just can impervious to pressure of ocean depths. Okay. And you can find water in the desert. Great. Powers of the animal realm. You get claws, but wait, how much of those, how much PPE does a claw? Nothing. You so how do you, in. how do you pick which one of these powers of the, you, you pick have three realms. Oh, it's three, it's three, three. Okay, all yeah. the powers that's of right. each of those three realms. Like I said, one would do. Yeah. So there's no separation. I can use air, water, and animal whenever I want, however I yep. want. Okay. Yep. Because the spirits don't care about that about your personal dichotomy. All things fit in the same in the same thing. You get night vision. You get a heightened sense of hearing, heightened sense of smell. That gives you bonuses to hit, bonuses for initiative, bonuses to bonuses to uh, uh, see people sneaking, all that kind of stuff. And you get hunter, plus three initiative, plus one attack per plus one attack. Not two attack. No, a whole extra action per round. Plants, toxic touch, extend your life, gains extra lifespan uh, like trees, making him long-lived. Once the character matures, approximately age 30, he stops aging and his life is extended to an average of 1,000 years. He's an elf. <laughs> Actually, elves in Playdom only lived to 500. Well, he's a native elf. There you go. You are solar powered. You don't need to eat or drink. You got chlorophyll, bitch. You're good to go. And you have supernatural physical endurance if you didn't have it by selecting Earth because why didn't you select Earth, stupid? It was the first one, and it was the best. <laughs> Super Never regeneration. swing at the first pitch. Yeah, super regeneration. Personal fetishes. Spirit warriors can also use fetishes created by shaman, greater spirit, or god, which are given to the most deserving as a gift or reward. You start with one minor and one major fetish. You get an extra minor fetish at levels five and 10. Now you have to have a shaman friend, but you're probably going to have one of those in the party. So you're good. And you have your fetishes. Legendary fetish. You get one. 
Now, no one else in this game starts off with a legendary fetish, but you do. Not even the fetish shaman? Nope. Not legendary. Spirit <laughs> Warrior starts with one legendary spirit weapon, typically a bow, but any weapon can be selected. Note, characters who are not devoted traditionalists or pure ones do not receive any of these fetishes. Again, they're 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 super super they're shunned. Yeah, you know, your your renegades and your moderns are shunned. They don't even get to pick these OCCs. I don't know why that's necessary. But yes, you get a massive amount of power at level one. You're a supernatural creature. You can fly. You can turn invisible. You can see invisible. You can breathe underwater. Depth doesn't matter to you. You can uh, you have you can have all of these abilities at the same time. How do you fight that? You don't, man. You give up or run. That's what you do. But now we have to talk about totems. Because Is it? Are we? Are we still staying with Spirit Warrior? We're, we're we're moving on from Spirit Warrior. Okay, hold on. Before we do that, we got a super chat, and I want to make sure we do it while Spirit we're in. Spirit Warrior's like show enough from the last dragon. <laughs> Actually, no. I think I I think he's Leroy because he, uh, show enough could just make his fists into supernatural weapons, but the Spirit Warrior can his entire body's a supernatural weapon. So I don't know, man. I I, I think he's the real deal. And th th those of you who haven't seen Barry Gordy's The Last Dragon. You should check it out. It's fun. And thank you for the $2. Thank you very much. All right. We're going to move on to totems because to talk about the totem warrior, we have to talk about what totems are. Now, here's the thing about totems. Everyone who is a Native American race and is any anything other than a, than a modern Indian will have a spirit totem. And these spirit totems give bonuses from the day you're born to the day you die. And you as a player character, when you're creating your character, you choose which totem is yours. Let's give some examples. Alligator totem. You choose an alligator totem. Now, that means you must role play your character in a certain manner because your totem animal reflects your personality. So the alligator is large, powerful, and patient reptile hunter who dwells in swamps. Alligator is usually calm and quiet until something tangible stirs him, like food, anger, a mate, or survival. Alligator likes to hide and wait for the opportunity to come to him, but this means he is also very patient, confident, likes to wait in ambush and strike suddenly, often with the element of surprise. The alligator totem can also include crocodiles, Komodo dragons, and other large reptiles or lizards. So this is the personality of the character you're playing. So be careful on how you pick the totem. If you pick it just for its bonuses, well, then you're going to have to role play something you may not like. Remember that. But he, here's the bonuses. You get the skill swimming at plus 10% if you don't have the skill swimming. If you do have the skill, you get it at plus 10%. You get the skills detect ambush, camouflage, and wrestling all for free. All for free. But if you already have it, you get plus 10% at each of these skills. And you get physical bonuses, plus 20 SDC, plus 1 to PE, plus 1 to ME, and plus 5% versus coma and death forever. Unless, unless you forsake or severely insult your totem animal. Then the, the spirit animal can yank the powers from you. But that's it. You got to really mess up. You basically got to want it. That's it. 
Now, powers, that's only for the Totem Warrior. That's not for everybody. I'm talking about everybody gets skills bonus and skills and these bonuses. Everyone who picks a totem gets this. What about the badger? You get athletics and detect concealment at 5% for free. You get plus one to PE, speed, dodge, roll with punch, impact, pull punch. Bat. Land navigation, detect ambush, and intelligence. Intelligence. You get plus four to speed, plus two to initiative, plus one to dodge, and are rarely surprised. Enemies prowls against you are at minus 20%. If they're trying to prowl against you, their skill level is minus 20%. It goes on. Blue Jay. Blue Jay. Blue Jay. It goes on. Some of them are really cool. Some of them are just neat, but none of them are bad. Here, this one, you get a bull, you get bodybuilding. Come on. You get bodybuilding. Uh, Where's the bear? Bear. You get swimming, carpentry. No, I can't be right. There it is. You get bodybuilding, climb, and wrestling. Oh, my God. It's a, it's a warrior OCC's dream right there. You get plus 15 to SDC, plus 1 to endurance, plus 1d4 to strength, and plus 2 to save versus horror factor. That's crazy for a Warrior OCC. Now, speaking of the Warrior OCC, let's look at the Totem Warrior. Let's take a gander at this fool. There he is. He channels the full power of his spirit animal into the world with some pretty interesting results. Here are his powers. Supernatural abilities. The Totem Warrior's physical strength and physical endurance, even in human form, both become supernatural at the moment he becomes a level one OCC totem warrior. That means you become a full supernatural being. You take your hit points, your SDC, add them together. That's your MDC. And you regenerate 5D6 per day. Is that weak regeneration? Yes. What's a normal regeneration for a human? 1D4. So much better. Heightened senses. You become greatly attuned to the world around you, getting the following bonuses. Plus two to initiative. Plus one to strike. Plus one to disarm. Plus one to dodge. Plus one to roll with impact, as well as having perfect vision and keen senses of smell, taste, and hearing. It says keen and perfect vision because it doesn't give you any bonuses. Otherwise, it would be like the the Heroes Unlimited power of you know exceptional sense of smell, taste, hearing, and sight. So this is how you play an after the bomb character, but in rips. There you go. And your animal totem. You choose an animal totem. Not only do you get the skills and the bonuses, but you also get the powers. And don't worry, we're we're going to look back, back at the totems and read some of the powers too, because they get a little bit batty. Assuming the animal totem form, here's a cool one. You have two forms that you can turn into as an animal. If you are a totem warrior, you can turn in to an average representation of your spirit animal. Let's say your spirit animal is a bat. You can turn into a regular bat. It's great for, it's great for reconnaissance. It's great for stealth. It's great for spying. It's good great stuff. For being right? a vampire. Great for being a vampire, whatever. Or you can turn into a giant version of your totem. Even a mouse. A mouse is considered in giant form 10 times bigger 
So you're looking at a mouse the size of, say, New York City. Uh, well, I'm sorry, what? New York City rat. <laughs> no, well, yeah, fair enough. No, but I, I, th I think in the book it says a mouse, a, a giant form mouse is equivalent to a, a puma, a size of a puma. So not huge, but it's a freaking mouse. Okay, it's if huge. I'm going to see a mouse at that big, huge is a word I'm willing to use. Yeah, I'm willing to use that word too, yeah. But <laughs> if you do a bear, it's not 10 times, it's two or three times. All right, so the smaller, the bigger the multiplier. Yeah. To assume either of the animal forms requires an expenditure of 10 PPE. You don't get a lot of PPE as a spirit warrior or a totem warrior, but you get enough to fuel your abilities. Psionic abilities. Only in animal form do you get these psionic abilities. Sense psychic and magic energy and sense supernatural beings the same as a dog boy. These oh, wow. operate all the time, do not require ISP. But while you're in any animal form, either regular or large, you have these psionic abilities. In addition, you can select one psionic sensitive ability at first level and another one at 3, 6, 9, 12, and 15. Only astral projection and clairvoyance cannot be selected. These psi-sensitive powers are available in all physical manifestations but cost the standard amount of ISP. And you get ISP uh, 1d4 times 10 plus PE plus 10 per level. So, I get the astral projection, but why not clairvoyance? Because uh, it's it's a it's a mental block. Uh, because in in the depiction of the Native American culture in this book, uh, seeing something that's far away or knowing something you're not supposed to know is the realm of the spirits and gods. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. So that that's the way that is. So you get psychic abilities as well at levels one, three, six, nine, twelve, and fifteen that you can use in any form. But the sense of the sense ones can only be done in animal form. And you have limited magic. The kinship with the greater animal totem spirits imparts some magical abilities over normal animals. They include the equivalent of casting the following spells. Fear, repel animals, and summon and control animals of the same totem species as you. So if you're a, a bear totem warrior, you can summon bears. Okay. If you're a mouse totem, guess what? Well, you can summon mice. I hope, hope you have a ball to go to Cinderella because I don't see how well that's going to go up. And fetishes. You get one minor and one major fetish starting off. And you get more minor fetishes through level advancement than the Spirit Warrior does, but you don't get a legendary fetish like the Spirit Warrior does. Stop with the jokes. All right. Now let's let's look at those, let's look at those totem powers again to see what's really going on. So let, let's go back to bear because bear bear seems okay well, i like bear. Uh, can, can you check to see if there's a raccoon for my hawkman there probably is but let's look at bear now on top of swimming detect ambush camouflage and nope that's alligator b-e-a-r dummy there we go on top of bodybuilding climb wrestling increase SD sdc uh, PE 1D4 to physical uh, physical strength plus two. You get also in your giant animal form. Now remember, when you are in giant animal form, you are considered a supernatural creature. Your strength and your and your endurance turn into supernatural attributes. Your hit points and your SDC added together, and you become an MDC creature. You get an extra plus eight to strength, an extra plus two to PE, an extra plus thirty to physical MDC. Remember, in 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 your form, you get you become an MDC creature. Uh, and you get 3d6 mega damage versus uh, claw bites, uh, 
uh, claw attacks and and 46 bite attack. Heightened hearing and smell provide an additional plus one to initiative. You can track by smell at least 50% per level and identify, recognize known sense. And your bear horror factor in giant form is 14. Now, a normal bear when standing up would scare the bejesus out of most people. All right. The bejesus. And that's and up th- to now you're feet. a dire bear. Yeah, yeah. You're 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 a dire wolf version of a bear. You're like 15 feet tall. When you stand up, everyone else lays down. All right. That's just how it works. So I get that horror factor. But it does that for all of them. If you are a totem warrior, you get massive bonuses, massive bonuses while in your giant animal totem form. It is crazy. So these two guys, I don't one on one fight between the spirit warrior and the totem warrior. Man, it's kind of a toss up. It's kind of a toss up. Sure, the spirit warrior is most likely also a supernatural creature, but in your in your animal form, your buffs are so OP that man, I don't know. Because so when when comparing the two, let's just ask and answer one question: Are they both viable? Yes. Okay. Now I'm dolphin. For... Really, dolphin? There's a dolphin. Yes, raccoon. There it is. You get uh, skills, intelligence, and card sharp, and you get a plus two ma- plus two bonus to IQ, ME, and MA right off the bat. Level one forever. In a raccoon form, if you were a totem warrior, you would get plus another another plus four to MA, plus three save resolutions, plus one initiative, climb at eighty percent, digging at sixty, swim sixty five, night vision six hundred feet, and supernatural physical strength. Your, your paws are articulated so you can still perform skills while in animal form, unlike in bear form or crocodile form, whatever. They don't have thumbs. So you're just boned. You just you, you can't use any any of your physical, any of your technical skills or any weapons. But with a raccoon, you can. So, yeah, I mean, these are really powerful OCCs. And the shaman. His his powers and abilities even though there's seven flavors of shaman, each one is viable in a group. And the totem warrior and spirit warrior rely on the shaman as their conduit to the spirits and as fresh fetish, you know, mongers, basically. That's a good question. Other than role-playing, which you can't enforce necessarily. I mean, you can as a game master, but, uh, you know, talk in our circles, you know, people don't even like the idea of role-playing sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, how do you enforce? I mean, there's got to be something. It's got to be some sort of restriction or standards or something that the uh, game master always has the ability to yank the spirits from you. If you do not follow the circle of life, if you if you do something against your totem enough times, your totem will yank itself from you. If you are a totem warrior and your totem forsakes you, you're just a dude. You're just a guy taking a walk, and that's it. Without the power of your totem backing you, you're dead. But again, that so, that's a that's a role play thing and puts uh, some. Let's just say you and I are for it. I know that. Yeah, but no, again, no, no, no. It, it it helps your player walk the line. Yeah, it's a built-in I, don't, I don't worry about that stuff. I don't want to get into that. <laughs> it's it's a built-in mechanic to make sure your Native American character is played as a Native American character. Because if they don't, that means they're forsaking the spirits and the spirits forsake them. 
I got you. I mean, I'm with you on that, and I think that'd be the right way to do it. I just, you yep. know, you know how people get. Are I there? Get, um, what about uh, I, I, if if you've got a quick way of doing this? Um, there was one that was uh, technological. Which one was that? And I forget the name of it. Not the shaman, but uh, one of the classes. Uh, I thought you said it was magic and technology. Oh no, kind no, of, no, no, like no, 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 no. There, there, there is no, there is no uh, technomancer type thing. It's more of a belief system. You can use magic oh, and you okay. can use technology. It's not a merging of the two like like technomancy. It's just <laughs> using both. You know, you the the right tool for the right job, right? Okay. Whereas the the modern Indian would only use technology because it's the only tool they have and the traditionalist or pure ones or ancients will only use magic because it's the okay, only Okay, so tool there they isn't have. a spirit west technomancy. No, 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 nothing like, All right. that. nothing like that. All right. All right, what do we got for chat? All right. Uh Grizzly Beard wants a you palladium, love a palladium peel. peel teal shirt. Yeah, you got to got to get on that. Yeah, how do how would I how would I make that? I'll have to think about that. That is that is worth making. Kevin and Sean are sneaking and watching right now. Don't you dare take that from me. Nope. <laughs> uh hope we already covered the super chat. So um yes, thank you, Max. Uh Spirit West is how Africa should have been done. I agree. I agree. The the Africa the African OCCs were very underwhelming. Very underwhelming. These ones are definitely not. Always holding the black man down. <laughs> this really feels like Heroes Unlimited conversion to Rift's character. I think I like it. It is a little bit. It's it's not it's not in a way that breaks riffs because really if, if you bring in a heroes unlimited character into riffs, a lot of times they're just going to be flat out broke. They're just going to be broken. They don't need PPE. They don't need ISP. They don't need that. Their powers just work, work reliably, work all the time. This gives you some of that, but the more powerful versions still require PPE or ISP to use now at a significant discount. But since you don't have the giant spellcaster battery of PPE, it's still you have to choose how many times a day you want to do some of this stuff. Uh, it's a lot of power, but I bet you have all kinds of responsibilities towards one's nation, tribe, oh, yes. totem, et cetera. Oh, yes. As a spirit warrior and a totem warrior, it is your job to frontline battle any forces against your clan, tribe, nation, whatever. Oh, you, you didn't called... like that Mutant Year Zero, but now that it's in rifts, it's okay. Oh, I see. <laughs> you will be called to defend your people, and you cannot say no. Because they're your people. Why Why wouldn't you defend them? I mean, that's just dumb. If you do say no, then, you know, the Game Master will be like, whoa, whoa, you, are you sure? The spirits may not like that. And you don't want your, you don't want your Game Master to say your, the spirits are not friends with you anymore. You don't need that kind of train, you know, that kind of awfulness in your life. You don't need it. All right. We already hit Mar Hawkman. So I think it was Spirit. Oh, oh, took that. Yeah. There are a lot of comments about this being similar to Shadowrun. I, I said it earlier in the day today. It's very much reminiscent of Shadowrun because the, because the, the Native American nation as a whole in riffs has magical power comparable to the, the white man's magic. It's just as strong, just as viable, works in just as many places. Whereas in Africa, it only really worked in Africa. So what was the point? You know, you, you can't take an, a, a medicine man out of Africa and expect him to be viable anywhere else. Oh, yes, you can't. No, you can't. Shut up. But a shaman, a spirit warrior, or a totem warrior will work anywhere. The way it sounds, you don't need much ISP or PP. Everything just works for the most part. For, for all of the mid, mid and low level powers, they just work. 
But for the high level powers like animal transformation and some of the other powers, it does take ISP or PPE to initiate, but it lasts for minutes or hours. So you don't need to do it a lot, but you know, you still have to be wary at the end of the day. Like how much PPE do I have left? You know, how much ISP do I have left? Can, can I afford to do this now? There's still some choices to be made at the end of the day, but for the most part, you, you, you are almost game breaking. Yeah. If I was there, a Jaguar people OCC in the Yucatan in the vampire world. Yes. Yes, there was. Sounds very familiar to that. The, the, the Jaguar people are lycanthropes. So, you know, they're people turned into Jaguars, obviously Jaguars turn into people, you know, but, uh, no, it, it, I guess it's similar in flavor or, or feel, but not, not anywhere near in mechanics. That's the last one that I had. A couple of quick ones that just popped up, but like, uh, <clears throat> Fear Warrior, Totem Warrior, Undead Slayer, and a Maxi Man. I don't know what that is. Who uh, wins? Get into okay. a bar fight. Who wins? All right. Uh, an Undead Slayer is a, uh, a, a MDC Atlantean uh, anti vampire zealot. And a Maxi Man, if I remember correctly, is a is a uh cybernetic and magical infusion kind of like a, a technomancer borg tattoo man okay a technomancer borg basically uh so, so he says, oh tattoo man with all the tattoos oh okay okay sorry sorry okay i'm thinking of something else i'm sorry Th thank you very much grizzly yes uh, a tattoo man with all the tattoos every tattoo above a certain number i think it's six uh makes you a mega damage creature with more and more mega damage depending on how many tattoos you get um, I'm gonna go with uh, yeah, one on uh, four on four on four. Uh, I think that the spirit warrior is going to have the lasting power for the fight, but the but the maxi man may have too many hacks. I don't know. So I'm going to have to go probably either Spirit Warrior or Maximin. All right. So um, just to reiterate, look at this. would be video number two I mentioned this in. Apparently next week, I said apparently, uh, uh, Kevin Simbita, the guy behind Riffs and played in Fantasy. And I'd say after the bomb, but that was Eric. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh what other games did he do splicers too or is that somebody else i don't know but all, don't all know. your all your palladium goodness him and sean Owen robertson are planning on being here on rpg digest that's sunday at 1 p.m central standard time to talk to us about titan robotics and gen con the upcoming gen con and whatever else you guys ask so if you have any questions comments and concerns for heathen dog about this video or questions comments concerns about kevin Sim to kevin Simbita and sean regarding palladium books as long as it's respectful. Uh, and Jay, challenging questions are okay. Just be respectful. Don't be like, hey, Kevin, why are you such a dick? We're not going to ask that. <laughs> okay. Uh, but uh, put those in the chat or in the comments, and uh, we'll see if we can ask those. If you watch the video in time, because this will be Wednesday when this pops. Uh, you know, it's going to be here on Sunday. And it's after July 30th. It's already too late. Don't post anything. So there you go. <laughs> so put up the subscribe and share and such. Didn't I already do that? I thought I did nope. that. There you go. Subscribe, like, share. All right. Now, you're, uh, but before we move on, I'm going to tell everyone, the, the adventure part, 
It was more of a troll for you guys. There are no adventures in here. There aren't any. This this is going to be a troll video for YouTube. I'm kidding. No, there, I, I got some ideas, but uh, there, it doesn't give you a whole lot. You thought Africa was bad. No. Well, then let me, before you start trolling everybody. Okay. Um, but I'll, I'll do it after the other. It's going to have you still do your intro. But I'll, oops, I don't need to actually show it yet. Here. We'll talk about what's going on this week in Palladium after, after Heathen Dog comes back. All right. All right, so Heathen Dog has already told us about the background of the Spirit West, and he regaled us about all the powers. Wow, those are some incredible powers that you could get with uh, playing one of the Spirit Warriors, Totem Warriors, Fetish Warriors, whatever they're called again. <laughs> the Native American magical power people, and they really were. They were really powerful. But now he's going to talk to us about, what is this Heathen Dog you're going to talk to us about? Adventure ideas? Exactly. What what does this book bring to the table with respect to the larger Palladium story? And I'm going to give you a quickie answer right now. Short version, nothing. <laughs> nothing. Because this book shouldn't even be a world book. It should be a supplement to New West. I'll tell you why in a minute. The core values of hashtag RPGate and any good tabletop group are escapism, not representation entertainment over activism and natural organic inclusion not forced diversity please follow that qr code or refer to the description below for the link to the charity we support which is the wounded warrior project thursdays and saturdays you can watch the dirty casuals on twitch.tv slash legion of myth fridays and sundays you can watch the friday night chill stream and rpg digest on our youtube and rumble channels Please leave us a comment with your thoughts and experiences. And if you like our gaming content, please be sure to subscribe to Legion of Myth. All right. So here we are with adventure ideas for Spirit West. The book does not help you. Game Masters, I'm sorry. Unlike almost every other world book out there, there is no big arc encompassed in this, in this written tome. There just isn't. Even Africa had the horsemen. Africa had the 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 D-bag who's in charge of Egypt. <laughs> they had that. This has nothing. This book just gives a very in-depth version of a general Native American people. That's it. No inherent bad guy. No inherent good guy. No Could that be why that story was written up to be very anti- very racist yeah yeah very colonial or whatever anti-colonial yeah. anti-colonial yeah now you as a game master get no help but you can still do something because there are two major events that happen in the history of the native american people after before and after the cataclysm the first one and most important Why isn't it working? Why isn't what work? Oh, because I didn't add it because somehow it got not added to the stream. I saw no, that was weird. I saw it down there. It was weird too. Yeah. No, not that. Not that. That's too much. Don't do that. There. Where are you? Hey, it's a tree. No, I'm looking. Oh, man. Come on. I, I got this. Page. 
150 is it is it 150 did i have it completely wrong i had it completely wrong it looks like 150 it was actually 150 these if you if you uh remember the background in a first segment these are the nunehi these are the spirit people that saved 2000 pure native americans from the old old west be before the white man took all the land and raped it and pillaged it whatever racism crap this book this book professes and put them in magical slumber until 200 years ago after the cataclysm to re-educate the uh the native americans that survived in the old ways these are the beings that did it they're not spirits they're kind of like a mixture of spirits and atlanteans they're living people although they live for a long time they have great power they exist in the spirit realm but they're more they were travelers until they hit the earth and they found the Native American people. And they're like, damn, dude, I like the cut of their jib. And they decided to, to be a helping force behind the Native American people. And you can make a story around these guys. You can make a story that that the uh that the uh uh Nunehi are are disappearing for some reason, and you have to find out why and stop it. That could be a big arc of your spirit west story it could be because these guys are pretty cool they're they're not servants or slaves of gods of the native american gods or native american spirits they more work together be, for the same goal the the continuation and th and thriving of the native american people that's their job and that's what they do because they love us well they, they love them not us i'm, I'm the evil <laughs> white man <laughs> <laughs> do they really make that distinction? Yeah. The new the new Nehi, I mean. Do they Here, care? Let's see. For some inexplicable inexplicable reason, they have come to regard the planet Earth as their favorite place, perhaps even a home away from home. They have visited the Earth for over 20,000 years. Huh. Again, for reasons understood only to them, North America and the Native Americans have captured a special place in their hearts, as once did the true Atlanteans. For thousands of years, the new Nehi have operated as independent caretakers for Native Americans. Okay. They're not going to hurt other people, but they're not going to help them like they like they do their. Sorry, I mean, their but, the, but they're but they're not going after after white. No, 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 no. They're like they're not purposely screwing other people over just for funsies. No, 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 okay. no, no. But you you can make a campaign around these guys, and it'll make sense. <laughs> Helping them, finding out what's wrong, doing their work whatever you as a gm have to create this from scratch because the book gives no help but you can do it now this one this is another one that i think is much better has a lot more nuance that's the preserves these this is now what is called or what what is now called what was reservations now, the Native Americans, the modern Native Americans of our time, when the cataclysm happened, they went to their reservations, which are in the middle of nowhere, that place that no one wants to be. So they're relatively safe 
from things like looting and plague and whatever because their population density is low and they're in places that no one wants to go anyway, right? Oklahoma. Sure, whatever. <laughs> so what they did was the Native Americans who lived there built up fortresses to further protect them. And over the hundreds of years, it's now known as the preserves. These are modern and renegade Native Americans who mainly use technology and sometimes magic to protect their land from invaders. Now, this is, a, this is amazingly rife with awesome story because you as player characters may be pure one or traditionalist and not want to help them in any way, but they are still your people. And if they're in trouble, you're going to help them. So it gives some nuance, right? To the to the play. You know, you are a pure one, you are a traditionalist, you don't believe in that nonsense. They're they're forsaking their culture, blah, 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 because they use a gun or a robot or whatever. But when push comes to shove, they're still your people, right? So you're gonna put that aside and move forward doing that. So you can make a whole campaign about the preserves especially if one or more of the characters in your group decide they want to be a renegade or a modern native american they could be from one of these preserves that's entirely fine so you can make stories for that now the other stories like i said this shouldn't be a world book on its own world books have arcs they have story arcs built into them duh but not this one why because what I said when I did the background video, the Spirit West was born from a lack of space in the New West book. It got too big. It had to get its own book. Why they called it a world book? I don't know. Maybe it's a naming convention thing. I don't know. But if you want adventures that are plug and play, you want an overall story arc that is plug and play, you really have to get the New West book and use that as a framework. That's how they get you. How they get you. Yes. Nobody wants New West. Book. They, 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 they're hoping you're a lazy game master and you'll buy a bad book because you don't want to work hard. Don't do it. Don't, don't fall into their trap. Buy other books. Buy Titan buy Robotics. Other books in Not New West. Don't do that. That's bad. Don't do it. <laughs> so if you want to... If you want your own Spirit West standalone stories, you got to make them, man. You got to make them from scratch. If you want the second class, no work stories, you buy New West, use the framework from there. Spirit West will work in it. But that's pretty much all you got. It is real light on adventure framework. And when I mean real light, I mean basically non existent. So now we're at the end. Now I'm going to give. The answer to everything. Life, liberty, is. and the pursuit of happiness. What is the answer to that? What? Where? Oh, go what? ahead. Okay. Uh, the three books in comparison. New West, Spirit West, and Africa. These are the three books that have the most contention in Discord and in our comments on YouTube videos. Well, I'm going to rank them right now. And... I'm not going to say that these are my only my opinions. Your mileage may vary. No, if you don't believe, if you don't agree with me, you're wrong. I'm going to go with that. Out of the three books, total, I'm talking viability of the OCCs, 
depth and interest in the background, and adventure material, all averaged together. These are the rankings of the books. Spirit West, number one. Spirit West, number one. Even though its adventure is sorely lacking, it is so much greater than the other two books in background and in OCCs that it, t- it takes the gold. It takes the gold. Number two, I'm I'm sad to say this. I'm sad. It makes no. me sad. No. It makes me sad. New West is better oh. than Africa. I'm, it, I'm sorry. It is. It is. New West is better than Africa. With these three criteria, oh. here's, here's the problem with Africa. Okay? The background is good. The lore is good. The land is good, but so is New West. The background is good. The lore is good. The land is good. New West OCCs are are comedy caricatures, but they are viable in other regions of the world. They are. Eh, I can't argue that. The OCCs in Africa are viable nowhere else. Nowhere else. In New West... The adventure hooks are there. They're viable. You don't have to make everything up. And there's a lot of them. There's a lot of ways to go. There's at least four different arcs in the New West book. In Africa, there are two. After you do the horseman and after you take care of no takesies backsies. That's right. And and after you you take care of that, uh, that Rama Tet or whatever in Egypt, there's literally nothing else to do in Africa. Nothing. The only thing to do is to leave. That's it. You fix this part of the world. Nothing else is broken here. Leave. I mean, if you want, you can stay and murder every necromancer you find. I mean, no one's going to cry. But still, that's that's it. That's all you got. So game-wise, Africa's got to be on the bottom. But I don't like it. I don't like it. <coughs> but it's got to be. Out of the three books, Spirit West is definitely number one. It 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 doesn't lack in any of the three fundamentals. The uh the robustness of the background, the 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 viability of the OCCs, and the uh the story. Now in New West, the actual the actual story, it's everywhere, but none of it is an arc. But there's more the game master can do than you can in Africa if you're smart. Africa's a one-trick pony. Spirit West, you can build on that. There's stuff to build from. You can do it. You can do it. But the background and the OCCs are so much better than the other two books that that is really what weighed the scales on this one. Really weighed the scales. And Africa was on the opposite side because... The, while, while the story, while uh, while lacking, the OCCs are pitiful, just pitiful, and the background's only good. So, there you go. So, what do we got for starred comments? Huh? Oh, I stopped listening. What? Um, <laughs> <laughs> Patrol Max all the time for sound bites. It's okay. Sure. As long as you give money, I'm I'm down with that. Thank you for the two dollars. Nerdy Ogre says, uh, yeah, don't buy bad books. Stay away from Riff Africa. Stick with New Spirit West. 
Uh, Stick with Spirit West. Uh, I, I still can't say New West is a good book. I can't because I don't believe it. I don't believe it. But it's I can only say it's better than Africa. But not by a lot. Only for specific reasons. Yes, for these reasons. For If you take these three criterion alone, it's a superior book than Africa. But I'm not going to say it's a good book. And somebody wants to go broke because there isn't enough money in the world for this one. It's a Each live, with new live West stream and new. Yeah, no, he's not going to do that. Just, hey, hey, Max, uh, do, do you want you want to play a new West Cowboy? Nope. Okay, uh, Max, do you want to play a, a in a zombie game? <laughs> uh, wait, are those my only two choices? You can say no to both. Okay, then no. Uh, see, there you go. See, just as likely. Yeah, not going to happen. My my issue with the zombie thing is just that the trope has been over. It's just been abused, man. Can we go like 10, 15 years without ever talking about a zombie again and then come back to it? Like, it's just, yeah, that that's my only problem. With this. I, I don't dislike zombies. I just, it's, it's a dead trope to me. Um, okay. All right. Uh, get that off. And the last thing I'm going to put this up now, I should do these like during your first video or your first part, not your third part, because some of the information on here. This video pops on the 28th. I already know that. And uh, some of these things end on the 28th. So what's ending on the 28th? Uh-oh, where to put it? Um, so there is, was this? Christmas in July sale. By the way, that sale ends today, the 28th, because live stream people are watching this before then. Uh, so people who are seeing us live get a five-day head start. Yes. So check that out. Two huge Christmas in July sales. Look at all these things. Most Palladium hardcover RPGs. And I actually, when I was doing a little bit of research, um, I did see that on Drive-Thru RPG, like all the books are, are at least all the ones I looked at were on sale. So Mystic China, I'm Legion, yada, yada. Chaos Earth, excellent. Yeah, Chaos Earth is one that people have asked uh, for, but you already did a video on that a long time ago. But oh yeah, I did four years ago. Coming soon. Yinsloth Jungles, Yinsloth Expeditions. I already talked about that. Now shipping Titan Robotics. I got my, where is it? In my box. I can't open it until, oh, next week. By the way, if you're watching this on the 28th, the 28th, 29th, or possibly the morning of the 30th, uh, Kevin and Sean should be on our RPG Digest live stream that uh, uh, Sunday, the 30th of July. I'm kind of volunteering them right now, but they, they suggested the date. Yeah, exactly. So, um, so you should be on here and, uh, we can talk about this. If you got any questions, comments, concerns that in the description of this video is our discord come to there. If you really, I hate discord. Okay. Put it in the comment section here and I'll hopefully get to it. But, uh, Gen Con, are you going to go check out Gen Con? Nobody in our circles does Gen Con anymore because Gen Con is, uh, to use their terms problematic. Uh, but, uh, you can check out booth 903. Kevin, Sean, uh, I don't know who else is going to be there, but uh, they're going to be there. And uh, yeah, put that in the comments as well. Tell us how it was. Tell us, uh, tell us the good things that Kevin and Sean are working on. And oh, here we go. Kevin's going to be there. Sean, uh, Carmen Belair, Mark Overby, Glenn Evans. I don't know. Mike Leonard. I thought that said Mark Leonard for a second. It's like, Sarek? <laughs> uh, Arson Writer. Sam Leonard, a glitter boy? Like a real glitter boy? Uh, Wayne Smith, who's editor, <clears throat> and Crystal Willard. Uh, and there you go. We don't care about Ruth Taylor's. Anyway, 
Lots of good stuff. You can check this out. I'm going to put the link right now. It's not going to be in the description, so you have to be watching live, but I'm going to put the link to the weekly stuff right there. Boop. It is out there to the folks, and you can see what other goodness is happening at uh, Palladium Books. I mean, it keeps scrolling. It keeps scrolling. It, it keeps, keeps going. Jesus, there's too much information overload. Get out of here. Yeah. So <laughs> there's a lot of stuff going on out there, but uh, check that out. Remember, the sale ends on the 28th, so you want to get those books. You do want to get those books. You might even want to get Spirit West. Maybe. That's up to you. Don't get Africa. Don't get New West. <laughs> oh, wait. Do that, though. <laughs> now we can be done. Uh Oh my god, do we have time to go through these damn comments? <sighs> do a little bit a little bit of them. Oh, there are a lot. There's one I definitely want to answer. Okay. On because it's it might turn into a rant. So can you get the link out there while I <laughs> I didn't need to keep my money. Hey, you know what? You could always give your money to us. You know, Halcyon's been super chatting. Thank you very much for that, Halcyon. You could super chat us instead of giving money to or make an account in Rumble. Oh yeah, yeah. One hundred percent goes to creators. You don't even. We, right. we don't lose thirty percent of that. Nope. Uh, Get all those all right. ducats. Where's my? So uh, throw up the rules just so everyone knows. So we're gonna head into segment three now, where we uh, talk through YouTube comments. We sent the link out there for folks to join us, like a radio call-in show. And uh, what are those rules? Those rules are check your audio and surroundings. Don't need to hear weirdness going on in the background. I don't care what TV show you're watching, or if your mom, wife, whatever, is screaming at you. Uh, one question or comment. One related to segment one or two. So that means Mutant Elysium or Riffs Spirit West. We'll respond to that. You'll get a follow-up to, to our response, and then you're out of here. Bye-bye. Go away. It's not because <laughs> so, we don't like you. It's because we like other people, too. That's right. So, And watch the language, please. Uh, this is, uh, even though I did screw up earlier today, this is a, a family-friendly show, so keep it that way. And let me present share screen. I'll just do entire screen this time. I don't care. Okay. All right. Uh, all right, I played many games where characters were villains, heroes, or simply in between the majority of time, as most adventurers are not out to save the world, but to make money and retire rich. That's kind of a new theme in gaming, that a lot of games are like that nowadays. Saving the world comes about because they want to be able to retire, aka murder hobos. Yep. Platinum is a very good alignment system and, and, is relative a lot of, what? and is relative in a lot of ways. A principled cyber knight would be trying to stop a principled member of, say, an apocalypse cavalry from executing DBs for... For the crime of existing. But eh, maybe. Yeah. And yeah. both characters are not breaking their alignment as the cavalry member doesn't see the DBs as people any more than the CS would. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the sad part is too few players or GMs understand that. No, because they go from their own personal point of view, whether it's monotheistic yes. religion or I want the CS. To, if, you, if you follow the CS, you're just a bad guy. No, that's just not no, the way that's the world not works. True. It's, it's whatever belief system you subscribe to, it's your devotion to that belief if you believe all people are equal and you and you are strict in that devotion and that ideal then you are principled you are a principle alignment if you believe that all green people are a blight on the world and you grew up believing this you can still be principle alignment and murder all green people you can but people don't understand that 
alignment, following your alignment is based on perspective. Not so much action, but belief behind that action. Especially if you're raised in it. If you are raised to believe that um, the society, and we'll use riffs as an example, that anybody who embraces technology is what caused the world that you live in now. So you're some sort of Luddite, like we were talking about before, the Amish, whatever. And you believe that is what caused the fall. You're going to see that person as inherently evil. Yes. Maybe not intentionally evil, but that person has brought about evil, is facilitating evil. You know, now somebody looking outside be like, who cares? You know, if the coalition sees all magic users as evil because, you know what? Magic brought weird circles where big things with tentacles want to suck you through. And that that's empirically evil. true. So that's true. wanting to rid that isn't in and of itself evil. No. And this whole idea, no, you have to look at each individual person. That's a very, very, very modern ideal. Humanity wasn't even like that back in the day. So anyway, you want to bring in Mark Hockman or yeah, we'll bring in Mark finish Hockman. it? Okay. Tentacles, you say, yes. Mark Hockman, go ahead. Mark Hockman. His audio is not working. Yep, he, he's muted. I see he's got the mute icon. I can't unmute him. Yeah. Because he chose to mute himself. All right, well. Um, well, while he's doing that, we'll get another one. Let's see. Um, Megas Trigger says, uh, 930, another white girl has been kidnapped. I don't know what the... I mean, I'd have to play that video to... Yeah. Do you picture a BLM Marxist as miscreant or all evil things hate white women? What? I don't, yeah, I, it, we'd have to, we'd have to re rewatch 939, but, uh, do you picture all, uh, BLM or Marxist as miscreant or all evil things hate white women? Um, not all evil things hate white women. I hate some white women. I don't consider them evil. Just some of them are dumb. Just like all people. So yeah, I think this person's trying to troll. I, yeah, I, 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 I I'd know. really have to watch that, that, uh, yeah. all right, let's bring in more hogman. Let's try it again. Let's go ahead. Rockman. Hello. Hey, there you go. go. Right, Sorry, you go. I, I was having issues with. Don't care. That's fine. Uh, what, what's your question? That's absolutely fine. Hit it. How, how much work do you think you would actually uh, take to try to incorporate actual Native American history into that stuff? Oh God, too much, too much work. Like there were, there were, there were like a hundred different tribes, and each of them had their own way of of, uh, of venerating the spirits and living their life and all these all the rules were completely different from tribe to tribe to tribe to tribe that in the beginning in the beginning of the spirit west book it's noted by the author listen this is what i did i cherry picked from stuff i found to be at least minorly common among many and i use that for all so if you want to make it tribe specific then good luck on you man but if you if you want to get past the woke mob it better be absolute which means you're going to be you're going to be doing a dissertation for years <laughs> I, I was kind of thinking something that's a little bit more big picture than that i mean because like for example it's like um blackfoot indians how much do you know about where they uh had as, as their native territory i recognize but the i Dakotas. know nothing okay great does it make logical sense for a Blackfoot to be able to uh, use an alligator as a totem animal? That's fair. That is absolutely <laughs> fair. But in in this book, the writer wanted to get away from that. Give give the player the whole gamut of totems, 
because you want the player to be able to find a totem that he wants to role play because you have to role play the totems personality wise. Same as in Shadowrun, you have to role play your totem in your personality. And you don't want to screw over a player. It's like, oh, sorry, man. Uh, I, I know this this uh, goat totem would be perfect for you. But, hey, man, you're from a tribe that lives in the plains. There's no goats. Suck it up. <laughs> well, you know, th- another like example of this is if you go back to TSR, Dun- uh, Dungeons Dragons, Oriental Adventures. Oriental Adventures had Kensai mingling with Wujen, mingling with whatever. That would never happen because one's Japanese, one's Chinese, another one's you know, uh, Filipino, another one's Mongolian, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But it, but it was just yeah. a generic. I know this is future Earth, but by that point, I think people can migrate a little bit. Plus, magic is infused to everybody, so some of that spiritualness, you know, could be divvied out. I mean, yeah. it's easily explained away. Well, no, it, well, it, the 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 future. Let's you can say it this way: the future became more homogenized. Yeah, yeah. Which is happening already now in real life. As we progress, the world gets smaller. People start start mixing together, and the future becomes homogenized. Well, the the future for Native Americans in in rifts they banded together for support security and structure and their beliefs became homogenized. You could always say that. All right. Well, I mean, I was actually kind of like thinking like more like big picture thing though. It's like, um, uh, how did the like whole like migration thing mold them into the current shape kind of, that is something that, that you don't want to get into. I'm telling you, man, you don't want to get into the scope of the game. <laughs> yeah, you you gotta you gotta it's let a game. it. There's a certain level where it stops being a game and 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 starts being a history lesson. You want to stop before it does that yeah. that second thing. All right. So <laughs> it, it it gives you just enough wiggle room and leeway to let it go. And or that's what or, you want to do. Or, or or make up your own stuff to go or, with. Or make it. make up your own that fits, which is perfectly fine. All right, there we All go. Right. Thank you, Mark. So um, before we, I got two things to read before we bring in the next one. First of all, I can't put it on the screen because, you know, it's not, there's no API that connects them. But Grizzly Beardo over on Rumble did a $10 Rumble rant. So thank you very much because Rumble takes nothing in 2023. So that means all $10 go to us. Uh, thanks for changing my mind about this book. I never read Spirit West because I thought it'd be as bad as New West. See somebody who gets it. Yeah. Even though you're wrong about Africa. Ooh. Okay. That was to right. you, not to me. <laughs> that was. That was. The shots fired. Shots fired, man. But you know what? Thank you for the $10 and calling yeah. Heathen Dog wrong. That's like a double. Sure, he loves that. He loves <laughs> when that happens. <laughs> I'm going to myself in that one. And then uh, I'm going to do one more comment, then we'll bring in uh, Nerdy Yoga here. But thanks again, Grizzly Beard. I really do appreciate that. Uh, so, so, uh, so a scrupulous character has to help others. Yes. Others, including the evil characters in his party? No. Has helped others in need. Yes. Is what it says, if I remember correctly. Yes. If, 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 yeah, if all the evil people the predicament that you're in, you're not in need. You're you're the D-back who did it. Yeah. Um, it, it's helping somebody in need. Uh, so if he's bleeding out, you'll probably help him. Yeah, you will but, help him. You will have to help him because he's in need. But helping someone torture someone else because he's he's supposedly your friend in the party... No, man. The the tortured person is the one in need. Yeah. So there we go. But you know what? Thanks for the comment. Go ahead and bring in Nerdy Ogre. Okay. We'll bring in Nerdy Ogre now. Nerdy Ogre, howdy, how are you doing? howdy. What's going on? It was worth it just to hear Heathen Dogs say that, that, that Rifts Africa is worse than New West. It has been worth it. Okay. All right. Thank it you very much. It. 
He had, yeah. but he had to buy a hair, buy a hair. It hurt me saying that. It really did. No, I, it, it usually hurts when 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 you see the light for the first time. It usually hurts, but once 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 you get once your eyes get adjusted to it, you. But he had to put see. so many caveats on it to explain why it was better. But though. still, I understand where he's coming from. Yes, yes, New West is a better overall book than Africa. Fine, I have to admit it. By an increment, and and <laughs> I won't. And 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 in in that spirit, no pun intended. Uh, I, I will say, I, I kind of see now why only uh, in in Africa, why that magic would only work in Africa. And it, uh, and somebody made a reference to uh, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, um, Alan Quatermain. Where it said that Africa would never let him die, so as long as he was in Africa, you know they buried him, and then you know Africa wouldn't let him die. Magic uh, in Palladium, magic is based on belief. Sure, that's why in uh, Chaos Earth, uh, you can only cast magic in and around the blue zones, the ley lines, because that was believed that, that was, was the source. It was your of psychological magic. crutch. Yeah, right. But as time went on realize that you know you can do magic when there's no uh, ley lines around i have two problems so, with that so uh -oh. if Hang one on. believes that Af that the magic in africa only works in africa then i can see why uh, those magic spell casting uh, uh, classes would only yeah. work in africa so, well, plus it's just generally weaker than other spell than than every other spell casting class in any other world book the African ones are just weaker. Yeah, it's lame. And what was that, Max? You said uh, you so have two I, I, have two, I have two problems with that. One would require me to say heathen dogs, right? So there's a problem. But, <laughs> Man, but uh, come on. But but here but here's how it goes. Um, according to Kevin, you're supposed to be able to play those characters wherever you want. Yeah. I number one, I never believed that. I said it to his face. <laughs> I said uh, to his face, he's just I, wrong. I mean, I'm exaggerating that one, but especially in Africa, uh, the the African OCCs work in Africa, but they literally don't work anywhere else. At and all. so, and so, he, here's I would actually be okay with that. I would be 100 okay with that. You know, I still actually I, I I'm like you, heathen dog, where I think they you should kind of stay to the area. I understand a little mingling, but you should stay to the area. Otherwise, things get crazy. But but the the flip side to that is this: every other book, at least the ones I've been exposed to, allow you to take those OCC. Spirit West, perfect example. You could take that OCC to Germany. You could take it to Russia. You could take it as wherever you want. Not Native saying you American. should. Saying you yeah. could. You tell me this one book. Oh, you know, Africa. Eh. No, no, that 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 should have been done differently. Those those OCCs should have been more. The term I use is viable. Yeah, viable uh, in other areas. They're not. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree with you, and uh, I, I'm just trying to, you know, extend the olive branch here. Well, I thank you very much. <laughs> so, uh, all right, no, yeah, all right. Yeah, I have an Talk olive branch. Later. I have an olive branch and a knife in my back. It's awesome. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Get off my screen. <laughs> um, so, uh, Kevin Sullivan here says, if you want to see good use of alignments, watch Watchmen. You can see who's good, who is selfish, who is evil. They work together because they actually share a goal in the beginning, but as the movie progresses, you see how how things do uh, 
due to hell and oh, go to hell in a handbag. Yeah. Uh, the very first Palladium game I played was Robotech. I played an aberrant destroyed mechanic pilot, and we had a mixed bag of alignments, including miscreant, scrupulous, unprincipled, veritech pilots. And a lot of fun being the voice of reason in the group. I, I don't like that personally. I mean, I can see how it can work, but I don't like yeah, that. It'll work. It'll work. It, it'll it works something like that where you have five different alignments in the same group. Something like that only works if you're part of a cohesive unit like a military structure. You're all following the same rules of engagement. You have to play your alignment around those rules. But that also gives people who are more strict in their alignment wiggle room to not hate you immediately because you're still working within the rules of your of your structure. So in Robotech, that would work in Rifts or Heroes Unlimited or or Beyond the Supernatural, whatever. It's not going to work as much because there's not the structure safety net of, you know, a military pseudo or paramilitary structure. There's one more. Okay, there's one for you that even though it's. uh, Hold on, let me get back to this. Uh, That wasn't it. That wasn't it. Uh, That's Han Solo, but there's one. I just want to really okay here we go this wasn't to that video but I, I thought this was interesting actually there are alignment detectors this is in palladium because when you were talking about yep, the, yep. Uh, the let me say it's a detect aura sense evil and other psychic and magical abilities this is metaphysical stuff so it can't really be bent on relativism but the players are going to do that uh a dead boy thinks he's good let's ask the universe and see what it thinks Personally, since Heathen Dog's not answering it, um, I'm, I think I'm that look up the power uh, and show. It. I think that adds relativism to the game. Like, and I can understand people doing it. I I would probably be prone for doing something like that, but I don't think that that mechanically is involved in the game. No, it is not. As a matter of fact, we look at C Aura. Uh, estimate the general level of experience, presence of magic, presence of psychic abilities, high or low PPE, presence of a possessing entity, the presence of unusual human aberration, which indicates a serious illness, non-human or mutant, but does not specify which. Note, cannot tell one's alignment from C aura. Written in it. That's, yeah, that's it, the psychic part. And then there's magic, which is uh, detect evil. Or sense evil, yeah. Sense evil. Uh, the magic sea aura, exactly the same thing. Note, cannot tell one's alignment from sea aura. Even the magic one doesn't work. I think he's using it, while you're looking that up, I think he's using it like karma, like the universe sees or how our modern usage of the word karma, where it sees it as like, oh, you know, the universe sees you as bad because you've done some bad stuff. And again, I can understand somebody putting it in, but, but you are injecting that into the game. That's not exactly. In the yeah, game. You're, you're, you're making a, a supposition, basically. Yeah. And I, I understand it, but sense evil. This should work, right? Sense evil. Sounds like it should. Sounds like it should. The sense evil invocation will enable its spellcaster to feel or sense the presence of supernatural evil. It will indicate approximately how many supernatural evil presences are within 90 feet. It can also so not mundane the, evil. It can also register the intensity of the evil and pinpoint the general location of the source or sources to a particular room, possessed object, person, or an appropriate distance. Evil emanations from human beings are much less distinct and cannot, underlined not, be sensed unless the source slash person has an immediate evil intention. If you are going to murder someone right now, it'll work. 
unless you're supernatural evil force. Otherwise, nothing. You get nothing. Now, if you're if you're a psychotic sociopath, you're probably pinging all day because all you do is think evil thoughts, right? So that's it. But uh, on on unless you're you're uh, you're not in that super specific category of person, it's not going to work at all. Where is there was one more? Okay, uh, so, there is one because it really. There was one that encapsulated what a bunch of people would uh, tell me. Can uh, you paraphrase? You... Yeah, well, paraphrase, yeah. but encapsulate the concept of what. Uh... Oh my god! I want to find this one. Oh, are we so? Okay, essentially, the people have uh, multiple people said, and I know somebody wrote a comment on this as well, but I've gone back too far and I don't see it. it said, oh. Th- because somebody got mad because I said it's just a dumb trope. It's a dumb trope to have the evil person and like the, we'll call it the anti-paladin and the paladin, the drow and the elf. It's it is, and I'm still standing by. That is a stupid trope. The only place it exists are in dumbass novels that you read when you were 12 years old. Okay. Okay. That is not interesting at all. And what people were saying is like, oh, it happens all the time. Wake up. It happens everywhere. So I started asking people, where have you seen this happen? And some people came up with some examples. Okay. Example one. Oh, the cop and the, and the CI. Bad example. Why? Because somebody there has an obvious position of power. Yes. The cop owns that criminal at any time. He can just he he's holding evidence against the CI. That's that's why he's a confidential informant. He's a snitch. He knows what happens to snitches in jail. Mm hmm. But he's still going to do it because the the cop has evidence that'll put him away for, say, 10 years. Another one, the mafia and the clergy. Again, somebody has an obvious position of power in that. Well, I've got God behind me. Well, maybe in a world where you can cast spells, but in the real world, you're just a dude. Yeah. So every example that somebody gave me, well, it was either a novel that somebody wrote or was a one off. Now. Let's let's be honest. Could could a, a, a person from the Church of Satan and a, a hardcore Catholic walk down the street together talking to each other? Yes. Yes. Would they be? Could they join forces to stop gang violence? Sure. But they would do it separately. The Satanists wouldn't be wandering through the church and this and the, and the Catholic wouldn't be going to the, the coven or whatever the, the hell, you know, murdering, you know, virgins or whatever. Yeah. They would they, they wouldn't be they would be no. combining efforts separately. They yeah, wouldn't they have be the same goal. Yep. Different pursuits. Yes. Yeah. So, no, there is no place in in a realistic world outside of a one shot. There's no long-term method, and I'm, again, people gave other suggestions, but it really came down to there's always somebody in power, or no, you're you're what you're talking about is a, is a one-off, um, where where two opposing forces, oppo- strongly ethically divisive uh, belief systems, are going to be like, you know what, let's do this together, even in war. If two sides like you know we're allied, but we're not friends, they tend to stay apart. Yes. They, they don't share joint command. They, they usually have a, a middleman somewhere, which, which, uh, which uh, uh, gives intelligence and orders to both parties. Happens all the time. 
coalition of will of the willing doesn't mean coalition of brothers. Doesn't right. Right. You're willing to perform a task. You're willing to work together to do it, but you're going to work on that side of the coalition. I'm going to work on this side of the coalition and never shall we cross paths except and talking at the final to each- battlefield. Exactly. And talking to each other is does not equate grouping together in a RPG party where you're counting on each other. Yes. So Uh, I stand by everything I said. World War Two is a great example. America, Britain and Russia. We're all on the same side, right? We're not friends. The Russians and Americans did not work together. No, We, we only met at the main objective, which was Berlin. Everything else, we were we were working the same problem, just making sure we were at different angles. Again, Mar Hockman, I don't give a fuck about whatever encyclopedia you're looking up. I don't care. That's a one-off number one. And then you actually answered it at the end where they were taken in. I'm talking a group, a role-playing group, where your character, for whatever duration that we're playing, is evil, is is even aberrant, uh, but we'll go miscreant evil. And my character's principled good. They are not going to do that for any length of time. Now, it's easy in one regard. Well, you know, I'm a principled good, we'll call it ranger. I don't have, uh, or I'm a principled good Borg. I don't have all these no alignments and so forth. I'm not a paladin, so to speak. So I could take a little blind eye here, a little blind eye there. But sooner or later, dude, would you stop murdering people? Well, dude, got to get them out of the way. That rationalization isn't going to last more than a couple of times. Stop killing the people that we're supposed to be taking in. Well, guess what? Don't have to ever fight him again. He's out. Now, again, rationally, that might make sense. But ethically, it does not. That principled person is not going to allow that. You cannot coexist in the same group either. You must stop doing that. And this is where Heathen Dog actually talked really well about that, about the selfish character is going to have to conform because the principled person is going to stand on his values. You just have to choose what uh, when, when you're facing a wall, if you want to be a wall too, you're both going to crack. Someone's got to be the ball. Both so of you can live. I said that that adamantly out there because, uh, again, uh, there were a few. Con- I don't know why I can't find it. It's really weird. There was one in here that's pretty antagonistic about it happens all the time. You don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, anybody can justify anything. Everybody rationalizes it always the same way. Well, they got a, they got a goal to work together. What's the goal? Because if it isn't immediate, end of the world is not a goal. Well, they're they're striving together to uh, uh, to throw the ring into the mountain. Well, guess what? They're not going to be traveling together. You're you're over here facilitating his move to the mountain or something like that. Because you're not going to be going boop doop doop together. But Gollum and and Frodo work together, and yeah, Gollum tried to take the fucking thing a bunch of sorry the the th- stupid thing a bunch of times, even bit off his finger. They aren't going to get along and be grouped together. Um, okay. I see. There you go. You got a rant. Um, it's helpful. It's, it is helpful for me to write up a list of ethics for my characters after I play them a bit. Okay. Okay. Rift's alignments have been, have a knightly aspect of equal arms and fighting. So a bunch of my martial artist friends don't agree with, so they'll go for lower alignments to allow them more flexibility in fighting with good ends in mind. Yes. That's why I tend to play scrupulous or unprincipled. Those are my two favorite alignments. That those are my scrupulous is my go-to when I'm playing Palladium. Okay, I, I bounce between the two. I don't like anarchists, but I, you know, on you know, if I'm playing somebody a little darker, I'll play. Especially my Borgs, I'll play unprincipled. Sure, <laughs> but yeah, um, 
A little more flexibility. Uh, the characters that I'm uh, playing has a pro-human, anti-coalition, pro-nature, anti-machine sentiment. Okay, so okay. magic user. I have an anarchist written down, but he is a cultural outsider to the rest of the party. But I could see that changing once again or loses trust. Change alignment? Yes, you can change alignment in this game. I mean, mm. there, there's no inherent penalty for it that I, that I have ever found. Uh, there, there may be specific things about if you if you are worshiping an evil god and you turn good well you're probably not going to get power from evil god anymore those are just you know whatever but uh for a a, a merc just to go from being anarchist to unprincipled there's there's no downside there should be there should be you're right you know i i get it i and you know, you, you don't want to slow down or not slow down. You don't want to add nuance to the game that doesn't have to be there. You know, I don't think, see this thing, I don't like alignments as a whole. So, so you know, defending alignments gets difficult. But when they're in the game, again, I think Palladium presents them the best. If it's just a word on the page, though, what's the point? Like, I get it. It's a guideline. Like that guy said, he wrote his own list of ethics. It's a guideline. But what is the point if it's just a word on the page? With D&D and its penalties of changing alignment, I do think it's more meaningful. At the same time, if you've got a penalty of, so what, I'm grumpy when I wake up this morning versus when I woke up the previous mornings, now I forgot how to do my job? Yeah, okay, that's kind of dumb. <laughs> you know? I, I like the, uh, the Dragonlance one, where if you're in the gray area, you're at minus two levels. You, you know, you get uh, mad. If you use magic, you're, you have, you have magic deficiencies and stuff like that un until you choose a new lane or go back to your old lane. I don't know. I mean, I can see it for clerics and paladins where they have faith. It's, I, I struggle with that with anybody else. Cause you know, I don't forget how to swing well, no, my sword. No, no, you don't forget, but you're, you're, you are no longer centered. You're no longer focused. Your your personality is in turmoil. You can't focus. Are you going to swing efficiently and, and correctly? No. You're going to be off a little bit. You are off your game. That's the rationale behind, say, a fighter or a thief. And for the purposes of game and game balance, I agree with it. Yeah. For the purposes of, I don't want to even call it pedantry, but for the purposes of what alignment should be i think i just think that's too nuanced but again i don't like alignment so you yeah, know so there you go um appreciate heath i'll say a good one for you here off the battle says i particularly appreciate heathen dog mentioning hanso in the context of where he starts uh the original trilogy and where he ends up because it's an excellent example many people can relate to and understand but i don't i just don't think he was miscreant i think he was anarchist to start okay uh making it all the more valuable completely besides that great job presenting video topic i'm sure it helps players uh, players out just to hear it out loud like this i i do agree nice. that's that's awesome i i i was wondering how you were going to cover that when you talked about it and i'm like there's just alignments but okay you know they're good alignments i like the alignment system of this game how are you going to put it together and and run games characters have mixed alignments that will keep you on your toes both as players a gm i'm not looking for more things to keep me on my toes but okay uh <laughs> bill bill 31 is a i don't know who that is but he's been a member for 10 months. So uh, thank you, Bill31, for being a member. Uh, this was a really helpful video, one that touches a topic that isn't addressed. Which I apparently, I already liked that one. No, no, I did. Oh, did you? Okay. Um, there are alignment detectors. I already looked at that. All right, that's old. Wow. Do you want to look at one for New West, or should I scroll on? No, scroll on. Don't need that. Okay, scroll on. <laughs> um, okay, these are... That's Kevin. That's Kevin Sean. Oh, here we go. We always call... Uh, 
called Aberrant the Cop Out Alignment. It's yes, you know what? This makes sense. That is true. Yeah. Too- be- because you you are you are slick and slimy and you will fit in any mold you need to fit into to, yep. to get your way. You can do anything you want. You can get along anywhere. It's great. Yeah, it is a cop out. It, it absolutely is a cop out alignment because it allows you to do what you want as long as you, as he said, as long as you aren't harming the party. That's basically, I mean, you do have to follow a, a stricture, a set of rules and a code of your own code, but a code. Uh, yep. But yep, that, it's funny he says that because 90% of role player. Oh, Kevin. Uh, 119% when I, of D&D players. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how can you twist a lot of your advantage if you don't know? Well, again, lawful evil for, you know, for D&D. Yeah, yeah. lawful. The world of D&D would not function if there were not lawful, evil government members. It wouldn't. Because there has to be that bastard out there who is letter of the law. That's it. Too many exceptions destroy society. There has to be that guy or society crumbles. Has to be. Yeah, I think we have too many people that are that though, and I think we need to get back. You know me; I said, I've said this for years, and all the years you've known me, I've, I've probably said this. But the spirit of the law trumps the letter of the law. We we need law. We need a framework. But when you have letter of the law ru- ruling everything, it goes back to that post, the cop out alignment. Right? People are going to find the loophole because water. It's the you know it finds the easiest path. People want to sure. be lazy, et cetera, et cetera. That's why we need spirit. Like I don't care. Oh, you found the it instead of the is, and that changes everything. Screw you. You know what this means. Nope. Right there. The block that. Go fuck off. God, I gotta stop cussing. Um, yeah, you really do. I mean, you're 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 hearkening back to something, uh, say Clinton with uh, don't know what the word is is. You know, like, well, you know, it's, it's anything. No, I, I watched. Uh, well, I haven't so much recently, but I watched a lot of lawyer shows, and they talked about like uh, Nick Ricada. I used to watch him. Uh, what's an Ashley? I forget her name. Andrew Bronca, um, and they talk about how to get somebody out of this or what somebody said or how to nuance this. I'm like, what does that matter? You either killed somebody or you didn't. <laughs> like. Oh, but this isn't actually murder. This is just killing because I'm a douche nozzle. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know that was actually that we actually had to have a definition for that. Um, anyway, <laughs> uh, well, that is why in the English language there is a word murder and yeah. there is a word killer. Well, there's homicide. There's manslaughter. There's well, no, no. That that that's the whole legal nonsense. I'm just talking yeah. about you know general parlance. You're a killer and a murderer. Those two mean two different things. But the end result is exactly the same. You took a life. There is nuance, but in the end, it means the same thing. Did you do it to save yourself? Did you do it as an accident? Did you mean to do it? Did you defend somebody else? Was it the only way to defend that person? There's all all kinds of ways you can go from murderer to killer. Yeah, there's only three to me. So... Uh, What's his, uh, uh, Sikorsky, I think he spelled that wrong. Uh, did a good video on this issue. I'm indeed fond of his, this party is mine. I didn't watch that video. Uh, he had, which fits this alignment. You don't want other entities messing with your party because only you should be allowed to do that. Oh, this is probably oh, this is selfish. selfish yeah. 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 I mean, Hey, you, it's perfectly viable. You are a selfish alignment and this is your party. If someone attacks you, they're, they're attacking something of yours. They may as well just be attacking you. I get it. 
have a chuckle for Heathen Dog. My shifter is one of the two scrupulous players in the party. How can you? Like, can can a shifter be scrupulous knowing what it does? No, no, you can't. <laughs> now, in uh, in in 1994 riffs, a shifter could be scrupulous. He'll be stupid, but he can also be scrupulous. But a riffs ultimate version shifter is a witch. Witches cannot be scrupulous. They can't. It's not possible for them to be principled or scrupulous, in my opinion. Definitely not principled. Probably not scrupulous. Because they are in league with an with an evil supernatural entity that they must follow the orders of. Sorry, your alignment doesn't mean anything. You're evil. You're backed by evil powers. You're a evil, you're a puppet to an evil being. Sorry, your alignment means nothing. Um so I don't know the reference because I think I've watched all of two Andromeda episodes, oh, both yeah, of them right. off your Plex yeah. server in my entire yeah, I life. I actually responded to that. Yeah, I see that. So I'm just remembering dynamic TV show Andromeda between Tyr and Dylan. Don't know what that means, but he okay. Dog responds says that's uh, a good reference. Went bad eventually. Mm. <laughs> there you go. Uh, but they both made reasons to stay. Our goals line. I can use them, etc. But how long does that last in a player party? Uh, probably three to five adventures max max or till they, they they solve their common problem now with uh, with tear and dylan in this tv show they had to obviously push it along for two or three seasons rather than two or three adventures <laughs> was it but, like a rush thing though where it just or or, or mckay no you know, no, no, no. Atlanta, it, where it, it just got so far like this would no, never no, no, last no. this long it uh the the, the russian mckay thing was bad from day one all right yeah. The whole Tyr and Dylan thing, Dylan being the captain and and Tyr being an, an ex-mercenary. Uh, it started off that he had no home. He he accepted Dylan's rules, you know, because he had no, no other place to go. But once he started building up his own reputation, his own power base, he started flexing against Dylan more and more and more until Dylan and he just said, okay, you got to go. You got to go. You can't be here anymore. So it didn't, it, it wasn't as bad as, as McKay or Rush. Okay. The thing with McKay and Rush to me was like, no, this wouldn't let, and I'll, I'll use another one because somebody actually used this as an example at work this week. Farscape yep. with the evil ship guy, I forget his name. And then, but how many times were they together? Crace. Captain Crace. Yeah, whatever his name is. Uh, how many times were they together? Almost never. There are a few times. But almost never, and their goals were almost always diverged. Even when he kind of became a good guy, he was always in it more for himself or what he wanted than the group. He would only give the group a bone here or there, only if it it uh, if it advanced his personal agenda. But do you know what he was? An NPC. He was yeah. the game master's character, yes. like you said, throwing a bone. That isn't a player character. Uh, so well, I was the evil character in the group. It was a D and D campaign. The party was aware of it early on, but the thing was, the lawful evil mage never actually gave them a reason to be upset. They had a personal code and didn't break the laws of the land, so that the group had a personal code. Uh, yeah. He was working for his power and to eliminate rivals' threats. He never harmed the innocent. Took advantage of them at times, like shady. Yeah, lawful evil or aberrant is one that you can yeah make work. You can use. I mean, the the law is the law. And if you say, well, I can prove I followed the law, but it still wasn't nice. You don't got to be nice. You just have to follow the rules. 
And remember, I, the good guys are going to have a problem pinning stuff on you. They're going to have a problem. So, yeah, I get it. Do you remember I used to play a lot of necromancers, right? Yeah. One of the ways I got, a, not around my evilness, but that I hid some of my evilness is that depending on the place that we went to, I would feed the animals for the farmers. I would feed, I would buy food for the orphanage uh, if there's a big city. I did a lot of this stuff. I was just cultivating new anyone dead eventually down the road. That was the, the goal. But I would give to charity. I would... Oh, I would do it subtly. Like I wasn't like, look at me, look at me. But I made sure people could tell that, oh, this donation came from him over there. I was the good guy. I was helping out. And to be fair, I didn't care that it went to good causes because ultimately I knew that, hey, uh, now now I've got this kid. At some point, I could just heist him. I'd be like, you know what? I gave a lot of money to this. I think I'm going to settle down here. And, uh, you know, I think I could raise one or two of these children. I've got plenty of money. I got a good place. And then do tests on them. <laughs> like, I was absolutely an evil character. That's just an investment. Right, exactly. That's what it was. And the players didn't catch on because they weren't following me around. Or if they were following me around, it was... They didn't put the pieces together. Yeah, because I didn't do it right away. And I definitely didn't do it everywhere. But anyway, he uh, goes on. He goes on for a while. Yeah, Yeah. we can't really do all that. So I think... Oh, my God. Uh, Oh, here it is. Here it is. It's not a crap trope. It's called real life. And being a mature adult fam. No, if you are, if you are going to be, I want to be evil in the party that, and your game is like, okay, that's a crap trope. It's a crap trope in books. It, it doesn't happen in real life. Walking down the street with somebody is not a, an adventuring party. Being at work where you're both forced to be together is not an adventuring party. An adventuring party is a group where you is like, you know what? We've got a cause. You know, we're going to do this. We're going to fight evil. Or we're going to adventure and get rich together or something like that. Believe me, if you're an adventuring group where, hey, heathen dog, you, me, Sheriff, Garthon, we're going to we're going to we're going to travel the United States and we're going to get rich together. And all of a sudden you found out that I was skimming off the top. Oh, you're done. Yeah, even though we've been friends for how long dude you're done i mean but the reason the reason you're not going to be in the bottom of a swamp somewhere is because we were friends for how long but you're just going to be gone though right exactly yeah exactly so yeah this is the one that i was actually looking for so uh how do you reconcile the cooperation of morally good morally evil character the easiest answers to this question simply shared enemy or greater evil that's a one shot what do you do that's a one shot or at most several gaming sessions to finish off that conflict but after that the group won't be viable because they they will not have that very very powerful magnetic uh property of 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 a shared doomsday scenario and they're not going to want to be together and ultimately it's the evil character that has to conform because yes. the good character simply is not, or the aberrant in this case, is simply not going to allow you to do that. No. You will stop murdering these people. That's just the way it's going to be. Now, the next most common answer is that there's a greater force demanding you to cooperate. Again, you're going to go your separate ways and do that. You yeah. By sheer Unless, intel. Go ahead. Unless, like I said earlier, if you're, in, if you're in a campaign where you are in a rigid military structure. Then you're following orders. You're doing that, and any any alignment can do that because you're all in the military for some other reason. I'm in the military to to you know help people in need. Mm-hmm. I'm in the military to get to get rich 
uh, by by understanding all the land. And then after I retire, I'm going to be a smuggler. You know, it, it doesn't matter. But while you're in the military, you are you can be in the same in the same platoon. And be absolutely fine as long as you're on mission. To set that up, that means the d- game master has to play an NPC that is over the group. Yep. The group has to understand that you are in the military. And I'm going to say, this, in this case, it is technically possible, but you're really not playing your alignment. Then you're just about carrying orders and playing out missions. Oh, you'll have to, you'll have to play around the music when it comes to alignment. But because you're, you're forced to play around the, the, the military structure, that means those big fights between good, selfish, and evil alignments are not going to happen because the military structure will prevent that. Right, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so it means to punish you both parties fairly and the military is, is being demanded. Okay, uh, so uh, the real world is filled with scenarios where you have to cooperate with people who discuss you. Cooperating one time. Cooperate and, and like, you know, trusting your life in, some, in someone else's hands are two different things. Yeah. Adventurers are the latter. Coworkers are the former. It's like, I do not mean the cheeky, lovable rogue. I am I mean the truly warped. My favorite works of fiction, oh, fiction, Hang are on. where a bo- what's that? Keep going, just let it go. Are, are where a Boy Scout and low-level criminal have to cooperate against true evil. Let's go back to where we're talking about. One person there is definitely in power. Yes. Doesn't matter which one, but one is in power. So is one player going to let his character be subservient to another character, despite the conflicting worldviews? And this isn't just about just uh, conflicting worldviews. But now, where you have to reconcile truly good and truly evil, the shared enemy or shared consequence is really the scenario that facilitates cooperation. It'd be boring if every single one of your adventures was that, even if neither party wishes to cooperate. This, yeah, this does that, not rise to that, that level, that though. That is a short-term solution to a long-term problem. Yes. The long-term problem is that sometimes you just can't, be with another guy of your own free will you you can't be around him you can't trust him in the foxhole with you because you hate his ass you hate him you'll uh, you'll tolerate it because you need him to complete this goal but if you if you get to that goal and complete it that dude's gone he's on the next bus out or you are one or the other you're not together anymore do you know where this really works? Although the game doesn't have alignments, but you could with the game is the alien RPG by free league. So it, the game system very similar to the mutant stuff that we're covering right now. It has cinematic mode where you're given a card and the game plays out in three acts. So you'll have three cards. And if you complete your mission, you get points. And if you don't, so you could be Burke, you could be, you, you know, just as an example, you could be, we need to get one of these things back. It like, doesn't say how to do it. It just says, you need to get one of these back to Earth. You decided that you're going to go, you know, and get a little girl all uh, egged all, up. Yeah, all uh, egg babied. Yeah. Now that, because it's a, but that's also a designed one shot. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, Sigourney Weaver, her character, a Ripley, was to wipe them out, all of them. So that's her card. We got to wipe them all out. People have so one wants to bring them back, one wants to wipe them out, the other one wants to figure out what the hell is going on here. One just wants to be rescued. Mm-hmm. So you can have different alignments in that regard, but those are not long-term or even moderate-term party cohesion. And at some point, if you're doing if you're trying to rationalize every single session you sit down, like why are these two together? Oh, we still got more fish to fry. Okay, who's the one that's in charge? Because ultimately one of them, and it's almost always going to be the good person because a principled person isn't going to let go of those morals. That principled person will leave the group and go find somebody else yeah. that can do this or hire yeah. other people or whatever. 
after a while, he's just gonna be fed up with with your evil character's crap. Yes, and he's he's gonna go go find a group, even if it's less effective than being with you. It's much more palatable. Exactly. So he'll do it. All, All right. right. So that, that's intentionally I ranted on that because you know I, I saw those comments and you know people have been asking for you know, can you at least rant a little bit and I did there. Uh, but that that's it. We're our shows are we're way over time here. So uh, yes, we are. Um, I'm going to let you wrap us up and I got to click on things to do that though. But I want to thank all the uh, we got super chats and rumble rants today. Thank you very much for those. Sincerely, uh, the chat was awesome. I didn't catch the last few minutes of it because I was focused on on this and. You know, chat sidetracks me. But other than that, uh, thank you for your activity. Remember, next week, Kevin Sambita and Sean Owen Robertson should be here. So post on our Discord. Please, please, please post on our Discord in one of the suggestion channels. Uh, if you put Kevin or Sean's name in there, I will be able to you know search for it and find your question as long as it's respectful. I don't care if it's challenging. It just has to be respectful. We will ask it. Questions, comments, concerns, whatever you've got for them, bring them up. Uh, and that's all I've got. Heathen Dog can walk us out of here. Okay. Well, I want to thank everyone for stopping by and sticking with us for this long, especially Crafty saying, oh my God, this is still going on. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's still going on because Max Leal had to rant. Had to <laughs> rant all over me. I, I'm hungry now. No, it's okay. I can go eat now. But uh, again, thank you for coming by and hope to see you next week with our special guest. Uh, hopefully special guests. <laughs> and uh, we will talk to you all later. <laughs>